Is that right. me? Hmm? Me? Well, I don't know. Uh, what? Hi, uh, yeah. gentle <laughs> listeners. <laughs> so, Snard, uh, we have a, uh, a partner in our business. <laughs> we do. We do. What, what did we do, decide to call him? We, it was a, a business a partner. Business <laughs> Link partner. <laughs> I'm a little rusty. You don't you just seem too bad. I'm rusty. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we, we have a we have a sponsor and a, and a partner in all of this. Um, so his name is Cameron Sutter, and he's made an app or a tool, I guess you could say, called Plotter. P L O T T R. And uh, if you are not aware, we're in the middle of NaNoWriMo, which is National Novel Writing Month. Um, so this is a time when writers all over the world decide to write fifty thousand words in November you know, beginning to end a new novel. It's fantastic and crazy, and I don't know why we do it, but I'm in my, like, 15th year. You do it because you all are fucking crazy people. We are. We are. <laughs> and there's, but there are things that can make it easier, and one of them is something that outlines what you're doing, particularly um, when you're writing really fast. You don't tend to write everything in order, and you don't really keep track of what you're doing. Um, so doesn't matter if you're... There's, there are people who plan. There are planners. And then they're pantsers. We went over this last time. But yeah, so the planners are people who write it all out and they have an outline and they basically stick to it. And then pantsers are people who just fly by the seat of the... Um, and so I've been a pantser forever. And now I'm For your entire to life. For my entire life. It is, it's sort of a, a, a modus operandi, if you will. <laughs> sort of, I, I am perpetually in that, that moment in, uh, in memento of what am I doing? Oh, I'm chasing this person. No, he's chasing me. Yes. Um, and that's how I've written stories. So this year, because I'm working on a, an existing project, I'm using Plotter. And it's great. So you create a timeline um, where you have different colors and things you can organize... Um, your thoughts kind of like you can create a scene and then slide it around wherever you need it. So if you just create a whole bunch of snippets in your head of where they need to go, you can color code them and tag them and have them, um, you know, drag and drop in whatever order you need them to be. Um, and then there's also like a character Bible, like one of the best character Bibles in any app I've ever seen, um, where you can even, you can create your own fields to fill in. So like I have, I'm writing like military fiction so I can have rank and years serviced and stuff like that. Um, Did that bitch have green eyes or blue eyes? Yeah. Fuck. Oh my gosh. I guess I'll that have to look. The worst, especially during <laughs> Nano, when you're just like writing whatever. Um, so you can go in and just plug these details in either before you go or as you go, um, and it's just fantastic. And uh, and honestly, if you can write a whole novel from beginning to end, completely in sequence without forgetting any of the traits of the characters, let us know. Yeah, please do. Because you are probably some kind of freaky genius. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and you might have caught things that we didn't see in Buffy, so please let us know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we are really excited about this writing tool, me in particular. Um, I'm even using it to kind of outline some of the stuff about Buffy we're tracking, because yeah. we do have timelines that sort of fold in and out. And honestly, and we're starting to forget stuff that happened in the first season. Yes. So, so. <laughs> yeah, so we're, start, we're actually starting to use Plotter to help us with this. <laughs> and as, as it gets fleshed out, I'll, I'll add some screenshots and things so you guys can see what we're working on. It's not quite big enough yet. Um, same thing with my novel that I'm working on this month. Um, but yeah, you can track settings too. Like you can have a place for places and tags. And it's just a really powerful writing tool. And I'm in love with it. I didn't, I mean, I was excited about it because I love Cameron and I know it's a really useful thing. And I was kind of like, well, that's really great for people who outline. I'm an outliner all of a sudden because you can click a button, you make this timeline, it's all visual and colorful and it's so pretty. And you click a little button and it turns it into a fucking outline. So you actually look like you, you could outline. 
it's really fun. Um, and it, it changes the way you drag things around. So it, it really works for like a visual sort of thinker or a more tactile kind of thinker. Um, and uh, so if you want to know more about that, go to plotmynovel.com. Uh, if you want to help support us, just go to our website, worldwithoutshrimp.com mm -hmm. or diogenesclubpodcast.com, depending mm -hmm. on which one you want to use. Um, and then we have links. He's running a special through November um, at a massive discount from the normal price. So if you want to get this, if you're participating in NaNoWriMo, he wanted to make this affordable for his launch. So make sure to go to our website, or you can also go to michelletuckett.com, but we prefer you going to World Without Shrimp because it's relevant. And funny. And funny. <laughs> And then you can find this in the show notes on there. Or if you go to our show page, there will be a banner ad on every um, on every one of our posts. So just click on that, and it'll take you right there to his website. And that will help support us. We are getting a, a percentage. Yes. Just full disclosure, we are getting a percentage. So if you if you do want to get this, if you do want to try it out, um, go to our website, worldwithoutshrimp.com, and go to the link, and then... Yeah. There's also a free trial. Uh, links in the show notes to all these things. They're all great. Okay. Okay. Um, sure. Anyway, yeah. So uh, we're just really excited about that. You'll hear us talking about it periodically from here on out. Yes, and we're um, not total whores, so you'll notice that we are not recommending anything we do not use and like. Yes, exactly. We are not <laughs> recommending anything. Like I use this daily right now because we are in the middle of NaNoWriMo. It is the middle of November. I am massively behind, but I actually have confidence that I'm going to be able to catch up. Part partly because of this tool, because even though I'm tired at the end of the day, I have thought of scenes that I can write. And, and you so just I just plop them in there. Exactly. I go plop them in. I give myself a quick synopsis, or if I'm working on character development in my head, I just go ahead and I plop that on in. And then I'm able to say, oh, gee, I only have 10 minutes to write today. What can I write? Oh, I'll work on that scene. Um, so it's just, it's amazing. And I think it's really going to make my, uh, my completed project much more coherent. And uh, maybe I'll, I'll get done. Or as, as the ad says, I'll get to chapter one faster. <laughs> yes and if you do see his lovely ad uh either i or alex will be the voice in that my me or my boyfriend hmm. we don't know the jury's out on which one of us will win that competition he'll win he always wins why not both i don't know we'll find out two ads yes, yes. two ads ah, <laughs> ah, ah, ah. yeah you never know it'll be a mystery maybe you should go to plot my novel and find out who and what and where and back to the show indeed Hello there, gentle listeners. Welcome to the Diogenes Club podcast of Buffy, Slayer of the Vampires. There are spoilers ahead and swears ahead, so if those aren't your thing, please turn off your podcast. Uh, this time, we'll be discussing Buffy, Season 3, Episode 5, five Homecoming, again, wherein... <laughs> <laughs> Take two. <laughs> wherein a surprise date with Cordelia messes up Buffy's date with Faith. <laughs> and yes, as I mentioned... Uh, this is a do-over because do -over. our audio file, our original recording of Homecoming went poof <laughs> yes. into the ether uh, so of the internet. If you have liked us on Facebook, and if you haven't and you are on Facebook, go like us on Facebook, please. Um, because that's where a lot of news happens, a lot of news cycles, I'll link things that are interesting. Most also... importantly, pictures of the drinks we've made for the week. Yes, very, very importantly. <laughs> oh, um, which uh, this week feature Slayer Fest and the Spatula of Empowerment. Yes, yes, the spatula of empowerment. That's that's a tasty beverage right there. That's <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, it's very good. Um, it's just yeah. tasty. <laughs> but yes, if you are if you have liked us on Facebook and you're following along, there was a little while back that I posted the picture of this um, fabulous brand new laptop that I'm using, that was just kind of dropped in my lap that Alex gave me because 
my old one would sort of randomly restart. <laughs> it just sort of shit itself and restart. And apparently it wouldn't save some files. Yeah, or, or particularly one file, only one file, just one file. The very last file that we tried to save on it. This was the last gasp of that computer, and it couldn't even do that right. I mean, it's like a 2013 MacBook Pro. I mean, it was not doing it, it, well. It had been monkeyed with. It okay, so uh, I mean, we I I am a we I am a sort newly... of took out the uh, the disk drive and put in another hard drive without upgrading anything else, and it would just overclock itself like like crazy. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a newly converted fan of Mac products, so I'm oddly defensive of them. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, it, I it used was... to bash them all the time, but now I'm like, how dare you speak no, evil of the, the MacBook? The funny thing is, despite the fact that it overclocked itself constantly, <laughs> the failing was not on the part of the MacBook. The failing was on the part of Audacity, mm. because Audacity lost the file. Because we were recording in Audacity. Now we're in Garage. Damn it, Audacity. You had one job. <laughs> you had one job. <laughs> I Record still use, the fucking shit. I still use Audacity to clean up our files because it's free and there's really not a better option out there. Uh, if anybody has a better option that I don't have to pay $200 a year for, yes. please, info at diogenesclubpodcast.com. Yes. I really hate destructive editing. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Or post it on the Facebook that Snart talked about. Yes, there we go. Go post it there so other people can learn and enjoy. Because mm -hmm. this is obviously a learning curve. I think our audio has gotten a lot better over time, particularly because we're, we're both looking significantly at the $200 mixer that, that Jen purchased for us. Yes, we both looked at it. <laughs> yeah, we did. It's beautiful. It's got lots of little dials and yes. shit. We should name him. And buttons and What switches. should we name him? Calpurnia. Calpurnia. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> Calpurnia. Her name is now Calpurnia. It shall hence be, henceforth be known that her name is Calpurnia. Calpurnia. So let it be written, so let it be done. <laughs> for short, should we call her Perna? Sure. Okay. Perna for short. Yes. <laughs> There's also Sulpicia, the Roman poet. Calpurnia is good, though. I like Calpurnia. Oh yeah, and a, a couple of uh, Buffy-related things before we get started. Okay, so, so first, uh, last week's episode was the queerest damn thing oh we God, have ever so seen. It was, so it was like a big blinking sign <laughs> telling Buffy that heterosexuality is not for her. Yes. Well, and, and now, <laughs> since we first recorded that, I can say it is a gay musical called Gay, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, watch IT Crowd. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, and it gets even queerer because, uh, Snart, you found out some stuff about Jack London. Yeah, so I, I just Googled around. I was curious. There's a lot of speculation that Jack London was on the queer spectrum, if not just outright flaming. He enjoyed the company of men, however he yes, enjoyed and, the company of men. and he would sort of talk about, like, train culture mm -hmm. as, like, there were sort of tops and bottoms, you know, like an older man would take in a younger one, and there's all these terms that he's... I don't know if they were, like, common terms or if, they, if he made them up, but there were all these terms about, like, how the older... Uh, man would take under him a younger man and show him the i mean very spartan let's yeah. say it's very mm -hmm. very greek and he he even called um one of his his uh mentors lover maybe possible people friends uh, the greek mm. um mm -hmm. and he he really liked mannish women he even specified that he he said he preferred the company of women both of his wives were were sort of manly in nature and they didn't seem to have a very sexual relationship. It seemed to be very platonic, very friendly. Beardy? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very beardy. So there's a lot of speculation. There's nothing outright because at the time, sort of everyone was gay and no one was gay. Sort of like in Roman times. Mm -hmm. There's sort of a everybody was doing it, but nobody talked about it. Yeah. Nature to things. So the, um, so basically the, the only 
completely straight reference in that whole episode turns out to be gay too. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, another thing I noticed, because we are re-recording this and I just recently edited uh, that episode, mm -hmm. is we sort of missed all the connections it has to the pack. Right. Well, and I think we had talked about it before we started recording the episode. And we, we thought there's had, so much to deal so with. so much there, there. And we didn't, and a lot of people, I mean, when you look at it, of course, it's kind of like the pack. So we wanted to focus in on all this, mm -hmm. this uh, really pro queer stuff since we are exactly, a queer podcast. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's a lot like the pack. Um, I mean, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and and pretty much, and the best part is that Xander seems to recognize what's going on. And he just whisks yeah, Cordy right out, out of the episode. Like, he just they out. I love that because like, it's this like... Is, this is nothing but bad here. Yeah. This is of the bad. We're going to just kind of exit stage right and <laughs> yeah, definitely, the fuck yeah, out. Because yeah. like, he recognizes this is pack behavior. We're having like the alphas attacking him for no good reason. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to think that Oz got out. Um, so that was, it was kind of interesting. And I, I don't know, I don't want to get too far into this, but it is... Just keep in mind what's going on in Hollywood right now and go back and watch that episode and just really let it soak in. Yes. Because I feel like it's it's a passion play done by Joss Whedon before it was even a dialogue. It's like he was recognizing something well, and he, I in mean, Hollywood. Well, and he, we know that he he fully understood the role of power and, and the power that he had in that kind of situation. Yes. I mean, it seems to be him even trying to work through it. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. What yeah. am I going to do with this power? Can I use it positively? Mm -hmm. um, before all this young guy, before all these scandals always. came out, everybody was all focused on Joss Whedon. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> funny how no one's come forward. I mean, we, we're always going to be fans of him and think and know that he's a feminist because he makes feminist things. Right. Um, but it's just funny how no one's come forward about him. Yeah, it, well, it, it, it kind of put everything in, I think, a bit of perspective. Yeah. Uh, he was big news until uh, you found out what people really do with power in Hollywood. Yeah. And it makes uh, and some Joss's... some stories are just... Oh, yeah. Oh, and and it really it really makes um, Joss's um, muse relationships with his actors and actresses, um, mm -hmm. it puts those in perspective. Uh, that, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and the only, and, and I mean, I'm, who knows? Something might come out. Blah blah blah. We might yeah, be, you know, it but, might happen. But you think? But we're that, still gonna love Buffy and Angel. Yeah, we are. <laughs> well, and you think that just something? I don't know. I don't want to get into it too much because everyone has their own opinions. I assume if you're still listening to us, you're kind of with us already. Yeah. So it's a preacher choir. Unless situation. it's a love to hate kind of thing, which is fine. Yeah, too. which is totally fine too. But I but mean, you know, email if us you, if you want to up our ratings just by listening to us, even though you hate us. Go okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm fine with that. Um, I have no problem with that whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, but, it's, I mean, it's if, fun. Yeah, it's fun to have a discourse like that. So please, if you disagree with us, send us some emails and yeah, stuff. Please do info at diogenesclubpodcast.com. Courteous, kind, gentlemanly yes. emails. We, I delete all comments that are not gentlemanly. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we've only had a couple. Everyone else is really great. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, I mean, feel free to comment, feel free to email us, feel free to have a discourse. But I mean, basically where I am with, with the, with this is I think Joss was recognizing that this existed. And he started asking the question, is it all men? And, and, it exa and, the, and recognizing that it existed in him. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the most important, of, important part of self-awareness. Mm -hmm. and, and being a writer is saying, I have this. How can I communicate it to other people? What can I do? Right. And, I mean, it's interesting because in Whedonland, um, <laughs> in the Whedonverse, uh, yes, it exists in, in, in men, but that's too simple. It exists in women, too. Uh -huh. It exists if you have power, and it's tied to power. Exactly. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. Mm -hmm. If you have power, then power corrupts. Well, and my, there you go. Yeah, my new theory after editing our episode mm -hmm. and having a long time to think about it is that all men are beasts, all women are slayers. Right. So 
the slayer is just the female version of the beast mm -hmm. and it's they'll stab their friend in the heart girlfriend yeah or mm -hmm. boyfriend <laughs> or yeah girl, boyfriend girlfriend yeah. yes and what's interesting is that it it becomes less about a, a gender binary than it is just are you being a beast or a slayer so we watch right. we watch uh, Angel cross over the, into the Slayer territory and back into the Beast territory multiple times. We watch uh, Buffy do that herself in mm -hmm. the upcoming episodes. Um, so we watch people sort of cross the binary spectrum only in yeah. how they relate to their power. Yes, Faith does it a lot. Yeah, uh, Faith does it. Well, Faith kind of shows us what Buffy's going to be doing with it as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's not gender; it's power. It is, yeah. So it's it's when you have ultimate power, what are you a beast or a slayer? Well, and, and that's and that's the kind of feminism that we're that we enjoy, that we talk about, mm -hmm. that we encourage is you know the egalitarian kind. Yeah, you know because we're old school, and I know you all hate us now, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> but no, and it's the idea They'll that come that, back around. It's just, I mean, it's just, it's just a, it's a right. Well, but it's, it's a grease I mean, fire. It's but whatever. you know, it's it's that that men and women can be equally bad or equally mm -hmm. good. There's nothing about our natures that makes us impervious to this kind of a thing yes it's the situation that you're in mm -hmm. exactly. and your moral fiber that you happen to have it has nothing to do with gender it's yeah, just exactly. I mean, it is, men it's... do it more because they're in more power yeah. and, and <laughs> in in men it tends to involve some kind of um in the male i guess i should say in the male energy uh it tends to involve itself in a more sexualized aggressiveness something that's done you know so like the beast is i'm doing this for you debbie Mm -hmm. I'm doing, you know, like you made me this way. I'm doing it for the girl. Mm -hmm. And then the slayer is, I'm doing it for me. Fuck you. Like when sometimes Buffy says, I'm doing this for the world. So I'm going to beat you over the face with this lamp. That's or a slayer. Yeah. That's, that's pure slayer. <laughs> right. Uh, um, but I mean, no matter how you justify it, if you, if you, you can take the faith track mm -hmm. and uh, say, uh, I'm in it for me and fuck everybody yeah. or you could do the buffy track and buffy does just as much bad shit as faith does if not more but she does it for what she sees as the the altruistic reasons mm -hmm. yeah um you know are either of them right or wrong no no well it's if we go back to shakespeare nothing is either right or wrong only thinking makes it so right so i mean that it's it's a great passion play just examining all these different angles of people and i i, fe I don't feel like we missed a lot but i feel like we just need to addenda it with just this yeah. little bit a little bit extra. It feels very pertinent to our time mm -hmm. right now as well, where the thing is, it's, you know, we can say it's not all men. It's not all women. It's not. It's all people. Mm -hmm. All people have this in them. It's yep. whether or not you have learned to embrace it and acknowledge it before moving on or if you're in denial because. I don't know. It's. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> um. Because those who embrace it are, say, angel in faith after she goes to prison. Mm -hmm. I know this is in me. It's right there. Oh, it's under the surface all the time. I walk this fine line every minute of every day, but I know it's there, so I'm not going to go into the dark zone. Mm. As opposed to, say, Wesley in Angel, oh, yeah. who doesn't even know he's capable of being worse than Angelus ever was. Oh, yeah. And he does it. He scares faith. Yeah. That takes a lot. Yeah. The only person <laughs> he doesn't scare is, uh, is it was Willow. Interesting. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a whole they, other hey, conversation. They just compare with the horrible things they've yes. done. Like, it's funny. We might have a little bit on Willow in this episode, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a tad. Foreshadowing does a little hand wave. Yeah, and eventually um, eventually we will, I mean, just like we, we have done with, with Xander, uh, yeah, I know, we start off being really hard on these folks, but we do arc them, and we show you the arc, and we start off being hard on them so we can so yes. you can really see the arc. If you start Definitely. out thinking that Xander and Willow 
and Buffy can do no wrong, you'll be very disappointed because they don't <laughs> seem to arc. If you start out seeing what they're really doing, then you are that much more amazed by the arcs that right. they go through. Well, and, and the fun thing about Willow is she does horrible things. She's kind of a terrible person. Sure. It's starting kind of about, well, a few episodes back. But, yep. you know, here is where we start seeing some evidence of it. But this is just a really good example of what happens when you don't know you're capable. Mm-hmm. Like, she really... She thinks she can do no wrong, therefore everything she does is right. And that's, I mean, that's very similar to the discussion we can have about the patriarchy right now. Like, mm-hmm. men, you know, like Louis C.K.'s apology. I didn't even know it was wrong. You know, right, he, he thought he right. was doing it the right way and he wasn't. And, and you know, I don't want to get too sidetracked on it. I just want everyone to think about it a little bit. Um, that's just me. I can edit this out if you want me to. <laughs> You'll see. Okay. Um, yeah, so I think that's all the addenda we have, you know, I just kind of want to put into our, you know, we have all of our little things about, you know, so, uh, human weakness, everyone has it. Never goes away. It never goes away. You can't just bury things, Buffy, everything will come back to get Mm -hmm. you. And I want to add to that, all men are beasts and all women are slayers. Sure. I just want to, you know, I think that'll increase the the dialogue a little bit. Yes. Yes. Yes, you can hear the freeway all the time on here. Shall I get started? Yeah, I think that's all I got. All right. Done talking out of my ass? Doing (laughs) doing the methane thing? (laughs) Uh, We open at the bronze. Buffy is poking at a half-eaten sugar cookie as Cordy and Xander debate what sort of transportation to take the homecoming dance. Cordy, as we would expect, would like a limo, and Xander would not. He's worried about how much it would cost, and I'm pretty sure Cordy would pay for the whole thing, but then we get into gender stuff, and I get extremely bored with societally enforced gender roles, so it's nice that we turn before we get there. Willow is excited about the limo idea and wants to make a big to-do of their last homecoming. Xander suggests the public bus, and as an experienced bus rider, I can guarantee that they wouldn't be the weirdest people on there, <laughs> no matter what they were doing, but it's still a horrible <laughs> idea. Xander wants backup from Oz, and Oz says that in a financial pinch, he'd be happy to drive his van. Cordy says that homecoming queens don't take vans. Xander points out that Cordy is not yet the homecoming queen, and then realizes he may have just cock-blocked himself, (laughs) (laughs) and changes course to say that she most certainly will be voted homecoming queen. Uh, (laughs) Since he's realized that a limo is probably his best chance at sex, he's all for it now. Willow mentions that it will be a private limo. I'm not sure how many other kinds there are. Except, of course, that all of her friends will be in there. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> she calls it cuddlesome. Ew. Yeah. I'm Especially really... considering what happened in the last episode where she's all mad at Oz. Yeah. Overcompensating much? That, well, just a tad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she suggests that they split the cost of the limo, which snaps Buffy out of staring off at nothing, and we will assume worrying about Angel. Buffy says she's maybe up for splitting the limo rental, but points out she's not sure if she's going Willow asks why Buffy isn't going, since she already bought tickets, and then wonders if Buffy perhaps doesn't have a date, and then there's Scott, all bland and more bland. And, and the gayest version of Angel possible, right? Oh, like, you mean the the Angel outfit, but with piping? Yeah, yeah. and the really high t-shirt, <laughs> yeah. like the I don't want to show my cleavage t-shirt. Yeah, that's, mm, yeah well, and, yeah. and as long as we're stopped, just costuming note, none of the couples go together. No. We kind of pretend that Buffy goes with Scott because black and white and black and white, but she's not eating her cookie, so this isn't a thing. Right. Buffy doesn't eat this episode. There's a lot of food around Buffy. There's a cut in the way ahead, and I won't even mention it then, but in the cafeteria 
where Xander's picking at his food. Mm -hmm. So her heart's saying, I'm not into it. She doesn't even have a tray in front of her. No, there's only one person Buffy eats with. Yes. <laughs> oh, she does drink a little bit around her. Um. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, but you know, Buffy and Faith eat together. That's mm -hmm. what they do because they're on network television in the yes, 90s. <laughs> yes. And they, they'll just drink together in this time. Yeah. Uh, the Snapple. Yes, uh, exactly. I wonder what Snapple facts they had. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> it's just yeah. Buffy's like, you're bisexual. She's like, I know. Shut mm -hmm. up. And then just as a foreshadowing, it's, there's nothing else to this. I mean, I don't see any other reason, but Xander and Willow are kind of matchy with the blue. But aside from that, the couples don't match. Right. No one's getting along in this scene, which means Buffy's parts aren't straight. Right. Because this is all Buffy. It's everyone's around Buffy saying, oh, you should be in the limo. And <laughs> funny how she bought two tickets without already being asked. That's, not, that that's not a Buffy move. No, it's really not. She's sort of a money-conscious girl right she now. Would, and she would expect the boy to buy the tickets. Yeah, I wonder... Uh, because she's all caught up in that shit. That feels a little... Uh, a bit of a Freudian slip, if you will. This isn't the Sadie Hawkins dance. No, no, no. Mm. She went with the girl to that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> she's going a lot of dates with girls, doesn't she? <laughs> she does. Corny quite a bit, I have yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or a ghost teacher. <laughs> yeah. In Angel. Uh-huh. Both girls. Yeah. yeah. No, I know. Seriously. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, <clears throat> as Cordy cuts through the bullshit and points out, Buffy isn't sure if she's going to do the dance because Scott, the big closet case, hasn't <laughs> asked her yet. <laughs> Gotta get on that, Scott. There's someone in line to take your spot even now. Possibly two people, <laughs> actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Buffy thanks Cordy for humiliating her, and, and that was Scott, actually, with the humiliating... He's so weird, and, and not in a good way at all. Like, no flowers, and now no homecoming dance. If I remember correctly, those dances are half the reason people in high school had boyfriends and girlfriends in the first place. I went on... I mean, I didn't go to a lot of dances, but I only think I went on two with people I actually saw ever again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people hook up to go to dances. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I, I had four dates that I never talked to really ever before or after that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. what I observed as well. Yeah. Uh, Scott says he assumed Buffy would think the dance was corny because, like Buffy's friends, Scott has absolutely no idea who she is. None. I'll mention again that someone else, who is not Angel, knows exactly how much Buffy wants to go to this dance. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Scott chokes out an invitation to the dance that's just about as bad as the compliment he gave Buffy in the previous episode. It's one of those where... I do if you do, so do you? I bet he's irritating his boyfriend to this day. <laughs> I don't think any of Scott's weirdness is because he's closeted. He's just weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, you know, it's like that book, he's just not that into you. Yeah, but he's also weird with no idea he's weird. Like, if yeah. you're weird, you should probably know you're weird. And he, yeah. he thinks that he's normal and everybody else is weird. Yeah. yeah. No, he's super weird. <laughs> he's extremely he's super weird. weird and he's... Yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with being gay. And and the show has shown that because we had Larry right at the beginning of this, like right. being Larry's like a totally awesome. normal, awesome dude. Right. <laughs> Larry, Larry so, was yeah. was going to uh, was it uh, was dating kind of casually dating Amy. It's like a I mean, yeah. <laughs> like they were going to go out yeah. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which says a lot about Amy, too. That might come up later. Well, witches are coded a certain way. Yep. <laughs> She might be a rebound someday for somebody. Hmm. Uh, Buffy didn't really learn much from the gigantic red flag that was the previous episode. <laughs> 
So she tries to defer to Scott's opinion about the dance and be all meek and whatever kind of bullshit she's doing here. Oz, thanks, thankfully, puts an end to this ridiculousness and rules this a yes. Scott offers to get Buffy another beverage, but Buffy says she's tired and is going to go home. Yeah, I know she's not really tired, but this whole thing was exhausting for me, so I'd understand if this, that was true. She tells Scott uh, she's excited about the, the dance, and they share an, another chemistry-free kiss that makes me cringe. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And <laughs> does Oz know that Scott's gay? Oz sees everything. He does see all, doesn't he? He sees yes. all. He, he is the wizard. <laughs> Which also, I, there's something about him being named Oz and the guy behind the curtain and there's, I don't know. Oh, for sure, yeah. There's something in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but my going theory right now is that Oz is Solomon. I'll just plant that. <laughs> so what he needs to do is cut a baby in half. <laughs> he doesn't not do that. I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or at least offer. Mm-hmm. Um, but he cuts himself in half, kind of. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah. well, he, yeah, he's totally split in two. Mm-hmm. Is, it's it's interesting. He's got like Iana's face going on with mm-hmm. the the wolf part, and you know it, it's interesting in the previous episode how you know we have all these people doing things for the people they care about, mm-hmm. right? Like even even Giles is motivated by Jenny still. Oh yeah. So Giles is motivated for the by rest Jenny. of his life. I Pete is motivated by uh, Debbie. Thank you. I thought she was so cardboard. Was that her name? Her. Was it I Debbie? It was, I think it was Debbie, and her stupid grating voice. Talk um, about vapid. Yeah. So, Pete was motivated by Debbie. Scott's pretending to be motivated by Buffy. Mm-hmm. Angel is truly motivated by Buffy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Oz was motivated by... It's not Willow. Right. <laughs> who was he afraid he killed? Mm-hmm. The guy who... Oh, yeah, I knew him. Mm-hmm. So, does he know Scott's gay? Because he's totally gay, right? He's either gay... Or he's the one straight teenage person who who isn't has, interested in women at all. Or, I mean, he isn't. Well, it's and not, not even te- a teenage guy, teenage person who is not remotely interested in sex of any kind. Except he kind of looks at Giles a little. Well, don't we all? I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even Tara's like, oh, hey, yeah. but Tara's comfortable in her sexuality, so she can do whatever she wants. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I would hope, okay. So the folks who are, or or the folks I've I've chatted with, let's say online, (laughs) (laughs) uh, about, you know, about Oz and things seem to just think he's too good to be true guy, but there's nothing, but yeah. Well, and, and also there is nothing wrong with being like Xander and looking at linoleum thinking about sex. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. And this show would never say there was anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, well, af- after Buffy loses her. um, Sorry. After Buffy loses her virginity to Angel. I mean, we even have her in a car with Giles. Who he yeah, says, yes. you did nothing wrong. Well, and they're going to say the same thing on, on Angel when Cordy mm-hmm. gets into one of her pregnant predicaments. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. The pregnant predicament. <laughs> Can we make a drink? Of course. We need to make a drink called the pregnant Part one and part two. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's there's at least three parts. Oh yeah, there's, true. there's the head pregnant too. Oh god, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah part so one, part two, part three. Yeah, yes. she is the May Queen, the, so the, we need the pregnant predicament. Pregnant predicament. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on that show too. They, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a sexual person on these shows. So, 
to make if they really made Oz this too good to be true, I don't really feel sexual about anybody, and that's isn't that and that and kind of putting him elevating him above people like Xander and Faith and, and Buffy Angel. and Angel. I mean, Angel's are too good to be true guy because right. he's a, he wants he wants desperately and he's able to abstain. Right. I mean, that's our our ethical that's our ethical do gooder. Right. And right? Buffy and Buffy's the one who actually, you know, convinces him to have sex. Mm-hmm. Uh do we think that Buffy's bad? No. Uh this isn't I mean, <laughs> we joke about Buffy's, you know, Narn of Danger, but <laughs> this is not the show that's going to do that. You have right. to look beneath all that kind of stuff, you know, and and underneath everything that they're saying about this kind of thing, because this show is not one that says sex is bad, yeah. because that's what a real morality play would say. This is mm-hmm. a postmodern morality play, so it's going to say the opposite of everything a morality play tells you. Yeah, and, Buffy and it, on the for, on fine. the surface, it looks like Buffy does everything right all the time. When mm-hmm. you dig underneath, no, she does not. Right. But yeah, I mean, we, we, make, we make light of sex, you know, like Joyce and Giles have sex on a police car twice, mm-hmm. and probably a lot after that. Yes. We have reason to know. We believe. suspect. Yes. We believe. I, I more than suspect. Would you we'll stop, there. gentle listeners, would you stop having sex with Giles or Joyce? No. No. I'm asexual and no. You are uh, crazy people if you yeah, would. Right, yeah. So you're Buffy's parents. Yeah, of course you're going to have sex. Of course, yeah. And also, if we if we just lean back into our basic metaphor, Greek mythology mm-hmm. and now Irish mythology. Mm-hmm. I'm rolling my eyes because I have so much to study. Mm-hmm. Um, neither one of those cultures ever saw sex as bad. Ever. Right, right. We don't have Judeo Christian morals in here. We don't enter into even close to that until Buffy jumps off the tower with her arms outstretched. Right. So we we aren't in a Judeo Christian ideology. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, so we we don't feel bad about sex, we don't feel bad about being turned on, but we we hear from Oz and, and I'll mention it a few more times as we go on. We keep hearing from Oz that he's not interested in women. And he <laughs> he doesn't okay. <laughs> and he is attracted to Willow when she's in her Inuit outfit. And he's not sexually attracted. He says, who is that girl? He's intrigued by her. Right. And they make a point of that he is not looking at her body. They also make a point of him not looking at her body when she's she's dressed as the, the uh, well, the hot girl ghost, I guess. Yeah. Uh, in, in, <laughs> yeah. The, the, the slutty McMuffin. Right. That yeah. one. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they make a point of that, that he he's not interested in her sexually. Mm-hmm. Now... There is nothing wrong with if you see a girl that you're attracted to looking her up and down and being like, damn, that looks really hot on you. Yeah. But Oz never does that. Uh-huh. Is he Mr. Too Good to Be True Guy? Or is he not is sexually he... attracted to Willow physically? He's gay as fuck. I mean, it's just, it continues on for me. And and I've watched quite a bit ahead <laughs> a few times just mm-hmm. to, to really check myself on this one because suddenly I kind of wanted him to be gay. Right. Um. But yeah, I mean, to me, he's super gay and he's comfortable with that. Like he keeps, even even if we go back to his first episode, he doesn't look charisma carpenter in a cat outfit up and down. Seriously. The, I, okay. Even I don't, Giles had a little bit of an ogle. Even you did. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Boobs are fun and those look great. I mean, and there's nothing <laughs> wrong with looking, like, looking at her. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. No. Nothing at all. And he looks straight up at her face. Uh-huh. The way the same way that Xander had to almost break his neck to do when 
Buffy was standing over him in or just a trench coat. Faith takes off her shirt. Yeah. and he, But he almost breaks his neck. We see an evident... There's a struggle. Strain. Yes. As, I mean, yeah, because yeah. you're going to look. And I, I think Xander's kind of doing that because he's mimicking Oz. And in the same episode, Buffy's straight up naked in the basement. Uh-huh. And Oz looks her in the face, turns the flashlight away. Uh-huh. As soon as he realizes what's going on, turns the flashlight away and offers to go get her clothes. Yes. No, I think she says go get clothes, but and he goes and gets them. Uh-huh. Whichever way, he never even considers that it's a sexual thing. Well, there's no struggle. No. There's no moral struggle with him. There's not even basic curiosity. Right. And Which... I mean, and, and if, if, base, if the basic curiosity and the moral struggle is bad, then that means that the show is saying Xander is terrible. But and Buffy, who convinces Angel to take his shirt off in her kitchen, is yeah. terrible. And none of these things are terrible. favorite character, Anya, right. I mean, is terrible. Wh- what do we make of Anya? If Oz, if Oz is this wonderful, best dude ever, never would look at a girl sexually, and that's what you should be aspiring to, yeah, what should we think of Anya? The actual, the, yeah. she, because she and Faith are the only adults about sex in this exactly, whole fucking yeah. show. And, and Anya comes in, and she, and you know, with Faith, I can see that there might be a gray area, you know, if we are doing a morality play. Do you mean gray as in bisexual? <laughs> yes. Um <laughs> Because it's that but like, too. But Anya comes in and she's such a breath of fresh air. She's just willing mm-hmm. to talk about things. No hangups, you know, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the Faith thing. And we linger on her dialogue a lot. Right. And there's there's nothing about Faith's sexuality that's bad. But because Faith kind of goes a little cray, mm-hmm. uh, everybody thinks that her sexuality is all wrapped up in that. There's nothing right. wrong with what Faith does sexually. Mm-hmm. And all yeah. but everything or gets co- and but yeah exactly but everything gets kind of confused so that's why they bring in anya to say no there was nothing about faith's sexuality that was bad mm-hmm. we're showing you that anya is wonderful and great yes. and she has a nice healthy sexuality and there's nothing wrong with that yes yeah and they so, are both incidentally from celtic mythology yeah and greek for in faith's place but she also has a very interesting celtic arc well, well she goes that. over on angels, so of course she does. Of course she does. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, this is a lot of, we're doing a lot of discussion, but this kind of plays into a theory I have that starts in this episode. Yay. About Willow mm-hmm. and her actions and how things work out with it. We will unfurl that a bit later. Yes, exactly. But I, you know, I really want to move forward acknowledging that Oz is gay because I think that's important. Well, and we have, and I mean, <laughs> if we, this, this, uh, because it is sort of a postmodern morality play, and the some morality plays work, uh, there is a lot of production coding that's based on what you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, our only other suspect for being a werewolf was Larry. Yeah. <laughs> so. Who is also gay. There are a lot of very clear lines about yeah. this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, witches are homosexual. Slayers are bisexual. And werewolves are probably homosexual as well. Probably. <laughs> Except for Veruca. Yeah, I don't know what to make of her. Sorry, trauma zone. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that might even be a bisexual kind of territory, too. It it could be that, I mean, mm-hmm. it's very possible that, that uh, I mean, if we, if we want to take it there, uh, um, for Buffy and Faith, it seems that they are um, mostly... <sighs> They are the exceptions for each other, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the, and we could say that this is the this is the mirror of that, where um, Oz and Willow are the exceptions for each other. Yeah, well, no, I I think that's exactly what we've been saying because mm-hmm. otherwise Oz 
Oz is traumatized to the point of leaving after Veruca. And we'll go into this mm-hmm. really deeply when we get there, but mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't happen if you just cheated on somebody because, I mean, technically it's tit for tat at this point. Yeah, Willow cheated and then yeah. Oz cheats and then so everybody's fair. He's upset because he's he consensually allowed himself to be raped for the sake of saving other people. He did mm-hmm. something very heroic by mm-hmm. pulling Veruca into the cage. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's also this question of, is the werewolf straight? Is he gay? Is who is what, where, when, how? Right. Because werewolves, one would think, would just be like animals and do everything for procreation or whatever. Mm-hmm. Unless you're a bonobo or a penguin. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But but for the most part, I mean, for the most part in nature, I mean, yeah, you've yeah. got the percentages of blah, blah, blah. he seems to actually have lust for her, and he doesn't for Willow. We show it in the same episode, that he doesn't have lust for Willow. Well, but he was about two seconds pre-wolf when they actually did it, and mm-hmm. he goes a little bonkers when he's going wolfy, yeah. you know, pent up and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I don't know, it, it that'll be a really interesting episode to, to tear apart. You know, if we want to get Not all... Not to tear apart, to break down. If we really want to get all, like, pedantic and granular about it, time's up. Rules change. Yeah. Straight time. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he does He does exit what we would consider the the gay Larry zone mm-hmm. and move into the posturing Larry zone. True. You know, he changes into a bully. Yeah, bully versus bully. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. so he, he does move into the beardy zone. He moves into what a, a gay person thinks a straight person does zone. Yeah, the, well, the um, I mean, the... the... What stereotypical uh, honeymooners version of straight relationships, uh, mm-hmm. where he snaps at his girlfriend and she yep. gets all hurt and might retaliate sometimes. <laughs> um, might uh, overcompensate, yeah, because that's our favorite game is yes. to follow the overcompensation. And and I will always go back to as far as my defense of Oz being gay, I'm always going to go back to he smelled Willow on Terra. And immediately knew they were a couple. Well, I mean, seriously, they couldn't have just been buddies who to exchange clothes. Okay, I... you're you're basically you're mostly straight, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Do did you or did you not exchange clothing with your chick friends who had the same size? In fact, on my way, on my way to get you today, mm-hmm. I was looking in my in my console mm-hmm. because I knew I'd left something in there. Mm-hmm. It was a chapstick. And right. I was digging around for it, and I found not only a necklace that still belongs to a friend that I need to get back to her from, like, two years ago, right. but a pair of underwear that I borrowed from her when I was at her house, and a pair of pants that I borrowed from her when I was at her house the same day. That's friendship, ladies and gentlemen. I sat in mud. I didn't pee myself. <laughs> but for real, like, we would seriously, there was same friend, we were in Vegas, mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know. These pants just don't look good with this outfit. And I would take them off and chuck them to her. And she would chuck me what she was wearing. And we just switch clothes. Mm -hmm. We do it all the time. So for me to borrow a friend's sweater when I happen to be in her dorm room is nothing. Right. But Oz immediately knew they were gay, which means it's on his radar, which means he's gay, my friends. Because, (laughs) I mean, obviously... If even they, if Willow, if Willow and Tara have had, even had sex recently, they've obviously showered in between. <laughs> They're not gross. Oh. It's not like he's smelling the Narn. Yeah. He's smelling just that enough well, smell. Tara's that they wearing have... Willow's sweater when she's walking. Exactly. Him. That's all he's smelling. It's not a sex thing. Yes, and it Willow's is head isn't clear, thing. so they haven't had sex. 
Right. She exactly. hasn't cleared her head. And then yes. we know that that's what clears her head and makes her relaxed. Exactly. They haven't had sex because she's not relaxed. And we see that scene where they actually, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. But with yep. the magic metaphor. Right. Sweaty magic. <laughs> sweaty Very magic. sweaty magic. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Are you from Lesbos? <laughs> right. Night, Good Morning, Juliet. It's a great play. Yeah. It's, it is really a great play. We need to have a movie version of it. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fantastic. You make that happen somehow with your actor friends. I'll work on it. Call Patrick. Okay. Make him do it. He's, he's busy on a new thing right now. It's very exciting. Well, he could get that made. Okay. It, okay. it would be I'll like a weekend. It. Okay. I'll, I, I'll call him and tell him to call Joss, and then they can both get back to us and consult us about it. Right. <laughs> That'd be scary if that actually happens. I'd pee my pants. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I mean, if we're following the production coding rules of this show, there's, there's stuff going on with that. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm completely open to that theory, and it makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, and I'll be re-recorded. And I don't know how much I move forward in the next few episodes, because we are re-recording this. Yeah. <laughs> we are. What What did we last record before this episode? Uh, Whichever one is before Bad Girls. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's a ways. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've covered a lot of territory since uh, now. We're very confused, people. We're very confused. Yeah. So it, forgive us for any uh, anything that goes amiss. Yeah. And forgetting where we are in the timeline. If I say something happened and it's about to happen, sorry. Sorry. I forgot. <laughs> but I guarantee this is a much better episode than the one we already did. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Despite the length already, sorry. <laughs> oh, they love it. It's free. Yeah. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> We're giving them more content. Apologizing. Yeah, Jesus no, fucking Christ. Sorry. 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 <laughs> sorry for sorry. <laughs> talk about toxic heteronormativity right there yeah in the mansion of the undead angel must have seen how awkward that kiss was because <laughs> <laughs> he's all pacing around and looking sick <laughs> and he's so you know i've talked a lot about dress mm-hmm. so far mm-hmm. you know and and angel angel's state of undress is showing that he's still working on the feral thing well yeah because you i know? mean we, we saw the progression mm-hmm. um he was naked and then yes. he got pants. Yes. And he got and shoes. shoes. Yes. That's impressive. Put on his shoesies. Yes. It's metaphorical shoes because there's no way feral angel could tie shoes. Like, no. Well, you, you just slip them Velcro? on. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're probably still tied. Yeah. Definitely not on. socks. Yeah. Definitely not. No. No socks. That would give you stinky um, foot. What, do vampires yeah. get stinky foot? I don't know. Well, no, I mean, no. angel seems to sweat. Yes, he does. Quit. Yeah, he does. But I guess there wouldn't be any bacteria in the sweat. True. Okay. I have a new theory about vampires. Mm-hmm. I think they're made of stem cells. Oh. And demon energy? Yes, yes. So I think the demon energy makes them pure stem cell, and that's why they heal so fast. Oh. And same thing with slayers. I think they're made of just stem cells. So, like, anytime you damage them, they're stem cells. And that's why, like, all of the, the mythology that's not in Buffy about, like, if you drink, um, like, vampire blood, it heals you. It's because it's just stem cells. Well, and that would... Yeah, and that kind of thing fits in the logic of... Because slayers are... Uh, slayers heal quickly because they are infused with demon energy. Exactly. Uh, and but vampires have to keep feeding because mm-hmm. they feed off of the the, you know, the demon energy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so consumed. They feed off of it. Yeah. So they have to consume because they're dead, but they're also made right. of stem cells. They're just pure stem cells. Where yeah, the, let's say that vampire slayers are like like what a nuclear reactor. <laughs> they yeah. just have all this sustainable <laughs> yeah. energy. Where vampires are more coal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have to keep feeding the coal engine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you still you still can produce more. So or, oh, anytime no. you have to re- vampire slayers things. are uh wind power or solar power or something. Oh, like that. Ooh, uh, solar no. power. Yeah, they're eco friendly. Yes. Yes. Be- and it has to be constantly renewable because mm-hmm. they don't have to consume anything. Yeah. To retain their power. That makes sense. 
Although they, they do get the hungries and hornies. I think it's just extra. Yeah. And it's occasional. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when Faith is like right well, there. Well, funny how Buffy just isn't eating um, in this episode. <laughs> you know, there's also, I, I went on my little thing about uh, eating and acceptance of your situation before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, you can tell whether or not someone's accepting their situation by whether or not they're eating. Mm-hmm. Particularly if they're a woman. Just eats a lot with when Faith's around. Yeah, it's That funny. couldn't mean yeah. anything. <laughs> just, I'm sure that's not significant yeah, at all. No, no, not at all. No, no. Like, you know, and, and that whole angel had that whole food spread out for her and she didn't eat that. Isn't that interesting? Well, that really fits with the Persephone myth, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. We've done Persephone already, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. Completely lost in the okay. timeline. If gentle listeners, we haven't mentioned in our in our timeline, let's that, chill out for a couple yeah, episodes. Just, <laughs> just hang in there with us. Uh, but Angel is definitely Hades, and Buffy is definitely Persephone. And yep. go. Um, <laughs> sorry. We're so sorry about this. This is the only episode we've lost so far. So far, no, no, no. We're good. We're good. We're good. I searched my hard drives so hard. Well, I was thinking we have how many seasons more of it's these true. shows well, to oh, do. So well, this will probably happen okay. eventually. All the way up through the end of season three, this is the only one that we've lost. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so she's definitely Persephone and he's definitely Hades. And, you know, we're, we're entering that Hades space here where he's he's in hell still. Wait, I know we go into this a lot in amends. Yes. Because there is yes. the, in amends, there is the uh, Buffy wants a life away from from mm-hmm. him. And her, and her mother is dragging her back. Right. and Because she, she wants a life with her star mm-hmm. on yes. the tree. Yes. Uh, and uh, But she keeps getting dragged. Angel on top? Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> the star on top. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> oh, who's at the door? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ding dong. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> I'll just wear this matching necklace. Um, so we see the life that Buffy wants. Right. But she is dragged right back down to mm-hmm. help Hades out of a pinch. Definitely. So, yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's that's part of the obligation that we they both have. And also, as we continue watching, I mean, I, I think we already discussed this in Dead Man's Party where she's Persephone, because that's like the Dead Man's Party aspect. I think so, too. I feel like we did, because the floral dress. Um, yeah. Also, all the floral dresses in this episode, just watch it. You'll see them. All of the potential prom queens are wearing floral dresses. Mm-hmm. All of them, at some point. Um, and... It's not as obvious as that no. one skirt that Buffy was no, wearing with the flower right no, by the pussy. Right, yeah. Like, <laughs> narn flower. Um, no, they're not. But, but like, I, I think, though, and I'll discuss this more as we move into Angel's actual show, because we're going to record Bad Girls next. Um, yes. But Angel's actually out of his element. We're doing an inversion mm. of the Persephone myth where Hades is in the overland. Like, he's actually come up to the surface. And so Persephone is trying to play in his playground, but he's not underneath. And so once he's come up from hell, he's in the mansion of the undead, where you actually have to go downstairs to get into it, right? So this is the first element of his own domain that he's ever had. Like, well, and, he's the most Hades he'll ever be. Right. Well, and let's, and let's not forget that the, that the priest calls out in Cordy's fake funeral yes. that Hades goes back to his own underworld. You know, yeah. he doesn't belong mm-hmm. in Sunnydale, so he's going to go to L.A. Yeah, no, yeah. he definitely is. But so he, it's kind of like if you go back and you watch from the very first episode of Buffy where he's afraid, he's over. Like, this is really a, a great investigation of what if Hades tried to come up to Persephone instead of taking Persephone back down to him. Right. And that's why he's so disempowered and he's yep. so he's having such a hard time of it because we're in Buffy Summers, mm-hmm. Summers, Summers, yes. mm-hmm. um, 
Sunnydale. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he has to go to uh, the world of angels, you know, like City of Angels, Los mm -hmm. Angeles. Mm -hmm. Well, the first episode of Angel is City of. Yeah. I mean, hi. Yep. Hi. <laughs> We're back in the 80s. And he eventually takes his rightful place as the king of hell, which is Wolfram and Hart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's great. Like he has a great arc, and it mm -hmm. starts with be with accepting his place as Hades, and that's what he's struggling with. He's beginning to struggle with it here. We'll see it move through into amends where he's really having a hard time. Once he accepts that about himself, he starts wearing leather again, so we know that he's back in power. Mm -hmm. um, but in this upcoming scene, Buffy's turned her cross around. If you look at the hollow of her throat, yeah. uh, we just see the clasp. Right, because so she's he's, he's still weak and she's being courteous mm -hmm. and, and yep. sweet and but, she's making sure that he doesn't get weakened further by saying the cross. Exactly, but she is still wearing animal print, which means Amazon, which means Slayer. Yes. And she's wearing a leather coat. And he's got his shirt unbuttoned, so he's very weak. Yes. So when he says it hurts less, he means I, I have almost figured out how to work a button. Yes. <laughs> we'll get there in a second. Yeah. <laughs> Just costuming knows before we get there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Angel hears something and whips open his curtains dramatically to find find Buffy. Um, hi, Buffy. Uh, <laughs> with a blood delivery for him. Yay! Uh, and, and kudos, by the way, to Buffy for not giving Angel the Slayer hello when he opened the curtains in such well, a dramatic she fashion. Knows he's all weak and and kitteny. Yeah, it couldn't be anything. She I likes mean, her men kitteny. Yes, yeah, she sure does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor Angel looks like he wants to lick the container with the blood in it, but Buffy wants to talk about how he's feeling. Oh my god. Uh, speaking of gender roles, this is what my straight dude friends have always complained about, by the way. <laughs> they want to have some alone time for video games or TV, and they have to talk about how they're feeling instead. And this is also, I'm sorry, this is also the only part of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus that he got right. Men need their cave. They yeah. need to go into their cave, they need to be alone. They need to go away. Just let them just let, let them, them process. go and, away. And some chicks too. Just, yeah, you know. no, that's true. I mean, I'm I count myself in the in the buffers. Whoa, in the buffers. Buffers. The buffers. Mm -hmm. I've had ice cream with Bailey's You've on had it. Schnapps. It was really good. No, so there's this uh, thin mint ice cream, and if you pour Bailey's on it, very good. Um, <laughs> yes. Pro tip for life, mm. right there. We should make a drink out of that. What we call it. It have to be something with Cordy because salted caramel Baileys is her thing. Oh, that's true. Well, we we could call it Girl Scouts. Yeah, true. Are your cookies made with real Girl Scouts? Well, we'd have to do that for Harmony. It's a Harmony? Oh. <laughs> it's in that case, we call it All Your Life. Yeah, probably. I'll be the victim. <clears throat> yes, totally. <laughs> yeah. All Your Life. <laughs> I, in my head canon, that is, that is the trajectory of Harmony. She did go to school with the Adam family. And then, Probably. like, they moved to Sunnydale. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Maybe it was Sunnydale that they went to after they lost their mansion. Maybe they moved to Sunnydale to be in the motel because they'd fit in okay. That would be awesome. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like an in Inception, how he didn't actually die. You know, <laughs> yeah. like like back in Titanic, mm -hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio just, like, sank into the ocean and woke mm -hmm. up on a beach. Yeah. Yeah. And burned your village to the ground. <laughs> Anyway, sauteed or barbecue. Um. Anyway. Anyway, no. Uh, where, where was I? Something about. Oh yeah, the man cave. No, I mean I I come from the the uh, more male school of thought where I need my cave and my space and my time. But respect it, particularly when you've brought food. <laughs> yeah, just let him eat the food. Let your Buffy. starving partner eat. Yeah, seriously. In peace. <laughs> 
Yeah, so, so um, Angel says he's still in pain, but less than before. Buffy says that's good and then confesses that she hasn't told Giles and her friends that he's back. There's a great moment when Angel says Giles' name like he hasn't heard it for about 100 years. And uh, Snart, I know you want to talk about Angel's reaction Oh my to god. This. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. D- okay, so first off, David Boreanaz and Anthony Stewart had traded notes because he's having the same freak out mm-hmm. that Giles has. Yes. When he's and they're both facing away from Buffy while Buffy's continuing to talk and they're having their own headspace and moment. not listening at all. Not listening at all. Like, not even. And a, Buffy a does not thought. notice that they are not listening. At <laughs> she's all. just blah 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 as her sisters do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's having this great freak out, and 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 there's this exquisite play on his face where he's going through levels of recognition. Mm-hmm. And one of our theories as we go up to. Um, Oh, what's it called? The Wish. As we move up to The Wish, is that that's the hell that Angel was in, but without the interruption of Cordelia. Because Angel is the only one who seems to know that... Okay, because he has that line with Buffy. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, you don't, you wouldn't know that, or whatever the line is. Yeah. Um, he knows that something is off. Yeah, he, he knows seems to be up. very angel. Yes, that this is not the timeline that he's supposed to be on. <laughs> yeah, so he he knows he's in hell, and he seems to be very coherent. And if we watch Angel's arc up through then, we we I mean we don't have amends until after the wish. So some part mm-hmm. of him still seems to be stuck, right, away. And um, so we have a theory that we'll talk about in that episode about how that played out for Angel. And how he was helping Giles in that reality. And that's how he got stuck in the cage. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has two timelines that he's reconciling. He has the one where he put Giles in, in danger mm-hmm. in in the doppelgangland, um, in the Wishverse. And, you know, probably made Giles die eventually. Sure. Well, it would depend on how many times you had to redo it or if there was another reality oh God, that he got he whisked was... off into. So, yeah. So, like, there's there's one one version of that idea where he has to play through this and it goes all the way through where everybody dies and it's just the master's taken over and they're, like, mechanically mm-hmm. milking humans for blood. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other idea that he's living the same loop over and over and mm-hmm. we're doing, like, a, a Groundhog Day where he's trying to get it right. Mm-hmm. And he just can't get out. Either one would drive him just as mad as we see. Yes. Completely. Oh, yeah. And that's, I think that's a great idea. And, you know, like I said, we talk about it again. It's kind of fun. It's kind of fun to know what we do in the future. Yes. <laughs> sort of. We are very smart. We're very smart in the future. Listen yes. to us more. Um, and then we have, you know, so we, he's, he's reconciling whatever it is that happened in the wish first, but then he's also remembering that he tortured Giles mm-hmm. and that he killed Jenny. And so there's And he's this... trying to pluck out, I mean, you can see his eyes moving. He's kind of trying to pluck out what actually happened from all oh, the yeah. stuff like, that he all has of the in things, his head. But he just knows that he, the word Giles really hits him. Mm-hmm. It's, it like hits him in the heart because he and Giles were friends. Yes, they were before friends. all of this went down. And so, you know, he's having to remember everything. I mean, even if we stay on surface level where the wish first doesn't play in. He still has to remember the fact that he killed Jenny and tortured Giles. Oh, yeah. And so he's really having this just exquisite reaction, blurry, mm-hmm. but in front of Buffy. Well, Buffy's going on about it. And sail on shoes. And I'm wearing platforms and Cordelia. And oh, my God. I'm that bitch. I just can't believe She's just so absurd. And I love that she's what stays in focus. Yeah. 
people because it's her show. Yeah, it's her show. So she stays. <laughs> if they in were focus. in L.A., it would be his show. Yeah, and <laughs> but we it's would not her show. Get to see him, but yeah, it's just it's this gorgeous and and it's so she's behind his shoulder just like a Cathlo was before. Mm-hmm. Like we always put things behind behind Angel's shoulder that's right. affecting him. So we have Darla behind his shoulder. We have a Cathlo behind his shoulder. Now we have Buffy behind his shoulder, mm-hmm. and we're still showing. Well, but pretty as... soon we're going to have faith trying to use the microwave, you know, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, and so we, we end up having Angel being a victim of his circumstances until he leaves for L.A., yes. which is this, it's really beautiful framing for storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's my that's my thing in, in a nutshell. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Yeah, so um, even though Angel is having what looks like a bit of a flashback or a download of Angelus's memories and, and isn't really listening, Buffy goes on and tells Angel she's not going to tell her friends about him at all, which is truly a horrible idea. This is a really <laughs> small town, and th- this isn't this isn't L.A. This is like a tiny. This isn't even as big as Salt Lake City is. This and, is a and tiny. We still all know each other. This here. is a, yeah, and they're they're gonna find out. She yeah. can't expect Angel to stay in the mansion of the undead, all kept woman. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, it, it's not even Sunnydale isn't even as small as Perth. And there's a, something called Perth where I had a friend in town from Perth who met another person from Perth in in Park City and they had a mutual friend. Yeah. Like yes. other side of the world. They right. knew each other. So yes. Sunnydale is even smaller than that. Yes. Everyone knows everybody. And, yeah. and, and there's always, only one mention of the and undead And they are in town. always in the cemetery. <laughs> There's, yeah, so you know Just whatever. Wait until Gwendolyn Post shows up. Yeah, whatever. Buffy. Buffy's going to be under the influence of Scott and his terrible ideas for just a little bit longer here. Yeah. And and this is Buffy. This... Go back to Persephone. It's better for yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, even even without Scott around, this definitely won't be the last time in the series that Buffy is her own worst enemy. <laughs> Seriously. See, also everything she says to Faith <laughs> <laughs> after Faith goes crazy. And Spike. <laughs> yeah. And the potentials. <laughs> and... Everybody. Pretty much from here on out. <laughs> Yeah, Buffy goes on about how her friends wouldn't understand that Angel isn't Angelus anymore, and she's definitely going off of Xander's speech about this subject, I think. And uh, we'll yeah. see that she's she's right, but unless she was planning to send Angel to L.A. early, I'm not going to back off on this being a terrible idea. <laughs> no, no, you shouldn't. And I mean, even if she doesn't tell anyone else, she needs to tell Faith. So that Faith doesn't run into him doing vampy things and stake the crap out of him by accident. Yeah, because <laughs> she needs to know that there might be a good angel in town. Or right. a good vampire A good in vampire, town. Yeah. yes. Faith wouldn't be pleased about this information, of course, but holy crap, a little bit of trust from Buffy would have saved them, bo- them both a lot of trouble. Yeah. Like when Faith... In Revelations, when Faith uh, was clearly devastated and betrayed and hurt... Finding out that Buffy had a boyfriend this whole time while she was flirting shamelessly with Faith. <laughs> but we'll get there later. <laughs> Even just, though we've already been there. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yes. We're <laughs> a time loop. This is an interesting thing. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Angel still isn't really listening. While Buffy tells him that she'll be there to help him heal and deliver blood to him and all that, she tells him how different things are, with what with her being a senior in high school, and if that doesn't illustrate how ill-suited they are for each other, I don't know what <laughs> does. She thinks things are different because she's in her last year of high school. He's about 350 years old now because he just barely got back from a century in Hell Dimension. Like, he gives a shit that she's a senior now. <laughs> Seriously. So, so funny story. I, th- I mean, not that funny, but I had a friend once who got pregnant by a guy and he moved. As will happen. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> as does happen when you have the straight sex without a condom. Um, and uh, so she, she messaged him 
she sent him a letter or something like that because it was before Facebook and said, hi, uh, we have a kid. It's a girl. I'm going to give it up for adoption. And he said, I don't need to help you with this. I'm my own man now. I'm my own man now. I don't need to help you with that life that we created together. Very similar to what Buffy's doing right here. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, I know that I'm the whole reason that you're crazy. I sent you there and brought you back with that whole ring thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to pretend that everything's, that I'm more important and I'm going through more changes because I'm a senior in high school. Surely you're bleeding metaphorical blood, not real (laughs) blood, right? (laughs) Seriously. It hurts less with the metaphor. Is that what it is? I just don't know what Buffy's thinking right here. Uh, I I think... It's one of those times you just want to slap her a little bit. I think we're in that... Remember how way back when we were saying that everybody's a shadow self of Buffy? I think this is where she's treating Angel like he's her demon shadow self when he's not anymore. Yeah. So she's denying the demon part of her. Yes. She's saying, I'm a normal human. Well, she's... I mean, this is... I mean, if we want to take this in the queer metaphor direction, she's going to be hooked up on a date with a girl a little bit here yeah and uh she's just denying their bisexuality as well yes yes well and, and angel is also definitely bisexual for spike dad i just have a, a ship full of cargo it's yeah <laughs> so full <laughs> get so much more yeah yeah um <laughs> just wait until they choose each other over buffy <laughs> no shit <laughs> buffy who <Yeah. laughs> have to run off and pretend to be interested in her when she's with the immortal just to prove that we're not super gay for each other seriously buffy i mean it's, it becomes buffy who because she, she they can't see her anymore so it's buffy who and notice in that episode they never look at the italian chick's boobs not once that's all i look at i know that's all there is <laughs> that whole episode is italian boobs <laughs> Like, hmm, a good scene. The whole episode is just Italian boobs. She's like my favorite character. Yeah, <laughs> She's the best character. <laughs> Gypsy <laughs> poo. <laughs> Let's speak of them. Uh, Buffy tells him that she's working harder in school and thinking about college. And then she tells him she's seeing someone. Wow. He isn't in enough pain that, for you there, that's Buffy. That's what snaps him out, though. I love that. That's yeah. <laughs> but, but seriously, I mean. Don't, yes, I, I agree that you should not lead the dude on if you don't feel like you can be with him. But maybe something more like, hey, we've been through a lot and I don't feel like we can be together. Like, don't make him think about you being with some other dude. Or there's this chick in town. She's kind of like you a lot. Well, yeah, I mean, that'd be... I mean, he'd he'd always, be much more accepting of that. Isn't I just it a lot, always a lot more comforting when someone leaves you for someone more like you than someone who's not like you? Yeah, it's also comforting when they leave you for somebody who's not your gender because, like, well, there's nothing I can do about that. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know more about that than me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <clears throat> I've, but, I've been left by everybody, pretty much. Um, or somebody <laughs> of, of some other... I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, but let's let's look at this from Angel's. Let me get some Jack Daniels now. Yeah, <laughs> let's look at this from Angel's perspective for just a moment, shall we? Okay, just he had his day of perfect happiness, ending in sex with Buffy. He woke up afterward and knew he was going to lose his soul, so he ran out into the alley. Then he came to in front of a Akatha. <laughs> <laughs> Then Buffy stabbed him <laughs> and he got sucked into a hell dimension for a hundred or so years. Yes. We know from Ricky and Lily in Anne mm-hmm. uh, because the show wouldn't have made a point of this if it didn't relate to Buffy somehow because it's her fucking show. <laughs> how important it is that even after all of that, 
he didn't forget Buffy's name. Uh-huh. And he didn't even have a tattoo to look at like Ricky did. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, Buffy's name Buffy. Buffy's yeah, exactly. Buffy's name is the only well, he would have looked at the like <laughs> the book of Kells winged lion yeah. on the back and we're like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Can vampires get tattoos? Do they heal? What happens to them? What happens? Well, it doesn't matter. I'm he so can't confused. he can't see it in a mirror. He'll never see that tattoo again. <laughs> <laughs> it's a silly place for a vampire to get has, a tattoo. Does I have he even to say. know he has a tattoo? Actually, <laughs> Angel might not. If Angelus got that tattoo, oh my God. <laughs> holy shit! I don't think Angel. <laughs> I don't think Angel knows he has a tattoo. <laughs> I don't think he does. So when Buffy's like, "Nice tattoo," he's like, "What tattoo?" Because. Honestly, I mean, I think we talked about this in Angel the episode, right? It's most likely that Angelus got that tattoo because after Angel, after Angel became Angel with the soul again, he was uh-huh. all mopey and bitchy and right, shit, yeah. and and I don't think he would have stopped to get a tattoo. Yeah, especially not a Celtic one because it would have been like with his roots and everything. Right. It, I mean, this is a full-on book yeah. of Kells Irish tattoo. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> And winged lion, he wouldn't have proclaimed. <laughs> Angelus would have put that on ironically as the winged lion that, yeah. that, that shows the path yeah, and, to God. And, and he was called Angelus because he was the the demon with the. the well, angel yeah, the, the A happened. The A happened yeah. with Angelus because that's mm-hmm. the first time he had an A name because he was Liam before. Right. So, oh my God! Angel has no idea he has a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> and Angelus would have put that on ironically because he's leading the way not towards redemption like the, the winged lion in the book of Kells, right, but right, towards right. damnation so yes. he would have loved it because it yeah. was this, this perversion of a sacred symbol totally angel has no idea he has a tattoo <laughs> <laughs> so every time he sleeps with any woman they're like oh that's a great tattoo he's like what what are you talking I about <laughs> i don't have a tattoo that's on your back well fuck i don't could you sketch it could you sketch it for me <laughs> he doesn't know he has a tattoo That's the funniest fucking thing we've ever come up with. That's fantastic. No idea. No idea. I'm so glad we had to record this episode. It's the best thing we got out of it. That's great. Who knows what's around the corner? (laughs) Okay. So anyway, Uh, so um, (laughs) I gotta regain myself. So. Uh, unlike his tattoo, uh, Buffy's name is the only thing he remembered after he got spit out of the hell dimension, right? With the exception of what pants are, of course. Uh, and now Buffy decides to tell him she has moved on and has a boyfriend. <laughs> and I like that that's what gets him out of his memory. Oh, yeah, that snapped like him out of, that snapped <laughs> him right out of whatever was going on in his Bitch, head. What? So, he, yeah, he whips around to stare at her and then he looks all sad and reaches over to fix her collar and then turns his back again. Let's keep in mind. That she hasn't even given him a minute to bring, drink the blood yet. <laughs> like, yeah. she's withholding the blood. Like, he's, like, hangry and dizzy. And, and having flashbacks and finding yeah. out that she has a boyfriend. And, and I, I mean, I don't, I don't quite understand what they were thinking when they had him fix her collar. But I love it. I love it, too. I love I love that that's, like, he turns around he's, like, oh, you know, appears. Because they're comfortable. It's because they're comfortable together. Yeah, that's I mean, they don't have the fiery passion that she and Faith have, but mm-hmm. they have this lovely, romantic, They might as, they're, comfortable. They have a kind of relationship where you might as well be the same person. Yeah, it's, I mean, where it's you're, it's like, a, you're just, there's no They're completely no comfortable difference. together, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and also, for vampires, if, you, if you're around vampires for a long time, as we know from what we do in the shadows, you can't see your own reflection, so you have to fix each other's outfits. Yes. I love that show so much. <laughs> Snart finally saw that show. Oh my gosh. Yep. I, I made Alex watch it the day before Halloween. While Did he I got laugh my... and laugh and laugh? I had the best 
the best Halloween costume ever. Yes, you did. Yes, I did. Yes, I, I wore a shirt that said vampire. Mm-hmm. Yes, vampire. Vampire. With an arrow. I had to You're now it. vampires. <laughs> that and was Peter. I, and I, mm-hmm. yeah, that was Peter. <laughs> and I work, I work in kind of a call center environment, so I couldn't have fangs in. So I wore fangs around my neck, like the the cheap kind you get from Oriental Trading Company. And then I bought a whole bunch of red Mardi Gras beads, mm-hmm. and I handed them out to people with uh, little name tags that said vampire. So mm-hmm. hello, my name is vampire, vampire, and they could wear those with the red Mardi Gras beads and the teeth around their neck. And so I turned other people into vampires. Yes, as a vampire. Yes, and it was. A hit. Yes. I recommend it. It was the cheapest, most fun you can have for and, Halloween. And you supply the people who do not want to dress up for Halloween with exactly, a costume yes. so, that, so people don't tease them. And, and then a lot they of people alone. really appreciated that. Oh, and I, I also handed it I would have. Oh. I never, I, when I worked at an office, I never dressed up. Right? And I would have really appreciated no that. It was really fun. And a lot of people wore them. It actually looked really good. And then I even get, I put them in a little bag with a little uh, fruit snack, like red fruit snacks. And I crossed out fruit snacks and I wrote blood. Blood. So it was their first blood meal. Good. Anyway, yeah. So while while I put that together, I made Alex watch what we do in the shadows, and it was even funnier the second. Isn't time. it though? It was, especially the werewolves. Oh my god, throwing the thing. Watch it, watch it, watch it. We'll we'll try and do a special breakout episode of it sometime. Oh yeah, because that was so good. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I love also, it because with Thor three coming out, same guy directed Thor three. Yeah, one, well, and I, I mean, I I love it because it's the same campy thing that Drew and Spike had going on. I think I said that yes. when we talked about this movie the first time. Oh yeah, you could drop Drew and Spike in that, and they'd be perfectly <laughs> they at home, just fine. Yeah, they yeah. would have been great. It's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay, back to the show. Yeah, sorry. back to the show. Uh, <clears throat> uh, just to rub it in more, uh, I guess, Buffy tells him all about Scott. She puts special emphasis on how Scott is a nice, solid guy. Whatever. Have you seen how much muscle Angel put on? That's solid. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> even I noticed, for God's sake. <laughs> Looks great. Buffy goes on even more about how Scott makes her happy, and that's what she needs, and that's just a big fucking lie that's just right there. for a, an ironic cut right there. Yeah, because Scott doesn't make her happy. She says she needs someone she can count on. It's not like Angel scampered off to Burning Man. He lost... <laughs> He lost his soul, you know? Like <laughs> yeah, I'm imagining Angel at Burning Man like with Jenny Calendar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How, you know, his little like Yeah, know, his little his, his dance he does on Angel. Yeah, and, yeah. His, his, that, his fantasy dance. Yeah, his fantasy dance. And doing and singing doing Mandy. Mandy. <laughs> yes. But the whole time he would really have just been in a trailer with the door locked because Burning Man is out in the desert where there's sun. Yes. Even at night there's people and, mm. yeah. yeah. And it's it's loud and you never know what kind of weather you're gonna get and we're really close to Burning Man, so we know a lot of people who do it. Tons. Tons of people who do it. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like abject hell. I'm an introvert, man. Fuck that. I'm, I'm an introvert you, who doesn't like the sun. I, I so. want to be told, close your eyes and then be stabbed through the heart by the person I care about the most before I will go to Burning Man. Of course. <laughs> like if I were, if, if I happened to find myself in a hell dimension for a hundred years, it would be Burning Man. Yeah, me too. Yeah. With like people on ecstasy who are trying to kiss you and shit. Yeah. Ew. No. And, and who haven't taken a shower? Yeah. Yeah. And they're all wearing like fuzzy boots and 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 light up outfits and and there's no quiet. There's you can't find quiet mm-hmm. anywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. And it's either hot or cold or one one year it hailed. Yeah. It was like 104 degrees and the next day it was 50 degrees and it hailed. Yeah, I don't know. Mostly the there's a lot of people there. And oh, no. I would yeah. not like that. No, so much no. And then yeah. it's like forever to drive out and you have to take your own stuff. I just right. can't. 
I like getting anxiety just talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll get back to the thing. Okay, yeah. uh, so uh, this this scene reminds me a lot of when Faith will eventually get out of her coma and Buffy will tell her that they forgot about her because they wanted to. Ooh, good the, point. The only difference is that Angel is, is a million years old, which has given him <laughs> a much more zen outlook on things. So he won't huck a drawer full of silverware at Buffy's head. <laughs> As much as he may want to right now. Yeah, well, he, the only thing he has to throw is the blood that he really wants to drink. And right, that's exactly. just not appropriate. Well, and he's behavior. just too chill for that. No, yeah. She's yeah. gonna try with. She's gonna try this exact same thing with Faith and getting very not so much with the Zen results at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like she's gonna unleash a scary tiger. Yes. <laughs> who who well, just sleep with her boyfriend? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She takes her body. Oh, takes her body. Does things to it takes it out of the town and fucks her boyfriend with it. And Buff and Faith will not be completely unjustified in this because Buffy told her they forgot about her because they wanted to. Not just imagining (laughs) Angelus seducing Riley. (laughs) That'd actually be kind of hot. It would be actually really hot. I'd watch that. Yeah. I'd actually watch, I'd actually very much enjoy Riley in that part. Yeah. No, I mean, seeing him like reconcile with the fact that he's a little gay. Yeah. For Angelus. Well, Forrest. Well, I mean, he called... Forrest. Forrest. So much Forrest. Forrest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't see the, the forest for the what? Yeah. Forest for the homosexuals. <laughs> Can't see the homosexuals in the forest yeah. who are all in the forest. Mm-hmm. The homosexual forest. Yes. Where is that? I want to... Never mind. <laughs> but yeah, that that would be fantastic. Where is... Does anybody know where the homosexual forest is? I will be there. <laughs> If someone could write the fiction, the fanfic of Angela seducing Riley for me. Yes. Info at diogenesclubpodcast.com. Pretty please. Please. We would love that. That would be awesome. <laughs> or even just Angel. Yeah. Because Angel. they're they the whole fight. Oh, yeah. Meow. Yeah. Billowy coat, king of pain. Yeah, exactly. Riley, I don't like him. Mm-hmm. I don't like or him. Or do I? <laughs> I don't like Spike either. <laughs> yeah, we know how that yeah. goes. <laughs> Thin line between love and hate. Yep. <laughs> and I mean, I think the show agrees with us mm-hmm. and how bad Buffy's behavior is here. Yes. Uh because we whip pan to Scott breaking up with her. <laughs> <laughs> well well, I mean I did notice he's wearing a little bit of Buffy blue and it may not have any significance at all, but I think it might. So if if it does have a significance, what do you think the significance is? I think the significance is that her queer self knows what she's up to and knows that they shouldn't be together. Yeah. Because he's that. super gay. Yeah, well, it's about time to ask Faith on a date, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, and, and I love, I mean, how many times do we see Buffy chase people when she shouldn't? I mean, even down to Riley, her heart talks her into it. Mm-hmm. But she even chases Riley to a helicopter, right? <laughs> she sure does. And and as, as Alex pointed out in this last walkthrough, mm-hmm. walkthrough, watch through, mm-hmm. that's all. I mean, we, we take enough time for us to watch an extra walk through the screen when Faith, <laughs> when, when he walks away. Right. And then we, like, move all the way back to the next row of walkers and right. continue the fade out of him moving. And then we have the binocular cut. Right. So Buffy. this is her just watching him right. walk away <laughs> for, like, ten minutes. It's true. I mean, Buffy, <laughs> if nothing else, Buffy is an extremely bad breaker-upper. Yes. She stabs people <laughs> or she chases after them just she's, to get them back for no she's reason. She's what we might call a last word freak. I would completely agree with that. Yes. Yeah. She gets the last word and then she stabs you if she really loves you. <laughs> and she just watches Hope. Scott Hope. <laughs> I've had schnapps. <laughs> <She's> just... 
Yes. Take yeah. take two. <laughs> she just watches Scott Hope walk away. Yeah, she does. I mean, perhaps she has a feeling that Faith is going to ask her out. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> or something. I mean, or that the... she's going to tempt Faith I mean, to ask her out. I will out. say that Faith is a lot more valuable than Hope as a mental state. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. As, as the mayor might well, point out later. I mean, because Hope really just lets you down. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Hope's a little gay. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a tad. Yeah. Yes. But it does, it does tend to let one down. Hope yes, is yes. a... Yeah, hope is a, it's it's bad yeah. if you if nothing and, good and, happens. And, it's and, very disappointing. It's nice when someone has all your faith. Yeah, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that'll come up later. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> uh, Buffy is still in meek and mild mode, so she asks where she was when all this happened. <laughs> Scott explains that Buffy seemed like a force of nature before they started going out, and now she's distracted. Can mm-hmm. I just say this is very common. Guys love it when a woman's all independent, and then they give up their independence for, you know... Because the guy encourages it. Yeah, and they actually, like, want you to make time for them, so they're like, hey, can we find time to hang out? Well, especially, I mean, Scott presented his idiot friends to his girlfriend as an example of how she was supposed to behave. Yeah. I mean, I've had this happen to me a few times, where people are like, well, I really liked you before we started dating. I'm like... Well, I had to make time for you. I had to get rid of something in my schedule. One, like, what was I supposed to give up? Macrame? Like what? Well, and this was, and this is universal from what I've observed of the straight relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, chicks do this to dudes just as much as dudes do this to chicks. Yes. Because <laughs> chicks will be like, why are you hanging out with your friends? You got to hang out with me, blah, blah, blah. And then I can't believe you. You just want to hang out with me all the time. It's exactly the same thing on both sides. Like yeah. everybody does this a lot. Yes. It's very frustrating. Because <laughs> it's like, what the fuck do you want? And what now you you're want? pissed because I'm here all the time, but you made me not hang out with my friends. That's what I get for having hope. <laughs> yeah. Basically, it's much better <laughs> than hope. Yes. Hotter, too. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of giving Scott a Slayer goodbye, and, and I've noticed that those <laughs> involve stabbing, so yeah. <laughs> it really is a shame he doesn't he's, get one. He's not uh, deserving. Yeah. Uh, Buffy tries to explain that uh, she will be better soon. Immediately, in fact, she's going to change herself until he likes her. Aye. Not the first or last time Buffy will do that for a human boyfriend either. Scott says he's <laughs> really sorry, and we know that this is all just a case of him finding someone else. So blah blah right. blah bullshit. Surely Scott... this girl can make me straight. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he walks off and leaves Buffy standing by herself and being watched through a pair of binoculars. Also, her outfit is like she tried to shove herself into a girl burrito. A uh, straight girl like, burrito, yeah. yeah. Straight, the yeah, the, so the idea of what a straight girl should be. Well, we, and yeah. we uh, we were talking about this uh, <laughs> while we were watching the episode. Uh, do y'all remember we talked about when Buffy comes back in Dead Man's Party and she's such a badass in, in Anne, right? And she takes on oh, like yeah. 10 demons and she kicks her fucking asses all by herself. <laughs> yeah, and then she fun. Exactly. And she yeah. loves it. And it's so fucking good. And she's wearing like just like a, she's wearing like a hoodie with like like cargo pants. <laughs> and she's, it's completely practical and a little mm-hmm. butchy. Sneakers. And sneakers, yeah. And then we saw, we watch her right before she gets in a fight with, a, with one vampire and needs her friends to help her. Mm-hmm. One fucking vampire and not to demons she we we pointed out how her outfit her her an outfit her la adult outfit her mm-hmm. bisexual outfit by curious outfit those shoes are definitely by curious outfit <laughs> um <laughs> is being devoured by a fluffy sweater. <laughs> yes. 
And that, that's what's kind of happening here. Like, I mean, the makeup has plenty of time to fix everything. And, and her, like, ruffly pink sweater she is has been like, Yeah, since, I mean, since she got like, back, she has uh, been trying to force herself in these outfits yes. that are not practical for slaying at yeah. all. This isn't even She's like... wearing heels. It's, it's not even... I mean, in season one and a lot of season two, she was wearing the short skirt, which mm-hmm. seems silly. But if you're kicking a vampire in the face, a short skirt yeah. is perfect. I mean, if you don't care if a vampire sees your nun when you're kicking him in the she's face... She's got like, panties on. Great. She's fine. I mean, she's got yeah. panties. No, it's great. You you just shove that I mean, shit up. And it's the last thing they're going to see is your narn coming at yeah. them, you know, when you kick him in the face and well, I mean, stick him. You know me. I wear I wear shorts and skirts and boots all the time. Right. And it's very practical for self-defense. Because a, a, a longer skirt is going to get in the way of your kicking. Yes. Unless you, you uh, have slits up the sides. Right. Which, which might play cor- into this episode. Cordy would be wearing, yes. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is... Especially since... Um, the previous episode, Buffy's been trying to be as straight as possible because <laughs> there's a really hot girl over there. <laughs> She's trying to be what she sees as, as straight as possible and as femmy as possible. Yes. And because there's a really hot girl over there and she's not ready to deal with that yet because there's a really hot girl over there. Yeah, so yeah she's yeah. wearing a lot more like knee length skirts and uh-huh. things like that. And well, and just frilly, fluffy. Yeah. But, th- but this outfit in particular, it looks like that uh, the girl trying to devour the Slayer because she has like a white tank top and, yes. and khakis on and then heels and this weird frilly pink thing. The wedges are weird. Yeah, the wedges you can't, are weird. You can't slay vampires in wedges. She's just been sneaking into Cordelia's closet. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, a couple of Teutonic guys who are dressed in, in <laughs> Riley's future wardrobe are <laughs> are spying on her from a van that's outfitted with an impressive amount of technology. They send video of Buffy to a guy in a wheelchair and he asks Mr. Trick, yay, who's dressed all in red. I love him so much. He's so stylish. Uh, if this is a gal they're looking for. Uh, Mr. Trick confirms that Buffy is indeed the target. That was quite the impressive pre-credit sequence, I have to that say. Was just cold open. The credits are happening right now. Yeah, it, it took us quite a while to get there. But... Yeah, I, I don't think we've had a pre-credits sequence uh, that's this long since out of sight, out of mind. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when we come back from the credits, we are in City Hall, and the ill-fated Alan Finch is looking very nervous. Yes. <laughs> And he and, should be too, because it's the mayor. <laughs> Double yay! And and you know he's going to be important because we don't get his face first off; we get his torso. Right. And uh, welcome, Richard. Yes, he's so much fun, Mr. Wilkins. Uh, mayor Richard Wilkins the third and the second and, and first, the first. Yes, is uh, washing his hands as he yes. does. Uh, Alan Finch apologizes for bothering the mayor and gives him an Interpol file on Frederick and Hans Grunstaller the guys who were spying on Buffy from the van. They're uh, wanted in Germany for various offenses, including murder, terrorism, and the bombing of Flight 1402. So <laughs> these are some seriously bad dudes, and also humans. Uh, and we shouldn't hold it against Buffy when she totally, completely kills them later in the episode. She makes them kill them, each other. Doesn't matter. You're okay. <laughs> you might as well say Ted is a robot. She kills them, but, but it's, <laughs> it's okay to kill really, really bad humans. Mm-hmm. Who are trying to kill you. Yeah, we're going to find that out when Angel goes to the adult world. Yes. That it's okay to kill really bad humans. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because humans are not that fucking special. <laughs> the mayor, delightfully, sniffs the copied page, <laughs> distracting Ellen from Just his apologies. That he might not be normal. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> he distracts Ellen from his apologies for not being more timely with the information. The mayor asks Ellen to show him his hands and concludes that Ellen needs a dose of compulsive hand washing. Because they could be cleaner. Take a note, just take a note, Mm -hmm. of the letter opener on his desk. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Chekhov's letter opener? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's another drink. Oh, yeah. For sure. 
Uh, Ellen stammers that he did wash them, but agrees because the mayor is a scary dude. The ominous <laughs> music agrees. <laughs> uh, the mayor lectures him about washing after every meal and under his fingernails. Dirt gets trapped there and germs and mayonnaise. <laughs> He tells Alan that his mother told him cleanliness is next to godliness, and I believed her. Um, foreshadowing would like to point out that <laughs> <laughs> also involved in godliness is eating wicked gross spiders. And I wonder if his mom told him about that, too. I wouldn't doubt anything in the Wilkins family. Yeah. Uh, apparently his mom never caught a cold either, and now I'm wondering if she's also immortal or what the fuck the deal is there. Uh, he snaps back from crazy town with a crazy laugh and tells Alan to put the Groomstallers under surveillance and let him know if any colorful characters have come to town. Well, they're two vampire slayers and a vampire with a soul. <laughs> Should I go on? Or? Okay. Uh, Alan is relieved to get back to business and assures the mayor that he'll take care of it. The mayor says, you have all my faith. And that line helps Snard figure out who the mayor is in Greek mythology. Yes. So we're very, very excited about that. Snard, should we reveal now? Yes, we should. Okay. Uh, Hera. Mm -hmm. This would be Hera. Uh, Hera of Hera and Heracles, the yes, person yes. who makes Heracles, uh, a.k.a. Faith. Go crazy. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and, and puts him to task and makes him do a whole bunch of things. And... Um, Yes, mm -hmm. precisely. So the parentage, the mother, would have been a titan. Yes, Hera's mother was a titan. Probably never caught a cold. No, definitely not. Mm -hmm. uh, and Hera is also a titan. So is Zeus. So very interesting. Mm -hmm. Just very, very interesting mm -hmm. uh, metaphors working here, which means that the mayor is a woman. So we have to keep that in mind. I, I mean, he's, he's ex I mean... And a family man, because Hera... Note that the... the Mayor Wilkins really goes into, I'm a family man. I don't do that. I don't cheat on anybody. Like, as far as we know, yeah, like, uh, his wife died way back when. Of old age, yeah. Of old age. While he watched. But he hasn't slept with anybody since. It definitely He's seems still that married. way. Right. And Hera was the goddess of the home and the hearth mm -hmm. and the family and fidelity. Well, and which is why is... it was such an offense that Zeus ran around so much. <laughs> right. Well, it, it's, um, I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's misdirected and all patriarchal craziness but he is he is so sweet with faith and mm -hmm. loves her so much he well, is absolutely maternal with her heracles was named for hera mm -hmm. i mean Gloria and, it's, and hera that's, a, and that's a bit of a flip because in the myth of course the hera hates heracles and does all these mm -hmm. things well, but eventually does come around yeah you know eventually does come around to liking heracles after driving him crazy and making him kill his family yeah, true yeah. Um, but Richard, I mean, he loves Faith the second he sees her. He's like, this is yeah. a great daughter. I love her so much. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, yeah. Well, it's, it's the same kind of inversion as Hades trying to live in the overland for Persephone instead of Persephone going to Hades. Yeah. Well, and he, I mean, he, of course, continues with threatening her and like scaring her and stuff. Yes. But yeah, but that's, I mean, that's who he is. He is Hera. Oh, and, yeah. and he's, and he's the one who makes Heracles, Heracles go, you know, go crazy and do the, mm. <laughs> You just can't stop with the, the faith and puppy yeah. though. <laughs> uh, but no, he—I mean, he's the one who—I who, mean, he makes faith go crazy, mm -hmm. and and uh, that's and that's completely completely in line with Greek mythology. Yes, definitely. I mean, they, the timeline they messed with is faith is already set on her labors because they didn't have time to compress them. Yeah, they really didn't. But they had so they had to, they had to start her on them early. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, faith is to a certain degree already crazy by the time she gets to town. Yeah, just not the crazy. This well. Yeah, we did talk about that later. And yeah, we'll, really we we'll get down. into that later. But yeah, I mean, there's there's a certain. I wouldn't say she's crazy yet. She's crazy mm -hmm. when she gets the the final rejection from from Buffy and yes. goes all selfish banal obsession. Uh, she, 
just a free spirit until mm-hmm. then, kind of, and yeah. loves being a slayer. Well, I, I might, I'm, I'm still investigating it, but I might have evidence that Mayor Wilkins made sure that Faith came to town. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I've I, seen that. I, I think might, I've seen that too. <laughs> yeah, I might have that with taquitos and a few other things. Yeah, so. I, I think I've, I've seen that as well. And particularly, even this, just this line drop you have on my Faith, it's like, mm-hmm. well, you're going to get killed by her. Like, I've seen this happen. Is, I know how it's going to go. It's a really conspicuous line drop. Mm-hmm. And that letter opener is right there. Yeah, and it's gonna I mean it's gonna pop back up when when in uh enemies. Mm-hmm. Enemies? Enemies. Yeah. Yep. Yep. When Angelus very, plays with it. Exactly. When yeah. she when Faith brings Angelus to meet the mayor. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's like it's like the mayor has decided how it's all gonna go yes. and has has stacked this up, which is something that Hera would have done. Yes. Um so yeah, it, it, this is an, a really interesting relationship. I love the mayor. I love that we have a female in a male space mm-hmm. or a male in a female space, whichever way yep. you want to play it. Um, I love it. I oh, love so the great. shit out of it. He's one of the better bad guys on television ever in the world. Yes. Well, yeah. and also if, if we look at if if we look at the Watchers Council as Zeus, as the incarnation mm-hmm. of Zeus, and then Hera as the ill-gotten gains. Right. Yeah. To well, be and, controlled. And he's and he's a mirror for Giles. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, we, we've talked about this quite a bit, and we'll continue to in the future. Uh, <laughs> you know, <if> <laughs> we episode. might know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we, we've talked about it. If If Giles had been able to open up to Faith, she would have had the, the dad she craved, mm-hmm. the, the parent she craved, and she never, this never would have happened. Right. She never would have been vulnerable to Richard. Um, Which is interesting, he, because Zeus is the parentage of Heracles. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's this mirror, like, poor Faith, of course, always gets the shit into the stick. So mm-hmm. she ends up with the dad who turns her evil and insane where Buffy has, because he's doing the, the patriarchal 50s kind of fucking thing. Right. Uh, he does, I mean, miniature golf same as Ted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if, if Buffy's dad had ended up being Ted instead of Giles, she would have ended up in this situation too. Yes. It's the thin line that separates them. Mm-hmm. So, but Buffy ends up with Giles who empowers her and Faith ends up with Richard Wilkins who, well, dominates her. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's, this is a statement that Joss Whedon has actually interviewed about that he was extremely explicit about that and extremely intentional about that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's, he's very anti-patriarchy that way, which, yes. you know, it's, awesome. I mean, and as he pointed out in Go Fish, it's bad for everybody, not yeah. just chicks. Yeah. The patriarchy but, is bad for everybody. Everybody. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Watch Go Fish again. If you yeah. doubt us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> we might need to do a retrospective on Go Fish at some point. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I like would, that episode now. I don't know what's wrong with I me. I know, right? Like I, I think I think I would love to go back to Go Fish when we're almost done with all of this. Like Yeah, we, I mean I, I didn't like it when I thought it was Buffy was a victim of anything because it's ridiculous. Right. She's a fucking vampire slayer. But but seeing it now, the way we we watched it, mm-hmm. where the guys are the victim of it, it's saying so much that's subversive and awesome. Well I see I think we should go back and, and do Go Fish again. Um when Caleb comes on the scene. Oh, that's a good idea. I would love to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. Remind us if we forget to do that. Remind us info at diagonalclubpodcast.com. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, foreshadowing at this point is exhausted, and uh, is going out to wash its hands and get a sandwich, and then wash its hands again. As he leaves, Ellen Finch looks rather terrified, as he should be, because he's fucked. Yes. At school, it's class picture day, and we see Buffy's friends' personalities rather brilliantly characterized in a in a little montage. Yes. Wait a um, minute. Wait a minute. Finch is like canary. Canary is the coal mine. Can it, like oh yeah. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Yes. Montage. I've had schnapps. Cordy is all apex predator smiles. Xander is cheesy false bravado. 
Willow is perky until she drops the perky routine and worries, worries more about what the photographer is doing, and Oz is indifferent to the whole process. <laughs> <laughs> All done with that, Willow tells Xander that he needs to help her pick out a dress for the dance. She's hoping for a semi-enthusiastic O from Oz, which, which, uh, which is all you can really aspire to. Uh, it's interesting that Buffy isn't helping with the outfit. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Willow does consider Buffy to be her best friend, well, as she we, has said. If we flash back to Becoming Part 1, mm-hmm. uh, Cordelia was surrounded by chick friends helping her get ready. Oh, that was um, Out of Mind, Out of Sight. Oh, was it now? Okay, never mind. So if we flash back to Out of Mind, Out of Sight. Huh? The May Queen. Yes. Yes. To, to Cordelia being the May Queen, she was surrounded by girls helping her get ready. Yes. Um, this is a girl job. Yes. This is a girl job. As this is this is the yes, this is the territory of the same sex best friends. Yes. Yes. It's um I mean <laughs> it's it's exactly the kind of thing Willow was all pissed at Buffy about missing when she was yelling at her in Dead Men's Party. Hmm. And uh and that was just fine for Xander to do this. What was the point of yelling at Buffy as Xander's gonna do this kind of thing? And okay, it Maybe would, she it wants would... to sleep with both of them. Yeah. Well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perhaps. Uh <laughs> She would explain why she hates Faith so much later on. That might play into something yeah. com- that we will record soon, but you mm-hmm. won't hear for a while. Exactly. <laughs> um, but honestly, it would make more sense for Cordy and Willow to be trying on dresses together than Xander and Willow. Yes. Yes. Because they're in that little foursome of couple uh-huh. of friends. Yeah. So they they should uncouple together and couple together and do all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it makes much more sense. It makes more sense for anybody Anyone except for Willow and Xander. It makes more sense for Oz to be in the room than Xander. Yeah. This isn't a wedding. You can see her before the fucking dance. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Unless you have something planned and up your sleeve that you want to try out. Yeah. Like the outfit? Yeah, that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. No. Uh, (laughs) But this sticks out quite a bit. And... um, We'll discuss the theory a little bit later, right? Not oh, right? yes, I have a yeah. theory. Yes, indeed. It may be witches. Uh, so Xander agrees and says he's got uh, just got a tux to worry about. He's sure he'll, he'll, uh, he'll look hot in it if it fits. He asks Cordy what she's up to, and she says she's scoping out her competition for Homecoming Queen. The competitors with Cordy's commentary are <laughs> Holly Charleston, nice girl, brain dead, doesn't have a prayer, and Michelle Blake, open to all mankind, especially those with Letterman's jacket and a car. She could give me a run. <laughs> <laughs> I resent her having my name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Oz arrives and Willow worries that Buffy is going to miss having her yearbook picture taken. Indeed. Xander, <laughs> uh, Xander tells them that Buffy and Faith are in the library getting all sweaty. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, not the way we'd hope. Yeah. Uh, Cordy says they're training. That's a shame. <laughs> Xander says he stands by his phrase. So and, uh, they both know. Right. Well, we, we, we see, have seen, see, mm-hmm. see, evidence. Yes. See, <laughs> eventually we see evidence that Cordy knows too. Yes. Because Cordy is the one in, it's Revelations, right? I think so. With the, uh, I have a date? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes, uh, yes. Cordy in Revelations um, is very uh, non-gender specific when she's asking Buffy who she's seeing mm-hmm. as a potential new love interest. Indeed. It's pretty clear that Xander and Cordy have talked about this, and they think there's something going on yes. with the Slayers. Well, and Xander's the first one to notice it. Yeah, well, and... and Way and, back in Faith, Hope, and Trick, he's like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah we, we pointed out his expression when, when Faith was supposedly flirting with Scott Hope. 
uh, but really getting intel. Yeah. And Xander looked at Buffy like, oh, dude, I'm so sorry. You're all fucked up right now. Yeah. He, g- he gave her the pouty I'm sorry face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we're just glad that someone sees what we're seeing, even if they're joking around. Thanks, Buffy's heart. <laughs> Oz says Buffy wasn't there It wasn't there when they announced school picture day And asks Buffy's friends If any of them told her about it Of course they didn't course because, because they suck Yeah. Uh, Cordy offers to tell Buffy And none of them should have let her do this Because there's somewhere around A 2% chance Cordelia is going to follow through This is like sending Xander to tell Buffy Not to kill Angel Right he this just said like... <laughs> he just said he hates Angel wants him to die. Why would you fucking send yeah. him to It's, like, it's the same thing. We are sending the wrong person to do the wrong job. Yeah, and uh Willow Not the last time. Hey Willow, would you like to make sure your supposed best friend knows about something that is important to her? Maybe just call her on the phone and tell her it isn't picture day and you aren't going to do any soul rest- soul restoration either. <laughs> Speaking of that episode yeah <clears throat> whatever <laughs> <laughs> hey buffy it's not picture day that's what willow would do uh-huh. <laughs> cordy says that she also needs an ice pack and xander's all worried until she tells him it's to keep her pores all shrunken and then as she walks away he keeps his hand where she was in that yeah. very cartoony <laughs> like so cute what <laughs> in the library the slayers are indeed a bit sweaty <laughs> Faith is delighted at what being dumped does to Buffy's superpowers, though she may be more delighted that Buffy was dumped, period. Yeah, she seems to be. And now, um, though we're pretty sure we've identified some places where subtext has already become text, we have the scene in which subtext absolutely (laughs) becomes text. (laughs) Faith compliments Buffy's new edge, and Buffy is sad that she's edge girl now. Faith likes Edge Girl and sees that Buffy is all sad about being dumped and says exactly what someone needs to hear after they've been dropped like a hot potato. Something that Buffy's friends should have told her. Faith says, screw him. You move on, you party heavily, and you'll be fine. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Faith asks if Buffy is still going to the dance and Buffy is very lukewarm about it. So Faith asks her on a date. There is no subtext. <laughs> there is 0.0 subtext. Zero. And Faith is wearing denim shorts with no tights and knee-high boots. Lace-up boots. Which is, is awesome because it's not only badass, it's also, it also shows that Faith is adapting her existing wardrobe to work out with Buffy. Uh-huh. It, yeah, and great costuming. Very gay. Very oh, so, it's so hard. The, the, just, yeah. the production coding is just <laughs> thick. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just bat it away from your eyes. <laughs> yeah. We, we make sure that the camera catches the boots because she does that. Uh, well, and these are cross. Faith's boots. Yes. Like, we don't, we usually see those under pants. Mm-hmm. When just the badass bottom sticking out with the soles yeah. all being all badass. These are the boots. They go all uh-huh. the way up to her knees. Yep. <laughs> like. Uh, so, <laughs> Faith uh, sees that Buffy is single now, and so she asks her to homecoming. That is what happens in this scene. Mm-hmm. You're single. Would you like to go to homecoming with me? Well, Buffy already bought the tickets. Sure did. Uh, Buffy also knows that she's just been asked on a, a date. Sarah Michelle Geller shows us in this scene that Buffy knows Faith is asking her out. Mm-hmm. Compare it to this scene in Prophecy Girl, where she reject, rejects Xander's invitation. There, Buffy was all, this is horribly awkward, and no, I don't feel that way about you. And here, 
She gives a little half smile that her friends told her about. <laughs> That's the thing that indicates that Buffy is romantically interested in someone. Mm -hmm. So Buffy does the little half smile. She blushes and she's yes. clearly flattered. She even does the, well, maybe. <laughs> and yeah. She, yeah. <laughs> but no studs. Well, maybe. Exactly. And Faith, seeing that Buffy might be uncomfortable, does the thing that every girl who has ever asked a girl of undetermined sexuality on a date <laughs> does and throws out the plausible diversion of, oh, well, we can pick up some guys like in a heterosexual way, if that makes you feel better. <laughs> and Buffy says that she's all for going to homecoming with Faith, but should get back to her on the picking up of guys it, part. Just in case Faith isn't gay, too. Right. They're, just, they're playing just, the game. They're, they're both yeah, they're both, they're, like, they're both reading out we, of the handbook of girls who kiss we? girls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and seriously, compare that scene to the one with Xander. The mm -hmm. difference in Buffy's level of interest is about as big as it could possibly be. Yes. The show has given us all the information we need to make the comparison. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they finish with Buffy saying, probably not to Faith's offer of picking up studs. And then giving Faith a really, really, really flirty look. So flirty. Yes, <laughs> that look. <laughs> More flirty than anything she gives anybody else, maybe ever. It's really flirty. Yeah. Maybe she gave Angel that kind of look be right before they had sex. I think <laughs> possibly when he gives her his leather jacket and says it looks better on her. Yeah. And then I think the only other person who gets something quite that flirty is Principal Wood, who's yeah. also a girl. Yes. Well, well, you know, the son of a slayer, which is girl. Yes. yes. Girl. girl enough for Faith to sleep with him. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's very flirty. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> then we don't, of course, hear the end of the conversation uh, because uh, we can see it from Cordy's POV now. And predictably, <laughs> Cordy doesn't make it into the library to tell Buffy about class pictures because she's distracted by a couple of undecided voters. Buffy it could have been anything shiny at this point, really. Oh, yeah, because you her. don't send Cordy to deliver this message, you guys. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Buffy's friends are so bad at this game. Yes. The send people to the right places are, game. Are Buffy's friends good at any game? Fucking over Buffy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good game. <laughs> Bring Buffy back from the dead against her will. <laughs> that game? Yeah. Yep. The fucking over Buffy game. Uh -huh. The not being yeah. able to tell the difference between Buffy and a robot game. They're good at that yes, game. Yes, they are. They're really good at get that game. Like, twice they're good at that game. I know. Um, the not being able to tell the difference between Buffy possessed by faith and Buffy game. <laughs> yes, that too. <laughs> uh, the... It was really different. It was really, really fucking different. Oh, gosh. Well, and as we'll find out soon, the uh, I cast a spell on you game. Oh, yeah. Yes. They're bad at a lot of games. <laughs> Noticing that the Slayers are practically having sex with each other game. Yeah, they're bad at that. Well, except Xander and Cordy, but only Xander with Cordy is good at that game. Mm -hmm. yeah. Xander, uh, when he has no Cordy, is bad at that game. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they need the shadow self. <laughs> they, <laughs> they need a Cordy as the shadow, or former shadow self at this point, uh -huh. to yeah. tell them what's going on with Buffy. Yes. It's really sad. Well, this is Cordy's true exit, this episode is, of the shadow self. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, it is. It, it is Trading Places Slayer Edition. Yeah, and, and uh, Cordy becoming her own person. Yes. Mm -hmm. which if you haven't seen... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, this pop filter works. Pop filter. 
if you haven't seen Trading Places, oh, it is God. basically the Prince and the Popper with uh, with Eddie Murphy. It's so good. If you ha- okay, so, are there Murphy people out there who have not seen Trading well, yes, Places? Yes, because there are people who were born after 1992 in the world. Sweet merciful, merciful Jesus! I you know. all need to go and watch that movie so immediately. Good. It is so good. They're the one of the best. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. And you're not going to believe us when you see the wardrobe, but just watch it. Watch it and love it. Yes. So good. Yeah. It's so good. It really is, and it, it it's the Prince and the Popper. Yes. Right. It, it's all the way back to. Charles Dickens. <laughs> yes. And, and, and before. <laughs> yes. Probably Greek myth, I would think. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. there, there is a bit of that as well. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how I forgot Charles Dickens. Sort of a Midas touch kind of thing. Oh, hmm, that's uh-huh. interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, uh, yes. Buffy catches up with the teacher and asks for the non-Giles recommendation letter that Snyder told her she would need in order to stay in school. The teacher has no earthly idea who Buffy is. <laughs> Buffy even describes where she sat in the class, but that doesn't ring any bells either. The class, by the way, was contemporary American heroes, from Amelia Earhart to Maya Angelou, and I suspect that the teacher rather glaringly omitted Buffy, Slayer of the Vampires, <laughs> from her curriculum. Yes. Also, Buffy, not Buffy, now. Like, really costume, weird, not Buffy. Right. Like, super girly girl. With girl- so like, girly girl. This is, these are the colors I wore as, like, Eight years old. Yeah, it's it's really really girly girl. Yeah, this is the compared girl to, and with we saw the her unicorn canopy over her bed. Yeah, we home. we saw that when we saw the true Buffy in Anne. Mm-hmm. We know that was the true Buffy because she was on her own with nobody mm-hmm. to look at her. That outfit was very similar to what she was just barely wearing with Faith two seconds ago. Mm-hmm. That is the true Buffy. Mm-hmm. And now she's wearing like a pink sweater over a purple dress. Sure is. It's really close to what. Uh, New Mrs. Gorch. Yeah. We'll be wearing. Yes. And um, uh, Willow. A little and, bit. Yeah, and, and Willow. But I mean this is a this is a This girl. is a fluffy kind of a very fluffy outfit. This is she stole it from Harmony. Yeah. That's the only explanation. <laughs> well Harmony though wears those awesome uh matching Oxford shoes and shit like that. Like, yeah. Not even yeah. Harmony goes this far. It's true. She wears unicorns and shit, but they're practically unicorns. <laughs> They're practical glitter unicorns. Okay. Yeah. Practical unicorn is another drink we need. <laughs> Blondie bear? I'm writing it. Down. Yeah. Uh, Buffy says it was the class that changed her life, and we can definitely understand why learning about her other contemporary heroes was meaningful to her. The teacher asks if Buffy missed a lot of classes and is still unable to remember her name, even though it's a rather ear-catching name in general. <laughs> And Buffy mentions it not 30 seconds ago. <laughs> so I'm going to tell Buffy that the teacher may have some memory issues that have nothing to do with her. Yeah, I think it might be Hellmouth related. Yeah. Something's wrong with that teacher. Mm-hmm. She has a spell put on her. Maybe Willow fucks something up maybe, in her vicinity. Maybe Mayor Wilkins. Amy. Amy. Oh, Amy. If Amy, Because Amy <sighs> is turning in homework, homework that doesn't exist. That's true. Could be Amy. It could be anybody. Anybody, <laughs> any fucking buddy that's Jonathan. Jonathan, yeah, yeah, like could, Tucker, Warren, whoever the fuck he is, yeah. Tucker, Tucker, or Andrew, Andrew, yeah, yep. Poor teacher, <laughs> <laughs> you better get out of that fucking school, girlfriend. <laughs> She's like putting salt in her coffee. Her like, name is Buffy. Yeah, not hello, <laughs> <laughs> Bunny. Yeah. If she said that, we would know what she was. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that'll come yeah. up later. Uh, in the cafeteria, Buffy is having a mope uh, with her equally mopey friends. As Cordy, and no food in front of her. 
Well, Faith's not around, so you know. I know there's not even a tray. <laughs> like I said before, well, there's the, not even the last a time she tried to eat, Scott ate? told her, "Wow." <laughs> Aples and bananas. My goodness, <laughs> my drawl just—that <laughs> was—that was, was a drawl. That was a yeah. That's, that was like a confluence of drawls. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> but remember, the last time Buffy tried to eat, <laughs> the last time she brought over a tray of her own choosing of Jello, mm-hmm. Scott basically told her she sucked. So she's still recovering from this whole weird heteronormative bullshit yeah, so that Scott was trying to smack. She can't eat a cookie. Smack. She can't eat it. So she just doesn't even bring a tray. And then right. her heart is like poking at his chicken wings. Yeah. Which just made me want chicken, which is why we got chicken Because they want Faith and they can't have her and it's sad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as, uh, as Cordy campaigns in the foreground, Buffy tells Willow, Oz, and Xander how bummed she is that her favorite teacher has no idea she even existed. Uh, remembering Marcy from Out of Mind, Out of Sight, she asks Oz if she's invisible, <laughs> and he confirms that she is not, because <laughs> she's a really scary vampire slayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffy lists her former popular girl resume bullet points, prom princess, fiesta queen, cheerleader. She even featured heavily in the yearbook, and now she's only going to have one measly little crappy picture, and Xander breaks the news to her that she's not even to have that. Buffy... Asks when this alleged photography, allegedly, it took place. (laughs) And Oz tells her it happened yesterday. Willow asks if Cordy told Buffy about it. And of course she didn't, you dingbats. You couldn't make sure Buffy got that message. Seriously. All of you, troop down together. Just follow up a couple, like an hour later and say, hey, Buffy, did you live with the picture? She might be able Mm -hmm. to catch the dude with the picture. Yeah. They can go suck it. Of course, in a real school, they have retake day. You can, okay, in a real school, you can go get a professional photo taken and submit it to the yearbook. It's true, which is I, I had to do that because I couldn't wear the drape, and they wouldn't let me have my picture. With you couldn't the, wear the... Never mind. I wore, <laughs> I wore a dress to picture day, uh-huh. and the drape showed the dress, uh-huh. and so it wasn't good enough, because uh-huh. apparently I had to get undressed to take my senior photo. Oh, yeah, we all had to change that yeah. horrible drape thing. It yeah. was still warm from the previous person. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't get to do that. I didn't have to do that, I should say, um, because I was wearing a dress and I couldn't. And um, I wasn't willing to, like, pull it down and tuck it into my bra just to take a photo because I was one of those people who thought independently. Um, so I had to go to Candid, Kitty Candids. Is that what it was called? Yeah, Kitty Candids and get my senior photos taken there because they would not take my photo without the drape. And I'm still at, because I didn't have the drape, I am at the back of the senior photos because I didn't fit in, which is actually fitting for my life. I wore the drape and gave zero fucks, which is also fitting for my life. You had a really good expression in yours. You're like, are you kidding? Because I gave zero fucks. Yeah. Zero fucks were given. Zero fucks is a good way to live life. Right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I give a lot more than zero, by the way. <laughs> About that. <clears throat> uh, Buffy is pissed at Cordelia, even though she should be more pissed at her other friends, who should be more than familiar with needing to grade Cordy on a curve by now. Cordy tries to win Buffy's vote with flattery and about her outfit, but Buffy denies her. Cordy says, <laughs> then make it snappy. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy asks why she didn't get the message about the photos, and Cordy doesn't really remember not telling Buffy about it, and then asks what the big deal is. Honestly, I'm, I'm pretty sure the better way for Buffy to go about this would have been to uh, asking about a retake. <clears throat> yeah. But that's not the point. The point is that Cordy doesn't think about someone who isn't Cordy herself. 
Well, well, yes, Buffy. Have you two met? <laughs> also, Cordelia just doesn't understand why anybody who has superpowers would care about a yearbook. Exactly. And Cordy's going to spell that clearly later. And yeah, I mean, yeah. And but this is this is this episode is pretty much about Buffy missing another another time, probably the first of the times mm-hmm. that Buffy misses a chance with Faith. Plus, Cordy's be- beginning on her hero's journey. Those are yes. the two main points of this episode. This is much more Cordy's episode than Buffy's episode, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Oh, it totally <laughs> is. And uh, uh, Cordy says she's under considerable pressure with uh, what with the election going on, and Buffy scoffs at how difficult campaigning is. Cordy doubles down on the scoffing, mocking Buffy's popular girl resume as guacamole queen when you were three, <laughs> <laughs> and says that it hasn't equipped Buffy to understand the gravity of uh, campaigning for homecoming queen in a small town. I think we can agree to disagree. Henry High School in Los Angeles seems to be like college-level football, where Sunnydale High is much more like junior varsity. <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, Cordy will be learning all kinds of lessons in the big city pretty soon, though. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Uh, Buffy observes that it seems to involve handing out lame flyers, and Cordy corrects her, pointing out that it is much more about being involved in the inner workings of the, the school's social circle and having actual friends. Buffy looks like Cordelia just slapped her. <laughs> Poor gal. Well, I mean, Cordelia does know what's up. She's not wrong. No, she's not wrong. Uh, also, we pointed out many times that Buffy's friends don't have any idea who she is, so I'll suggest that Cordy is laying down a couple of different truths right now, and that's why it hurt. Mm-hmm. That she... This is the actual friends thing that hurt. Yeah. Because Buffy's actual friends have no idea what the fuck is going on with her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cordy goes on, saying that Buffy's domain is monsters, blood, and innards, and that she can be homecoming queen of that. <laughs> Which is actually kind of like saying you're married to the king of hell. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, Cordy's not wrong at all here. Nope. Her message is wrong. Or mm-hmm. I guess, or, or no, the her delivery. The delivery of the message yeah. is wrong. The message is fine. Mm-hmm. The delivery of the message is a little off. <laughs> uh, then Cordy pulls her shoe off, all the better to shoot herself in the foot, <laughs> and suggests that if Buffy thinks it's so easy, why doesn't she try to win? <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, Buffy declares challenge accepted. Uh, I think Cordy got so social apex predator she forgot about the vamp- about vampire slayers and their considerable stubbornness and nearly pathological levels of defiance disorder. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Buffy says Cordy has no idea whom she's messing with and Cordy sneers about it being the slayer. Nay, Buffy counters. This isn't the slayer. This is Buffy, prom queen of the vampires. <laughs> or something. Yeah. Uh, also, Cordelia's wearing cross earrings. Yeah. In the well, scene, I just. Because she's like starting on her hero's up. journey. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh huh. Totally still a slayer, though. As much as Buffy would love to, she can't really separate the two. <laughs> yes. You know? Yeah. 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 Mr. Trick declares that he is also a fan of competition. In fact, he's having one of his own. He also <laughs> provides commentary on the Buffy versus Cordelia situation, saying that all uh, that uh, we all have the desire to win, whether it's we're humans or vampires or slayers of vampires, and sometimes there are fatalities. One of my favorite Mr. Trick moments happens here, too, when he talks to Kulak of the Mequot clan about these spiny-looking head things. <laughs> <laughs> also present is the Gorch brother who wasn't eaten by the bazaar in bad eggs, Lyle. Welcome back, Lyle. Mr. Trick asks for the mon- entry money for Lyle's slot in the contest, and Lyle and Candy, his new wife, dump out a pile of blood-soaked cash. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Trick objects to its condition until Lyle points out that these serial numbers are non-consecutive. Mr. Trick tells them that the games will begin in a few days. They all know what Buffy looks like. Um, 
but they haven't been able to get a look at Faith. It sucks to be them. Also, props. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hello. Uh, <laughs> also, props to Faith for taking some evasive maneuvers while going to and fro. Yes. To stay hidden from surveillance in a small town like that is pretty damned impressive. Yeah, especially without Angel to consult with yet. Well, and she's all, it means she's always watching out and she's always being careful. Mm-hmm. This is break very. Into the mayors. The what, what? So they break into the city council. It's fine. Right, but <laughs> yeah. but the I mean, just not just being really careful just on mm-hmm. a normal day, coming yeah. and going to the school. Mm-hmm. That she is that good. It's really it I mean it's just it's contrary to the whole, you know, faith is crazy, blah 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 thing, because she's always she's really watching out and really taking the slayer being the slayer seriously. Oh yeah, definitely. Super cool. And I'm thinking that Faith's watcher was old school, like Kendra's watcher, and told her about uh, how the Slayer should remain anonymous and mysterious. <laughs> Giles. Giles. <laughs> uh, here, though, we can see that although Mr. Trick is really good at adapting to technology and circumstances and considers himself to be a modern vampire, he does suffer from the hazards of soul-free living because he knows exactly what Faith looks like, and it seems he could have found someone to do a sketch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's also sucking on a sucker. <laughs> yeah, which is which, awesome. I mean, to me, that's just very Spike. It's very, it's very much like Spike the whole watching thing the very footage Spike, yes. of Buffy mm-hmm. over and over again. And the, they, these two, like, they're cut from the same cloth. They absolutely yes. are. Yeah. yeah, very different. But I, I love that he's sucking on, and like even a green sucker. So we're even having right. the the color foreshadowing of Faith and Buffy with the red and the green. Absolutely, and and I mean, in, at the very last, the big difference between Spike and Mister Trick. Mm-hmm. is Mr. Trick forgets when to leave. Yes. And Spike never does. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, I know that foreshadowing is tired after that adventure with the mayor, but I'll just mention <laughs> that Mr. Trick's ultimate downfall also happens because he doesn't keep an eye on Faith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Mr. Trick tells the contestants that they will be taking out both slayers, ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed looking creatures. <laughs> Welcome to Slayer Fest Night Gate. <laughs> episode is so much fun so so we can safely say that the spiny headed looking creature is from lauren's world it seems lornish yes he definitely he seems to be from port square he uh or it's not port square (laughs) a neighboring something a neighboring dimension well he's from the 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 that yes shumash clan no wait that's different um well he's from a different clan but it's the same blah 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 from the blah 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 clan yes so we can think he's very few vowels let's say he's from the same verse yeah yeah, definitely from from the same ilk, mm-hmm. if you will. Which oh. is, it's fun to have that world building. Yes, and uh, Willow and Xander are indeed ill-advisedly trying on their homecoming outfits for each other. Yes, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> but we mentioned how often these two have terrible ideas when they don't have Giles or Buffy around to smack some sense well, into them. It doesn't. I mean, um, you know, from from Xander's perspective, this is just standard because Willow's his guy friend. It's not Xander who takes it to the next little level. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's just... And he's got his back turned. He's busy with his own stuff. He's completely nonchalant about the whole thing. Yep. He's not the one getting butt hurt either. Yep. Right. Hmm. <clears throat> uh, Willow comes out in a conservative Willow-type outfit, which Xander says is nice. And Willow tells him all about how it's her first big dance. They both want the occasion to be special, and Xander admits that's why he's going with an actual tuxedo, which is costing him no small amount of pride because he borrowed it from his cousin, which meant asking the only members of his family who had money for a favor. Willow comes out in another outfit, which is also deemed nice, and goes to help Xander with his troublesome bow tie. 
she without takes him asking. You're right. Yeah. Aggressively. Okay. And I, I just have to. I, I, I've been, I've been a girl for a long time now. Mm-hmm. I have never been to the how to tie a tie for a man class, and somehow this happens in every show. Well, usually <laughs> the show in the shows that make sense, it's the dad who teaches the son. Yes. I've, but I mean, I've just as I mean, okay, I know how to I tie think, a tie because I wear them. I if I tie a tie <laughs> for a dude, I have to take it off of him and put it on put myself on yourself, to yes. tie it. Because our dad taught taught us how to tie ties. Yes, right. Um, actually, you taught me. Tad taught you. You taught me. Well, true. Yeah. Um, it's it's. The, I think you were in a play or something. Weren't you in a play and Dad was working late or some uh, shit? Yeah, well, yeah, I was in a play where I had to play a man. It was right. it was Taming of the Shrew, and I was right. Mercutio. Right, right, right. Because our Mercutio didn't get a high enough GPA, and I was the understudy for Kate. Right. And so I knew all of Mercutio's and lines. Dad was so... out of town and working late or something, and you're like, I fuck, I don't know. know how to tie his tie. Yeah, and so you taught me how to tie a tie. tie. And everyone knew that there was a girl playing a boy in the show, and they thought it was my friend Mark and not me. Huh. Um... <laughs> because of the expertly tied tie. Yes, that's what it was. <laughs> Half Windsor. Yes, way. yes. Yeah. Good. Small knot because girls are small. You do a small yes. knot. You don't do the the full Windsor. That's ridiculous. Do a half Windsor. Mm-hmm. Hiding the hair that was down to my waist was the hard part. Didn't you snake it down the back of your shirt? I did. Yes, yeah, yes. And then I baggied the shirt and I wore a vest. Right. Yep. That's all it took. And I had the muscle mass to look like a man. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, this is this is like a practice thing on her part. Like Willow is doing all of the the moves that come from the playbook of how to woo a man. Yep. You tie his tie for him. You change in front of a screen that is backlit so he can see your silhouette. Yeah, no shit. Right? What the fuck is that? I mean, this is, and we've talked about how there's no like accidental coded things in this show. No. This is this is a setup. We are supposed yes. to see this as a certain setup. And so she's doing all of the things that you learn how to do in, say, Catherine Hepburn movies. Absolutely. Let me try that again. <laughs> uh, you're doing all the things that you learned how to do while watching, like, Catherine Hepburn movies? Yes. Yes. To oh. seduce a man. Yes. Like, all she needs to do next is start talking really fast about the news. Absolutely. Yeah. Or, I was born on the side of a hill. Uh... <laughs> I was born on the side of a hill. <laughs> I can't give you anything but love, baby. Uh, <laughs> no, it's 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 totally true. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, and I just want to say again, Cordy and Buffy should be here. Mm-hmm. Especially, I mean, mostly Cordy because yeah. the foursome of them are friends. Because she can actually give fashion advice. Oz and Xander should be trying on tuxes together, mm-hmm. and Cordy and and Willow should be trying on dresses and together. Willow's already doing a Cordy a favor. Yes, because she's building a database for her. Yes. They should be the ones trying on dresses. And mm-hmm. if Cordy's off with their popular friends doing the dresses, it should be Willow and Buffy yep. trying on dresses. Yes. Buffy has no one to try on dresses with. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. And she has to get ready for, to be pretty for Faith. You'd think that she'd <laughs> want somebody to try on a dress oh, with her. you know Joyce helps her. Well, yeah. Because she marches in the Slayer Pride Parade. Uh-huh. Yeah. She loves yeah, Faith. She loves Faith. She loves feeding Faith. That's <laughs> what she loves. Joy. Buffy doesn't eat. So Buffy I, bet, eats. I bet on Buffy's out, way out the door. Like Joyce was trying to give her food to give to Faith. 
Absolutely. And she's like, no, we can't, like, there's nowhere to put it, Mom. Absolutely. <laughs> Why did you have Faith over for Christmas? She li- yeah, she likes those cookies, though. You Faith should take these presents. cookies. Faith likes things. Mom, we won't have anywhere to put cookies during the dance. She's even cute with Faith, and Faith is crazy. She loves mm-hmm. Faith. She yeah. wants Buffy to marry Faith. Like, that's what Joyce wants. Yes. That is what it looks like when your mom wants you to marry somebody. Yeah, no dead people. No more with the dead dudes. <laughs> a live chick who's also uh-huh. a vampire slayer. Same things go with same things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like mom always told you. Find two that look the same and have yeah, them get yeah. married. Have we told that story yet? I don't think we have. Um, yeah, our mom blames herself for me being a homosexual <laughs> because she taught me um, how to sort laundry and how the socks that are the same <laughs> go together. Yes, find the two that are the same and have them get married. <laughs> they get married. Yes, sock marriages. F- funny extra story. Uh, that it was mom... actually Material Girl, the video. Ah, yes. <laughs> well, so... <laughs> I can only hope that one day Madonna hears this and wants to marry me. Really funny story about mom that she won't give a shit about me. Or Natalie Maines. Yes. I would marry. Um, totally unrelated. Yeah. So I went to this uh, this HOSA um, thing. HOSA? Health Occupation Students of America, I believe. Okay. Uh, so it, it was a thing for girls who excelled in like science and This math. is high school? It's junior high. Did they um, not think that HO anything was a bad idea? No, no. This is the 90s. Um, so I think it was HOSA. Anyway, it, I went to this thing for girls that... Well, we'll persevere then. <laughs> Cannons to the right of them. All right, no, I, I think it's just for students. Never mind, it wasn't just for girls. But I went to this thing for students who excelled in, in sciences and math because this is back before I stopped giving a shit. And um, mom was a chaperone and we went to the U of U and we saw a whole bunch of lectures about things and we got to go to classes that illustrated science concepts. It was fun. Um, but there was one lecturer who told us about how being gay is a choice after showing us anatomy of a penis. I can't make this shit up. <laughs> and so he goes on and on about how he, how being gay is a choice because, um, did you raise your hand and ask if he was a fag? Well, we, my girlfriend <laughs> did, and I, cause did, I was sitting next to the girl that did, I was with. Did mom raise her hand and ask if he was a fag? No, this is even better. This oh, is excellent. even better. I will get there. So my girlfriend and I, who are sitting next to each other, do send up a note that are like, well, how could you say that? Because she was my girlfriend. Besides, um, this is not BYU, kitten. This is the University of Utah, where all the and, liberals yeah. go. And and here's the fun part. He's the obstetrician who delivered you. <laughs> so mom goes up to him <laughs> after the lecture and says, funny you should say that because Jen turned out gay. And I'm pretty sure it was you touching her the first time <laughs> that she was in the world that did it. So it's like a Victor Victoria. Like, yes. Yeah, I'm sure it had something to do with it. Yep. <laughs> So mom blamed your homophobic obstetrician for you being gay just to get at him. That's fantastic. <laughs> Our mom is so punk rock. Yeah, she's fucking awesome. She's so awesome. It's true. <laughs> Ladies, you can have a great mother-in-law. <laughs> she is kind of the best. So, <laughs> Willow takes the opportunity to stroll... <laughs> Actually, yes, we need to... Okay. <laughs> we need this this for the next part. Yes. Where Willow is such a fucking asshole. <laughs> Excellent, excellent pour sound. Very well. Very well. Very well. (laughs) I can't can't, can't even golf clap.
<laughs> well, we are ADD this time. Okay. okay. It's been a while since it's we recorded. Been, I know. It's been a while since it's, we recorded, and we're having to redo. It's probably a good thing we didn't try Bad Girls first thing back. Because <laughs> it's, it's a very intense six episode. Six-hour episode. No shit. It's we, gonna might be... have, we might have to one and two. Yeah, I think we Bad Girls. Yeah, let's, let's one and two it. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Yes. Um, Not out of the body one and two, parts one and two. Right. And notice that I am not a crooking instead of one and twoing. I am not a crook. I am not a crook. If y'all haven't watched uh, Ken Burns' Vietnam War uh, documentary, you need to. It's on PBS. You pay for membership, blah, blah, It's really good. Well, it's, I mean, it's good as the war and the Civil yes, War, yes, but it's yes, Vietnam. Yes. Um, <laughs> I just wish there was more on Korean. More, that's all. Well, Ken Burns will get there eventually. <sighs> it came before the Vietnam War. Yeah, but he did, you know, Civil War. He skipped over, uh, he skipped World War One and went to right World War Two. Doesn't help write my novel. World War One needs more attention. Yeah, that's also in my novel. The Archduke Ferdinand and his wife. Is the answer to that question. <clears throat> what is <laughs> the Archduke Ferdinand and his wife for two thousand? Exactly. <laughs> the assassination of which two people started World War One? Uh, Willow takes the opportunity to stroll down memory lane to their 8th grade cotillion and uh, Xander's clip-on tie and how different this is from homecoming. I must point out, surely they danced at that, right? Yes. And if you hear the thunderous thumping in the background, that's just the cat chasing the laser pointer. The mystery guess. Yes. Uh, Xander tells Willow... That they're obviously going to be close until they're in a rest home together, and I can't think of anything <laughs> non-dirty to end with. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> nor can Xander. Uh, Willow finishes getting his tie all done and goes back behind her changing screen that is backlit. Yeah. Xander asks again, uh, the first time was in the previous episode, about her relationship with Oz and how far they've gotten sexually. He asks if they've gotten to ye gods, which further suggests that we're on the right track with the mythology thing. Mm-hmm. Microphone. He keeps trying to get into the paper and then giving up. That's a noise. That's there's a mystery guest hair on it. Got my nose. Okay. Willow says again that it's none of Xander's business, and they're close enough friends to be doing this together. So I would tend to disagree with her. But again, her best friend is Buffy. Uh-huh. Who should be here right now. Yeah. Buffy, so they can talk you? about doing it. Yes, it. Not talking about what it is and it. I'm rolling my eyes. Yes, there was an eye roll. Could you yeah. all hear that? It was. <laughs> uh, we see the silhouette of Willow changing behind behind the screen again, and Xander concludes that her reaction means they're rounding second. <laughs> that's, <laughs> Which a is a, that's a dude way to say that. Is that boobs? I can't remember and may have actually never known. Oh, you're asking the wrong individual. Yeah, but you would have known what it was. I mean, just because you're asexual doesn't mean you didn't actually... I didn't really actually, like, do... I mean, I I think that second is boobs. I mean, we just... I did... I went as far as we felt like, and we didn't bother rating it. I'm going to look it up. Okay, first base, mouth-to-mouth kissing... (laughs) Mouth-to-mouth kissing, Mm -hmm. especially French kissing. Second base... Skin-to-skin touching, kissing of the breasts in some contexts, and may refer to 
touching any erogenous zones through the clothes, not actually touching the skin or manual stimulation. Stimulation. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sticking with it. Stimulation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Third base, touching below the waist without sexual intercourse in some contexts that may refer to oral stimulation of the genitals, home run, home base, or scoring, full sexual intercourse. That's what I thought. Okay. Thank you, Wikipedia. Yes, Wikipedia has made me an expert in all things. Uh, Willow asks how far Xander has gotten with Cordy, so... If it's none of his business, why is it her business? Hmm. Never mind. He says, a gentleman (laughs) never talks about his conquests, which is silly. He's Cordy's conquest. (laughs) (laughs) She's not his. Yes. He gets his tux on at the same time Willow comes out from behind the screen in a sleeveless number, and they have a moment. She thinks he'll call his outfit, this outfit, nice too, but he says she looks gorgeous, and she says he does as well. Xander says that Oz is very lucky, and Willow reluctantly says Cordy is as well. Then Willow starts to panic about dancing, and um, Xander okay. steps right into the trap, but making a huge mistake. But surely they at the cotillion. Like, I just... This is a trap. Yes. Because Willow knows Xander very well, and she knows that if she says, oh, I can't dance, he's going to show her how to dance. Yeah, this is totally so manipulation. Xander walks right into the trap and steps forward to show her how to dance. Mm-hmm. And then that's when it happens, right? Yes. Like, that's where it... In a moment. Okay. <laughs> uh, they have a moment of awkwardness. And then Willow initiates a kiss that Xander reciprocates. And so snarred. The big theory. We've had some positive feedback on our other crazy theories, like Whistler. So mm-hmm. let's toss this one out here, too. Willow cast a love spell, and either it was directly directed at Xander. Which I don't think so. it was directed at Oz and did what we know love spells do. And that is rebound off onto Xander. Because Willow is an apprentice witch. Yes. We know that, that apprentice witches have fucked up spells. We've seen that yes. from, from, you know, Amy, and, for sure. And in short order, we will see Willow be treated just like Amy was by Xander. Yes. And let's not forget that in the previous episode, Oz, on the verge of, of wolfing out and changing into a wolf, snapped at Willow and she got all butthurt about it. And she was mm-hmm. all distressed about it because he snapped at her, which is extremely immature. Just fucking get over it. But whatever. And this would be Willow's reaction would be to to try a love spell that perhaps she put on the dress that she was planning on wearing for Oz, mm-hmm. and Xander got a whiff of it and or whatever. In the future, it seems to be. In the future, it seems to be initiated by touch. Touch or smell. Yeah, there mm-hmm. there seems to be an initiation by, by proximity, proximity for sure. Yeah, um, like there's certain scenes where <laughs> you're just having problems. <laughs> Are you having drinking problems? <laughs> beverage problem yes um so yeah in the future we will have musical cues connected to them trading a book or and we have you know, one that i'm gonna bring up in a moment yes um but yeah there's a lot of cues that we get um that it seems to be initiated by some kind of proximity or touch or smell the smell seems to be the big one yeah but it, you need to be close to one another mm-hmm. and to me, it kind of makes sense. Maybe she cast a whole bunch of spells on different outfits, and so she's trying on different outfits to see which one elicits a, re- a certain response. I, I mean, um, I'm not quite convinced that this is malicious on Willow's part. Not yet. Exactly. Yet. Not yet. She will learn. Yes. You know, she will learn to use magic for ill later. Uh-huh. I, I honestly think that 
she got hurt. She got all but hurt by Oz being Wolfie. Because mm-hmm. she obviously was. Maybe she picked up on him being upset about his ex-gay lover being sure. dead. But he, but he definitely snapped at her, and she definitely looked all hurt and shit. Instead mm-hmm. of being like, "He's about to wolf out. This is what happens. No fucking big deal." Right. Because he was perfectly nice and sweet when he was not close to wolfing out. It was just mm-hmm. when he snapped at her that one time that she acted all fucking hurt. Right. I can absolutely see this being a misfire. Mm-hmm. She's well, gonna fuck we know up that from Xander. She's gonna fuck up a spell in gingerbread just as bad. <laughs> you know, she fucks up spells all the time because she's mm-hmm. a princess witch. The only person we've seen execute a spell properly is fucking Giles, and yeah. he's been doing it for a long time. Well, and we know that that love spells or lust spells are very dangerous and yes. temperamental. Yes, and I think they're very dependent upon the words used. If she said perhaps my one true love, right. that would land on Xander. Yes. Because up till now, I mean, I don't know if she loves well, us yet. Even through, honestly, even through Willow's, I mean, and, and um, Willow's relationship with, with, uh, with Tara is wonderful and beautiful and great. And they love each other very, very much. Mm-hmm. But she's still broken crayon Willow. Yes, she always to Xander. Cra- I mean, they are in in a way. I mean, Tara changes the game, but Xander's Xander and Willow loving each other platonically mm-hmm. and wonderfully, and I love that kind of relationship is always going to be there. And especially before Tara's on the scene, yeah, Xander is absolutely Willow's well, love. And Xander's the only person who can calm Willow down. It's after I mean, after Tara, yeah, after Tara, <laughs> like that's when she's destroying the world. That's the I mean, only if, place he wants to be, and he's the only one that can solve it. Yeah, I mean, if Tara had been there, could she have done it? Probably. But so can Xander. Yeah. They're equal that way in yeah. being able to calm Willow down. Mm-hmm. Yes. Earthing elements, grounding elements. Absolutely. Willow needs a ground. Um, and yeah, he, he has a certain... I mean, as, pl- as far as platonic love, he is Willow's true love platonically. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Always will be. And they're the only people who will really understand each other's childhoods. Yes. Which is really important. They, they are the platonic true love. And mm-hmm. a spell wouldn't give a shit if you're talking about romantic love no. or platonic love. Like a spell if doesn't anything, give a shit if you're praying to uh, the correct goddess or Diana. <coughs> goddess of like, fucking death and war. Yeah. <laughs> goddess of the hunt. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of the goddess of love. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. But no, I mean, it, uh, uh, especially... A spell had anything to do with with like Greek love. <laughs> if it's a Greek god or goddess, they're going to go with Platonic love because that was the most pure love in Greece. Yeah. So I mean, it's one way or another, it ends up on Xander. Right. Willow's mistake is not taking the spell back when she realizes it's on Xander. I wouldn't be surprised if she got a piece of it too. Honestly. I mean, yeah, it's possible. Because I mean, those love spells get out of control, and yeah. she could have been hit. I me, mean, she could have had residual effects from bewitched while they bewildered. I mean, mm-hmm. she might have been, all this fucking shit. Yeah, going on. who who knows what's going on? Because she probably consulted Amy. Yeah, Amy's not the best witch. Well, she know we know that she continues to consult Amy and Gingerbread, who's not the best witch. I mean, what did they come with the coven overnight? They've been doing the coven for a while, yeah. possibly starting right here. Yeah, yeah, that's a good theory. I mean, they had a fucking, like, fucking made 
thing with a symbol and the fucking mm-hmm. they have a lot of supplies is what i'm saying yeah <laughs> and they seem to be in a ritual of it that this isn't like an unknown thing they all seem kind of casual about it when yes. we see that in this is something they do every weekend or something they yeah. cast like, like the cast every weekend and this is, they probably would have started about now to get as experienced as they are mm-hmm. by then by yes. gingerbread yes so i think willow got juiced from bringing Angel's soul back, and she just couldn't really give up the habit. Well, Giles warned us about that, and yep. Willow about that at the same mm-hmm. time. Like, yeah. This is, you're out of control. It's a it's an incredible high, mm-hmm. he said. So, yeah, I mean, I but I think this is a love spell, and the, the anchoring reason for that that made me first see it will come up in a few scenes. Yes. Um, but I will say, there's a snake. There's a stuffed snake draped over the back of Willow's bed. It's mm-hmm. behind them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyone remember this little story about the Garden of Eden and an apple? And, you know, in the Bible, it's a chick's fault. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> this, and, I mean, the show's all about subversion, but it seems like they're playing it straight this time. Which it, 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 I mean, whether okay. we read Xander as the chick. Whether they, well, absolutely. Because he is. Yeah. Uh, whether, whether, whether there's a spell or not. Mm-hmm. I agree with you there's a spell. But whether there's a spell or not, Willow initiates all of this and would continue to. Yes, because Xander wouldn't have gone there without. No. And as no. as my boyfriend Alex pointed out, he's a guy. He's a, he's a he's teenage a boy, for God's sake. He's and, got hormones. He looks at linoleum and gets excited. Yeah. So if a girl, even without a love spell, if a girl's suddenly throwing themselves at him and kissing him, He's probably going to reciprocate at least for a minute. Just because she's in front of his face. Yeah. If Cordy was in front of his face, he would have gotten all excited for Cordy. If Buffy was in front of his face, he would have gotten all excited for We saw that with Faith. He was all about Faith until Cordy distracted him with something shiny, like dressing up as a slayer. Exactly. And then he's like, woo, and we're done. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know how he stopped looking at Faith, though. (laughs) Cordy. Yeah, exactly. Well, good, fair point. Yeah. Well, Cordy, sure thing, Cordy. That's the thing. He's able to, it's not like he had to choose between perspective faith and perspective Cordy. Perspective faith, sure thing, Cordy. Uh, yeah. That's not hard. Yeah. Perspective, either of them is, yeah. <laughs> and as, as you mentioned, <laughs> the cues. So here's a clue. We have talked a lot about how relevant song lyrics are on this show. And this song, which is How by Lisa Loeb, is not a love song. Or at least not that I can see. Lisa Loeb <laughs> said that How is a, a song sort of about uh, being under a microscope and also the people holding the microscope. So here are the lyrics. Uh, I didn't come this far for you to, to make this hard for me. And now you want to ask me how. It's like, how does your heart beat and why do you breathe? Why did you come here? You weren't invited. You were on the outside. Stay on the outside. And now you want to ask me why? It's like... Why does your heart beat and how do you cry? And there are some things that I'd like to figure out. There are some things that I can do without, like you and your letters that go on forever. And you, the people that were never friends, with all the things that you could be, you never could learn how to be me. And now you want to ask me how. Hmm. Uh, if anything, that's a uh, hmm. how about getting the fuck away from me song. Yeah, it's it's right? uh, don't stand so. Don't <laughs> yeah, stand it's. So. I mean, it's. This yeah. is not a happy little. Uh, no. Okay, what we would expect in this scene, <laughs> and uh, of course, it's one of the two million songs about forbidden love. Well, in in, in later episodes, of course, as you will hear, uh, we will talk about how the the Willow and Xander relationship is a warning to Buffy that she should not be clinging to Angel, but going to Faith. Mm-hmm. She should be, because 
the Willow and Xander relationship represents her relationship with Angel that is dead. Right. And they should not be doing this, and she should not be, not be doing this. So you would expect in this situation with two characters in a show who have been friends since they were like three years old or something, mm -hmm. you would expect one of those songs. It's like, and then one day you turned and looked at me and everything was magical and we've been friends forever and now we're lovers and blah, blah, blah. That's and not that this song. All, yeah. Or at the very least, something to talk about. Yeah. Th I mean, that, is, <laughs> that is not this song. This song no. is why don't you go away? Yeah. Why are well, you stalking and, me all the fucking time? And so here's where I start bringing in some Greek mythology. Sure. Um, so we have the snake on the back of the bed, which is the Garden of Eden metaphor, mm -hmm. right? We have the serpent is always a, a metaphor of temptation, which we also have as a little bit of foreshadowing for the mayor. Sure. Um, and then we also have the apple. Well, the apple was originally a pomegranate. Mm -hmm. And it got turned into an apple when we get up to Ireland because that was sort of the food of the dead. And that's the same as a pomegranate in Greek mythology. So everything got conflated and mixed around and mushed together, just like it does with mythology and belief. Every time you collapse different belief systems into the same one, you end up with things getting conflated. So the Persephone myth is that Persephone ate a few pomegranate seeds before leaving Hades, before he released her, and then has to go back to the underworld mm -hmm. because she ate the food of the dead. The same thing happens in Irish myth, where if you eat an apple or any kind of food offered to you by a fairy, you get stuck in fairyland for a little while. And apples were used for, like, divination. and Don't dine with the fae. Just don't. Yeah. <laughs> don't take anything um, they offer you. Yeah, the food, food like, the, the ritual of bobbing for apples and stuff on Halloween, that's all, that goes back to Celtic uh, Samhain, which mm -hmm. might be spelled Samhain. If you don't know how to read Gaelic. Um, but that that's Halloween. And bobbing for apples was a fortune telling thing. And, and like they would do things like skin an apple and then toss the skin behind them and turn around to see the, the name of their beloved. Stuff like that. Well, you know, Irish myth is starting to play into what we're doing because of Angel. Hey, Charisma Carpenter was in that episode of Supernatural, too. Oh, how funny. <laughs> So it was Marsters. Yes. Isn't that interesting? Whatever. Um, they never got to act together until then. Isn't that funny? It's hilarious. Yeah. That was the first time they ever got to act together. They were never on set together until right. then. Because on Angel, that's when she so talks weird. about, oh, that's Spike, it's because she just heard about Spike. Yeah. Like, it's Spike. so weird. They never got to act together. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. So we have, like, all of a sudden we have pomegranates and apples playing the same role. And that's how we turned into, instead of a pomegranate in the Garden of Eden, being mixed up with the Persephone myth, we end up with an apple mm -hmm. in the Garden of Eden, right? So we also have in this episode, we'll see it very explicitly in just a moment, this is the apple of discord, the golden apple of discord that starts the Trojan War. Mm -hmm. Well, we can also argue that this is the episode that starts Faith on the path of it joining up with the mayor. It's Absolutely. the first time we see the mayor. He calls, he calls it out. Yeah, he does. And that's what starts the Trojan War. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how we end up at the Trojan War, which is the last few episodes of this season. When they the open Trojan up their, War. their grounds. Yeah, graduation day. Yeah, when they open up their grounds and their weapons underneath, that's the Trojan yeah, Horse. Yeah, in case you didn't notice. Yeah. We have Ajax who dies. Right. Anyway, it's a... And then we we actually send somebody off on, like, a bit of an odyssey for a minute. Mm-hmm. Where he has to dance in a bar. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get there. So... <laughs> We're setting everything up for the Trojan War. We're setting it. It's, it's beautifully done. Um, and we ha so we have the Apple of Discord. And then we also have the Apple of, God of the Garden of Good and Evil. And 
we have the pomegranate metaphor of Persephone mm-hmm. all being conflated together in this episode. And that makes sense that we would have this this relationship be a tie-in for the Persephone Hades yes. of Buffy and Angel. Did that track? Yeah, because in later episodes we see okay. that that Willow and Xander is is the relationship that Buffy should not be involved in. That represents her relationship exactly. with Angel, which yeah. is dead. Very true. And there's a snake, a stuffed snake above her bed. Yes. With a dog on her bed, by the way. <laughs> there's a stuffed dog on her bed and a snake on the back of her bed. A dog like Angel? Yeah. Ruff. Yeah. yeah. Or Snoopy. Isn't it funny how Xander does a Snoopy dance? Well, he's always been, he's always been Angel's human mirror. Yeah, he is, and he will continue to be so. And it, and that also works into him being the weaker foil of this because Angel is being cuckold. Oh yeah. He's being cuckold so hard in this episode and sidelined and, and being fed things and, and being told lies. And so we, then we go to Xander who turned into his shadow self when he decided to kill Angel. Mm -hmm. And, of course, he's going to have to go on a similar arc to get out. Well, the cuckoldry happens because Buffy just cannot break away from Angel and get away from that dead relationship. Just like Willow can't break away from Xander and get away from that dead relationship. Exactly. I mean, that's that's where all the... I mean, we're going to go into this into... I can't remember which episode it is, but the great detail. But but there there are moments... We should re-record more often. (laughs) Yeah. But there are moments where the the cuts between in conversation make it so obvious what's going on here. Mm -hmm. This is the dead relationship that Buffy should stay away from. Yes. She should go towards the new relationship with Faith. And, and maybe it's a um, maybe it's a love spell, much like eating some pomegranate seeds yes. or an apple. Or, you know, beware snakes bearing gifts is all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> but snakes are so cute. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Willow and Xander pull apart, all horrified. Xander says it didn't happen, and Willow says it did, but it didn't. They conclude that it was a closed fluke and almost kiss again until they run off in different directions. If only it stayed that way. No shit. At school, Buffy is getting some practice for when she has to command an army of potential slayers. She lectures <laughs> <laughs> She lectures on the warlike nature of campaigning, and she has even compiled a list of the strengths and weaknesses of her opponents. Giles should be so proud. <laughs> so here's a summary of Buffy's competition. Cordelia Chase. Strengths. Popular with boys. Makes friends easily. Has money to buy votes. Expensive clothes. And perfect teeth. Weaknesses, manipulative, two-faced, bad in sports, superficial, no sense of humor, fake smile, Brie, and Xander. Brie. <laughs> That's what the, the, the teeth, because my teeth are so thick. <laughs> I am, I am pleasant. pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> also, I, I still don't think they know what Brie is. No, I don't. Because they say it's stinky and Brie is lovely. It is. They're thinking yes. of, of something very different. I had, like, a, I had a blue brie the other day. I bet that was yummy. It was so good. Brie's it really was good. it was on a a red pear and arugula salad. Perfect with candied pecans and a raspberry vinaigrette. <laughs> Perfect. It was amazing. I used to be super snooty and do wine pairings, which I don't do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but no, blue cheese and sweet fruits are yes. always really good. It was a soft blue, so it was like a brie blue. Mm-hmm. There's, I'm sure there's a word for it, but I don't give a shit. It was delicious. Oh man! Next season we're gonna start doing cheese pairings with our with our beverages, right? Well, yeah. All right, we've got to, right? Right on. Yeah. Uh, gotta have some wine to go with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> some wine to go with that cheese. <laughs> uh, Michelle Blake, strengths: popular cheerleader, cheerleader, athletic, yearbook editor, friendly, 
good cook, and nice. <laughs> Weaknesses. Bad skin. Where's polyester? PB crazed. I can only hope that's peanut butter and not something <laughs> weird. Dandruff. Too much makeup. Either cause or affected the bad skin, I would suspect. And never studies. Holly Charleston. Strengths. Debate skills. Straight A's. Drill team. Good in sports. Always studying. Nice and sweet. Weaknesses. Few friends. New student. No boyfriend. Introvert. And always studying. I, I do have to note that those are only weaknesses while you're um those are only weaknesses while you're still in school. And even Buffy noticed that part because it's a little bit of overlap in Holly's strengths and weaknesses. <laughs> and uh for the second time in this episode, Buffy is talking, but nobody is really paying attention, just like with Angel and whatever is going on with him. Buffy is laying out her battle strategy and making fun of Cordy, but things are too awkward between Xander and Willow for them to be listening. Buffy points out how she must not be unpopular because of how many people came to what she is now calling her welcome home party. <laughs> oh, the cringe is strong. <clears throat> yeah, they yeah. all thought you were named Buddy. Lemonade out of lemons, <laughs> I suppose. Uh -huh. Like celebrating your rape or something. <laughs> like, yeah. What are you doing, Buffy? I remember it's the fine. last time Buffy tried to make lemonade. Yeah. Still tasted like lemons. And lemons with shit pies in them. Yes. Uh, Willow points out that those guests were killed by zombies, and I want to point out that Buffy didn't want any of those people there. <laughs> and it was a really horrible it was really horrible for her, but this is the narrative Buffy and her friends have decided to go with. So she can say that everything is fine and I'll respect that. Yes. She's like the dog in the room on fire. I mean, these are the people who are going to insist that her dying creates a new slayer, even after she has died and there's no slayer. Yes. Although, Mayor Wilkins will also be under that impression that that could happen, so. Yeah, but he, I mean, she doesn't die the second time when he's around. It's true. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> they should have just gone and gotten Faith. We'll get there. Right? Anyway, yeah, we'll get there. Right? We'll get there. We'll get there. Idiots. Uh, Buffy tries to give orders. Willow is to make a voter database. Oz is to tackle the non the edgy non-voters, and she doesn't <laughs> get a chance to give Sander his orders because Cordy has come in. Buffy insists that she and Cordy can get along fine during the campaign, and is met with a head nod. Buffy says she and Cordy are almost friends, which is kind of mean, but it really is the way Buffy thinks of Cordelia, even though I'm pretty sure Cordy would absolutely say that Buffy is her friend. And, and they traded clothes here. <laughs> They have it, done a bit of a swap. Yeah, they? so Buff, they'll do another Buffy's one. Buffy's wearing later. like a, a Cordelia sort of outfit, and Cordelia's wearing Buffy blue. Okay, and watch on the same topic. Watch in the montage, the voting, uh, the the voter pandering montage later. Yes, Cordy's wearing a red sweater and with a perky Buffy bra, switches, yeah. and then Buffy's wearing a red sweater with a perky bra. Yeah, they, they totally swap each <laughs> yeah, other yeah. back and forth and back and forth. Yes. it's. I mean, it really it's is beautiful. It's the reconciling of the shadow selves before Cordy spins off away from being the shadow self into being her own hero person. Yes. Yeah. Yes, but no, but Cordy would would say the Buffy's her friend, right? And until mm -hmm. Buffy drops her after after she dumps Xander for cheating and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, Cordy would absolutely say that Buffy's her bud. Yes. Yeah. Despite all this bullshit. Well, she still owns Buffy being her friend after she goes to L.A. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is just, this has to sting a little bit when Buffy's like, we're almost friends. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Buffy knows that, otherwise she wouldn't say it. Exactly. Yeah. But Buffy insists on, Buffy <laughs> insists on, be like that. Right. Well, especially, Buffy knows where people live because she will insist on calling Cordy Cordelia forever. Mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> like until the end of the earth. She Except will still call the, her Cordelia. One time she tries to give her an, an extra core. Core. And then and then it goes back to Cordelia. 
the spatula. Yeah, that's coming up. But but no, I mean, Buffy stays with Cordelia. Very mm-hmm. official, very formal. And you can yes. tell us there's something wrong with Buffy when she starts calling her something else. Yes, yes. Right. Definitely. But that's her way of distancing herself from Cordy, which mm-hmm. has got to be a little painful for Cordy. Yep. <laughs> we need to get you a koozie. I know. Just so you don't ring your... Seriously. Cordy agrees and asks Willow how the database is coming along. <laughs> See, this is the problem. Buffy wants to not be the Slayer, but the Slayer is the one who, who has her orders followed. And this mm-hmm. is Cordy's territory now if Buffy isn't being the Slayer. Mm-hmm. Willow answers sheepishly that the database is almost finished. Xander says he picked up Cordy's new flyers and Cordy orders them to get cracking. They hop to and Xander explains to Buffy that Cordelia is his girlfriend. Willow lies that Cordy needs more help than Buffy does, and Oz says, as Willow goes, so goes my nation. I guess he'll be making out with Xander later. <laughs> Not that he would mind. Yeah, that that's up there with the uh, with the Angelus seducing Riley. Sure. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, Cordy thanks Buffy for her kind words about friendship, declares how wonderfully they're getting along, and then leaves with her army trailing along behind her. <laughs> Oh, Giles! Hey, what's up? Uh, <laughs> I like, he was in the background. You see the book cart going back yeah, and forth I know, the I whole time. It. Yep. <laughs> he tells Buffy that this seems like quite a bit of work without much of a reward. Buffy insists that trying her best is just the most fun ever. Giles says he wants to make sure she's having fun, and Buffy smashes a bottle in her superpowered grip. I it says you. apple. Yeah, it does. Like, explicitly, it just says apple. In the previous scene, we had a snake. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's the apple of discord. The golden apple of discord. And Buffy crushes it. Yes. Crushes it. The golden apple of discord was thrown into the mix uh, addressed to the fairest. But Buffy, as, as she does, is pretty much declaring that the Greek mythology can fuck off because she's going to fuck off. It's true, yeah. Well, I mean, that's and what she her, does. her mind is like, are you sure? And she's like, yes, the funnest. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the funnest sounds a lot like uh, next season Buffy. And she's making fun of a certain roommate. Oh, yeah. In living conditions. Yes. Um, but yeah, so the golden, the interesting thing is that we, you know, we, we definitely do a, a lot of mix around with the Greek mythology, but mm-hmm. things hold clear. The fairest. The, the timelines are fucked up, but the themes are clear. Yes. Yeah, so we're, we're throwing the golden apple of discord into the mix, which means that everybody all of a sudden is squabbling who shouldn't necessarily be squabbling. Mm-hmm. Um, so golden apple is addressed to the fairest. And then all of the goddesses argue over who that might be. Mm-hmm. And in the course of doing so, tell Paris to help. Mm-hmm. He has to choose mm-hmm. which gift he wants to have. If he wants to have, I believe it is a glory in battle, but he's a chicken shit, so he doesn't take Athena's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next one is, oh shit, what's the other one? There's glory in battle. There's another one, which I can't remember right now because we're re-recording and I haven't done my homework. Uh, and then there's also uh, the most beautiful woman in the world mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. happens to, whoops, be married. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Xander's Paris. Yeah. Paris literally, his his name literally is Alexander, which means savior of man. Like, there, we're not even trying here at this point. Like, and the Zeppo, Alexander right. is Paris. And the Zeppo hasn't happened yet, so Xander is stupid. Yes. Just like Paris. Paris was stupid. Paris is Xander really stupid. Is stupid. And he was actually married at the time, so it's not even like he was single right. when he decided to go for to be a chicken shit and go for I think he was offered to be the king of the land. Mm-hmm. Glory in battle or the most beautiful oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so or or Helen. So he leaves his wife 
to go get Helen, forgetting he had a wife. Mm -hmm. Is this sounding like Xander yet? (laughs) Yeah, no shit. (laughs) And, And in doing so, by taking Helen and taking her to Troy starts the Trojan War. Mm -hmm. That's why the Apple of Discord in this episode begins our descent. So because Xander, though, is the metaphor for Buffy's heart, it means the golden apple and the decision of of who to choose for the golden apple has actually fallen to Buffy. That's why she's holding the apple. And crushing it. And crushing it. Because she's like, fuck off, apple. Well, but she's not because she chooses poorly. She chooses Angel. And Faith... Right goes to the mayor. Right. And that's how we start the Trojan War. But that's that's the whole thing. It's it's yeah. that she doesn't she doesn't realize the choice that she's making. So she mm-hmm. fucks it up. Yeah. And she's true, like, true. fuck off Apple. I'm gonna yeah. deny this choice that I'm making, which is why she fucks it up and she mm-hmm. chooses Angel instead of Faith. Yeah. To the point where she tries to murder Faith to save Angel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's you know we we get our, our metaphors a little bit jumbled, but it's a modern interpretation of mm-hmm. these myths, and it's great. And it, and it and it's and it's a, the extended metaphor. Buffy crushing that bottle that says apple mm-hmm. is denying her destiny, as she will do. Yes. When when uh, when she says uh, when she tells Faith, "I am not the law," mm-hmm. and does all that kind of shit, and denies her future with Faith. Uh huh. And eventually becomes Faith, and then Faith comes back and saves her. So <laughs> it's. This is telegraphing the rest of the, the whole show. Right. The whole fucking series. And then. Is her crushing that fucking bottle. Yeah. Because she doesn't realize what she's doing in and she's making the wrong choice. In the presence of her mind who's saying, are you sure? Exactly. Yeah. And then as we just look at the episode, the apple of discord is the crown, is the tiara. Yeah. Right. The fairest, the homecoming queen. Right. And then two other people get it. Then and and she's so distracted by Cordelia. this this and this her. extra bullshit, this whole fucking pageant mm-hmm. shit that Cordy calls her out on and says this is ridiculous. Why are you even worrying about this shit? Right. She's so distracted by that. She crushes the apple. She doesn't make the right choice. She doesn't realize she's at the judgment of Paris. Mm-hmm. And she fucks everything up until the well, very and- last episode <laughs> of the series. Well, and and the question does remain for me, and and has always been confusing about the judgment of Paris. Um. Why was Athena trying to get the apple that was addressed to the fairest? She is the goddess of war. Mm-hmm. She's the goddess of war and wisdom and was born out of Zeus's head fully formed. She should give zero fucks about this fucking apple bullshit. Yeah, I don't understand why Athena was even involved. And yet she is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it still holds. It's I think Joss Whedon had the same confusion I do, which is why was Athena involved? Because well, what is Buffy, Buffy is Athena. What does Buffy call gods? I can't remember. It's, um... Okay, so, wasn't it school hard with kind of petty for a god, right? Yeah, yeah. So that would right. be why. I think that's why. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yep, kind of petty. Yeah, and then As Buffy the doesn't believe that gods can be petty until she actually meets one. Mm-hmm. And yep. There you go. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so, we got to a musical campaigning montage filled with dirty looks between our favorite homecoming queen competitors <laughs> and... Um, exchanging outfits and preparations by the participants, uh, participants in Slayer Fest... <laughs> Buffy trips and drops something in front of Scott Hope. She claims that uh, running for Homecoming Queen, which we've seen means a lot to her, is silly and something to pass the time. Scott doesn't think it's silly and says he'll vote for her. Buffy thanks him and checks him off his, uh, checks off his name in her notebook and then accidentally gro- drops another folder in front of another guy. <laughs> so she can win his vote too. So she's mastered feminine wiles. I love the reveal that Buffy wasn't clumsy. She targeted Scott just like she targeted this other dude. I love that. Yes. 
Buffy so continues to work the voters with chocolate cupcakes and charm, checking off their names in her little book as she goes. <laughs> but Cordy raises the stakes with elaborate gift baskets. Uh, Willow stares at Cordy and Buffy's posters and looks like she's going to puke. <laughs> and then she almost runs into Buffy and looks even more like she's going to puke. Uh, Willow launches into a nervous ramble about how good Buffy looks. Hey, back off of Faith's territory there, kitten. Yeah, she's wearing a really fluffy red fluffy. sweater. So fluffy. Also red. Red. Well, it's kind of orangey red. Yeah, but it's still red. But orangey red, like yes. scary fires of hell orangey red. That's true. <laughs> you know. And we're treating her, Buffy's treating her, this is what I was talking about, we're treating her just the way we treated Amy. Oh, yeah. When Xander needed a love spell done. Leverage. Like, it's exactly the same. And th yes. this is my first, when I was first watching this episode again, way back when I first formulated my love spell theory, this is my first time I went, hang on. Hold up. Yep. I'll tell you the next time in just a moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Buffy says it's okay that Willow is working with Cordy and that they're still best friends. <laughs> uh, honestly, Buffy has forgiven a lot worse and she'll continue to. It's true. Willow freaks out, saying, I'm not a friend. I'm a rabid dog who should be shot. There are forces at work here. Dark, incomprehensible forces. I'm, I'm going to quote Hellfreck. Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it seems a little hyperbolic, even for Willow. I mean, yes, she's really talking about kissing Xander, but I'm going to say that lends some more ammo to the big theory because dark incomprehensible forces it's kind of out of nowhere <laughs> uh awesomely buffy just she smells blood in the water <laughs> and mentions just how much she and willow mean to each other and all the many 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 times buffy has saved willow's life <laughs> willow caves asking what buffy wants and buffy demands 15 minutes alone with the database <laughs> willow goes back to looking like she's going to puke and buffy goes back to being all perky and excited <laughs> Uh, this is absolutely how slayers do elections. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Buffy fills Willow in on how she's, quote, she's got the limo all set up. And the spying Gruenstrahlers overhear her saying that the limo will pick up Faith first, and then Buffy, and then everyone else. So that's why things shake out like they do. Mm-hmm. Interesting order, Buffy. Yeah. That's interesting. Strange. Uh, that settled, Buffy wants to know what Willow's database says about, says about Buffy's own weaknesses. Jonathan is eating a cupcake while Buffy talks about the bond they share. He tells her Cordy gave him $6. <laughs> <laughs> is work working the nerd vote and pokes a guy in the forehead to demonstrate the Vulcan death grip. <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> I love that. I just about pee myself. So good. <laughs> Buffy finds her and is offended that Cordy is just full on buying votes now. The the argument escalates much like arguments with Faith do. And okay, you know that saying: if you go through your day and you meet a couple of assholes, they're assholes. But if you go through your day and everyone is an asshole, you're the asshole. Mm -hmm. I'm just okay. Just something to think about. <laughs> Uh, Buffy, uh, I'm not saying she's an asshole, but when every argument goes this way, you, you don't have to slayer your way through every conversation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, how many conversations in your life have escalated this fast to this point? Total conversations. After the, uh, over the millions of conversations Does you've had in your life. Does that include conversations with IT? <laughs> right. Because <laughs> uh, if not, then none. Uh, with IT, a fair number. Right. Uh, it escalates right up to the revelation that Cordy realizes Buffy is splitting votes in their base. She refers to Buffy uh, trying to relive her glory days, and Buffy is offended at the way Cordy talks to people. She insults Cordy's parents, and Cordy turns the fa returns the favor by pointing out that she still has two shots mm. fired. 
Buffy asks if Cordy's brain is connected to her mouth, and we'll be getting a wonderful answer to that near the end of the season, <laughs> so stay tuned. Uh, <laughs> Cordy tries to push Buffy out of the way, and that is a really, really bad idea, as Buffy <laughs> illustrates, though very gently. Yes, not Cordy, even a wrist lock. She doesn't even put her into, like, a good arm lock or wrist she's lock. She's very good this way. Yes. Uh, Cordy calls Buffy sick, and Xander jumps in to settle things down, but then Cordy calls Buffy a crazy freak, and Buffy calls Cordy a vapid whore, and... <laughs> And I'm so delighted at how well Buffy threw around vapid. Go Buffy. Willow starts telling Buffy and then finishes telling Xander about how this is the worst thing that's ever happened. That's a nice cut. Xander agrees that this is a terrible thing, but assumes she's talking about the kissing. And then he says the line that Snard uh, caught and made this episode's big theory possible. He says, when I look at you, it's like I'm seeing you for the first time. Uh, in Bewitched Bother to Bewildered, the lines were uh, from Buffy into the love spell. It's funny how you can see someone every day and not really see them, you know? And from Amy under the love spell, you know, it's funny how you can uh, you can see a person every day. And, and Xander finishes, of course, with uh, not really see them. So there you go. Yep. And that was where I had to stop and rewatch the entire episode. Yep. Actually, the entire season up till then, if I'm honest. Um, because that stood out. They plant the seed and bewitch Buffy and bewildered with errant magic, and here we are. Yes, and we don't... It's that's like I'm not, seeing you for the first time. And it stands out, and there's no reason to use that line. We could have used any other line in that place if we were really trying to sell this relationship. Right. Um, but yeah, that's love spell territory, mm -hmm. right? The show has told us that's what the language is of the love spell, yes. Yes. Seeing someone for the first time. Yep, and being completely unable to help yourself. Yes. While Willow's still wearing a big puffy sweater. While you're dating Cordelia Chase. Yes, and there's still a snake above the bed. While you're dating Cordelia Chase. Yes. Cordelia. Yeah. Chase. Even Buffy's been looking at Cordelia. Right? Yeah. Because she's fucking hot as shit. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Wesley Wyndham Price will nail that one home. Angel. Yeah. Angel. 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 <laughs> Angel who's had Buffy and and Darla. Yep. And Drew. Yeah. And Spike. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Angel yes. who can have anyone knows how yes. hot a ticket Cordy is. Uh-huh. She's a fucking hot ticket. Yeah. Yep. She's in the same league or, as Buffy, the vampire slayer who everyone I, is in love with. Like, to hi. Quote, to quote Dial in one of the least liked and I still think funniest lines ever. Oh, she's a stiffener, all right. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like the way. Um, <laughs> as we've said before about other theories, we will never know if we're right. Plus, this is not your normal love spell where the person gets all selfish, banal, obsession, and murderous. This strikes me as a, you know, the semi-intentional the witch is standing by the hell mouth and says the wrong thing kind of deal. Maybe my mom's of some other kind of, of uh, you know, parentage than we think, and right. I might it, I mean, have it, some, it just, some it's, juice. It's diffused, kind of. It's not yeah. a potent love spell. It's just something that went kind of funky, yeah. and yes. it, but it, 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 right, but it doesn't escalate as quickly as Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. It's not right. that kind of spell. Yeah, it's not that kind of love spell. Um, but you know, we we also have Xander say the line, "I'm just in hell." Mm -hmm. That's a bit shadow selfie for Angel. Yeah, just a tad. Just a, just a tad, yep. which kind of, you know, that, that also brings a little bit of complication into the metaphor. Right. Um, in the right way. Yes. Um, the terrible thing, of course, that Willow was talking about uh, was Buffy and Cordelia wanting to destroy each other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Xander says he was talking about that as well. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, Willow insists that uh, this is all their fault and they need to fix it because meddling is pretty much what Willow does. But Xander is skeptical about how this could be their, uh, be his fault. Willow explains that they uh, they have been helping Cordy out of guilt because Xander has totally cheated on her at this point, and Willow has betrayed her pretty solid friendship. Mm-hmm. Willow continues to flip out. No com- mention of Oz, by I the way. I know, right? Seriously. That's conspicuous. Yeah. Uh, Willow continues to flip out, comparing it all to the eventual destruction of the Earth, but Xander tells her to calm down. Uh, he is <laughs> sure they'll think it's of something. like Willow read the script. Right. <laughs> Fast forward a couple of seasons. Uh, he's sure they'll think of something. Uh, he he thought being a senior and having a girlfriend would be positive things, and and they are if you don't fuck them up, dude. I know, not his fault. Whatever. <laughs> I can still be a little irritated. Yeah. Uh, then uh, because because he doesn't go to Cordy and say there's something wrong with me. Well, that, I think that's part of the spell, and it's part Xander, and it's part mostly Xander because yeah. Xander Xander has not hit the Zeppo yet, so he mm-hmm. hides what he it's does true. wrong. Yes, it's true. He, he, he he tries it in the Zeppo. It doesn't work, so he has to well, try a different tech. All but... men are beasts, and <laughs> he is still beastie. Well, and and it's, I mean, he just, I mean, the bottom line is, until he hits the Zeppo, he thinks that he can lie in cover. Mm-hmm. He thinks that's okay. And so he's still in lie in cover mode. And then in the Zeppo, he learns that you can't just bury things, Xander. They come, come right, right up, up and get you. Get you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then Willow steers things right back to physical by complimenting his mouth, and they get all touchy and hand-holdy and knock it off. it's fucking gross yes and we're not told with camera angles that it's good no and the music is ominous it's all fucking fucked up yeah there is nothing about how this is being portrayed that tells us that we should be going for this relationship and in later episodes it's going to double down and it's it's going to say that it's bad and it's a dead relationship and and stop it yep Um, even if the big theory is wrong with the spell, this is now officially pre- premeditated cheating, which is a whole different thing from getting all caught up in the hormones. Mm-hmm. And also reinstigated by Willow. Yes. Again. Every time. Every time. Every time. Yep. Uh, Willow asks what they're going to do, and Xander suggests getting Buffy and Cordelia to communicate, but of course Willow was talking about the cheating this time <laughs> <laughs> as a solution. For... <laughs> I gotta say, this is my favorite conversation mechanic. This, yes. Like when, when the one show loves thinks, this. Yes. Yeah, I, this, I, I mean, this I, is as, I this is much fun as the voiceover, this other scene yes. kind of, yeah. And at that this is one of my favorite things to do in my own writing, I will say, yeah. is to have one character talking about something and then the other character pick it up and the other one not realize. Right. Like, yeah. And as, as a solution, of course, for this problem, I think that we at the Dodgers Club podcast would suggest knocking it the fuck off mm-hmm. and avoiding situations like this where they both sit on a bed and hold hands. Yeah. Ugh. Maybe not with the Willow's room. Assholes. Which doesn't seem to be Willow's room. She moved things around. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Buffy, looking very cute in her dress, gets into the limo and turns around expecting to see Faith, her actual date. She on the way up. She, to the yes, the, yeah. I, I, I will definitely point out that, that before she got into the limo, I mean, she seemed a little shy about her, about, around her limo driver, who, the groom's daughter, uh, but she, <laughs> she was, she was shooting some looks into the dark limo windows just like she would with a male date and she was doing the Princess Diaries walk, let's say. Yes, yes, she, she was, was doing the... Like I said, all but twirling. She was doing everything but the let's give us a twirl. It was the shy little, like, I'm so pretty kind yes, of a oh, walk. I'm so, oh, I'm so, I'm so coquettish. I just happen to be walking so nicely down, yes. like, almost like I'm down a runway. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if Buffy... I spent so much money on this dress. Oh, my God. <laughs> a, a year's worth of allowance on that dress. Yes. 
kind of an important date if you're spending like a year's a, worth of allowance. That's a good, I mean, prom dresses, they run a good 150 to 300. Right. And she's probably, I mean, Buffy's probably exaggerating a little bit, but this was a big purchase for her. Yeah. And her date was Faith. <laughs> yes. Well, even when she gets in, she does the funny, like, look oh. out the window. You know, she kind of looks out the window like, oh, yeah, just take right. a minute to bath. She, she does the the little, I'm going to turn dramatically and look at Faith thing. Yeah. Because Faith is supposed to be in that seat. <laughs> so she looks away and then, t- where's Faith? Yeah. Immediately. <laughs> this is, gentle listeners, if, we, if you don't believe us yet on the Buffy and Faith thing, imagine this scene with a dude sitting there and it's yes. the same. If, it, if she was expecting say angel and she got scott yes it would be the same and got cordy expecting angel and got cordy expecting faith and got cordy it's exactly the same thing even xander and got cordy she's doing the pretty ship that like well but she already rejected xander so it's not yes yes so it's i mean if she okay if she was expecting angel and got xander Mm -hmm. that would be it where's angel right yeah, exactly. Yeah. That would be the heterosexual version. Yes. If it would. she was if she was expecting Angel and God Sander, where's Angel? <laughs> yeah. What cause she did the little walk and everything. Yeah. If Buffy just had her <laughs> seriously, it's so obvious. Why don't yes. people see this? I don't know. I really don't know. If Buffy had just had her platonic good buddy Faith sitting in the limo, she wouldn't have been terribly <laughs> concerned about number one, how much her dress cost. Yeah. <laughs> and number two how uh, she was strolling across her lawn. Mm-hmm. Would she? Also, uh, Buffy's wearing red, which means she has weakened herself in some way. She is being more vulnerable in some way. Mm-hmm. Opening herself up. And Opening it's, it's kind of like a, up. It's almost like a salmon. It is. Well, it's, it's the peachy red. Yes, it is. She's so it's just not, peachy. It's not weakness as yeah. much as... Um, I look damn good in this color. Exactly. And yeah. I'm, I'm ready to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm willing to open up to you. And poor gal gets cordy. <laughs> Who's in green? Who's in the opposite color? Absolutely. Or as they joke, they're Christmas. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so I mean, watch, if you haven't seen the scene in a while and or, and or you're not convinced about the Buffy and Faith thing, which I don't mm-hmm. know why you're still listening to this podcast if you're not. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a long road if you're not Just watch that. this scene. Watch <laughs> as Buffy gets in the, she gets in the limo. She closes the door. She takes a breath and she turns around like she's going to see Faith. And then she sees Cordy, and, and seriously, she's like, she asks what the fuck is going on and where Faith is. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what she asks. Yeah. Where's Faith? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, there's no, if this was a platonic thing, she'd be like, oh, are we picking up Faith after? Or like, yeah, what totally, happened? But, but where's Faith? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where's my date, you bitch? I just went through so much work. What did you do with my date, <laughs> is what she's asking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's probably also wondering how she keeps ending up on dates with cordelia <laughs> since this is the second one uh-huh. <laughs> it's true you gotta admire buffy's dating prowess because because you know cordy's a hot ticket uh-huh as is faith hmm. <laughs> and angel well done buffy yes. this, yeah. <laughs> but i mean for somebody who pretends she doesn't like girls she dates some hot girls <laughs> it's true it's very true <laughs> I, I put Angel in that mix. I think He's Angel's a pretty, a pretty hot well, girl. just to walk him home. Yeah. <laughs> he has a pretty name. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> Cordy silently hands her a note that explains that, <laughs> that Buffy and Cordy are being forced to make up during their ride to the dance, and they'd better make the most of it because the limo wasn't cheap. <laughs> they both sigh. Buffy notices that the gang even bought them corsages, which will be important later. And Cordy says she already scored the orchid. <laughs> The driver at one of the Grunstrahlers puts an earpiece 
uh, in his ear so he can hear his handler and drives away. As they ride, they also bicker about the corsages. The orchid goes better with Cordelia's complexion. Naturally, Buffy snarks about the sallow tint. <laughs> they pull to a stop and hear the driver running off. They get out to find, so awesomely, a television and VCR powered by a couple of car batteries. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy follows the instructions on the giant sign to press play <laughs> and Mr. Trick appears on the TV to gleefully welcome the two Slayers to Slayer Fest 98. Mr. Trick is definitely slipping a bit though. He really thinks that they've turned the tables and the Slayers are now the hunted. Uh, I don't I don't think he really knows much about Slayers a- no, at all. No. They're no. always the hunters, way more so than vampires. Oh yeah. Uh, he grins and tells them that they have 30, no, 17 seconds to run away. He tells Faith. <laughs> <laughs> and the camera and they pans show to Courtney. Courtney. <laughs> That's so awesome. It's like the camera angles just play it like it was supposed to be Faith. So I love like, it Faith. so much. <laughs> oh, and Buffy. To have a nice death. And the video goes to a cheap 90s Slayer Fest logo graphics. <laughs> and Courtney yells out that they're idiots because they couldn't even manage step one of Slayer Fest to find both Slayers. <laughs> they have instead found one Slayer and one Homecoming Queen. Uh, her lecture is interrupted when someone shoots at them and blows up the TV and they run away. At the dance, Oz's band is playing and Willow and Xander look like they're trapped in hell. <laughs> Good cheaters faith joins them all kinds of femmed up and, and waiting for her date with buffy and immediately calls them on being mopey mopers uh, xander says that no they're not moping they're listening to oz the bestest human ever willow says oz wrote this particular song for her even faith doesn't give much of a shit about how weird they are because she's spotted scott hope and his date aside from living on the Hellmouth in general this might be the closest scott ever comes uh, to an early and violent death because faith is seriously pissed off she informs willow that scott is a sleaze bag and leaves disgustedly <laughs> giles runs up and says they need to find buffy because of the terrible thing that is happening right now xander and willow look over mopily and giles confesses he was just fucking with them <laughs> he, then he goes off in search of finger sandwiches giles is a bit giddy isn't he, he sure is in the woods, Cordy suggests that they tell everyone she isn't a slayer and that there's been a big mistake. But worried about the wrong thing, Cordy. <laughs> However, uh, Cordy has a great moment when she stops Buffy from getting her leg caught in a bear trap, and then Buffy saves Cordy from getting shot, and then Buffy picks up the bear trap and hucks it at the guy, <laughs> making him uh, step in another trap. Hoist by his own petard. That's my favorite. Uh, Buffy picks up his, uh, the guy's rifle and starts threatening him, as you do. She wants information on how many people are hunting them and what sorts of weapons they're up against. He seems to be resisting in, until Buffy makes it clear that she speaks rifle. Uh, he spills. In addition to him, there are two Germans with AR-15s and a grenade launcher and a spiky-headed demon with throwing knives and the newlywed Gorches. Uh, he also he had a demon looking thing. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> he uh, also tells them that the Germans are being tracked by their boss, so they have extra help. He yells at Buffy to get him out of his trap, and Cordy wants to, him to uh, pass on the word that they've only got one Slayer in their Slayer Fest. Uh, but she's interrupted by Spiky Head's knives embedding themselves into a tree before she can finish. See, I'm, I'm so curious about these knives. Do they regenerate? Does he have to get them back? What happens? They come out of his arms. How does it happen? Does it come from his bones? Does he use if he uses too many of them? Does he get all floppy armed? Is he not able to use them anymore? What happens? Um, I think they're like hiding places. They look like bone knives for sure. Uh, yeah. But I think he pulls them out of the tree. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But that, like, but what happens? Does he? 
Do they come out of his head? Is that what they're made of? What do they have? No, they come out of his forearms. Okay. I know, but they come out of his forearms. But where do they come? Do they migrate from his head? What? <laughs> well, Lauren's heart is in his ass. So it could be anything. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Maybe uh, his forearms are his ass in that particular type of demon of the whatever clan. I've had too much to drink for this conversation. <laughs> you started it, man. <laughs> I'm just dying to know. <laughs> uh, Giles is browsing the sandwiches as Faith stalks by him. Now, even those who are not fans of Faith see this as one of her most crowning moments of awesome. <laughs> she perkily informs Scott that the doctor said that the itching should and, sw- and the swelling and the burning should clear up, but... We've got to keep using the ointment. She accompanies this with hand gestures that make it very clear which area (laughs) Scott needs to apply the ointment to. As she leaves, she tells Scott's new chick hi and gives him a little extra grab and jostle just so there's no mistake that he better watch his fucking ass. And this was, was all revenge for hurting Buffy's feelings. As if his genitals ever contacted a female pack. Seriously. Pack? Set. I love that little grab and jostle though. Oh, that yeah. is my favorite. My my favorite is the is the very explicit explicit ball motions. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean honestly, is anyone surprised that Scott told everybody Buffy was gay? No. Well, and it's a good cover for him. Sure. I'm not gay. Buffy's gay. But he I'm not crying, you're crying. Buffy's girlfriend almost just like kicked his ass. That's true. <laughs> if anybody thinks that Buffy is legitimately gay, it's Scott. Oh yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And uh, Scott, of course, stammers at his date. Giles tells the still mummy Xander and Willow that he isn't impressed with the finger sandwiches and that he's <laughs> heading back to the library. He says he'll be back uh, to find out if Buffy is elected and compliments them on stealing uh, on uh, stuffing Buffy and Cordy into the limo so they can work out their issues. He leaves. And he, he hands his food off to Xander. I know, I love that. Who then picks it up and, like, taps it against the side of his face. Yes. Like, I just... <laughs> Yes. I love how casual they all are. Because well, he other does, Xander point. doesn't even realize he's holding food no, because he he's so distracted. He's just like he's just tapping like he a thinks, little hot dog. Yeah, he thinks it's an object. Face. He has no idea. <laughs> Giles leaves, and Xander and Willow continue to mope. Since the two of them shouldn't be left to their own devices or judgment, they don't think it's weird that it's taken hours for Buffy and Cordelia to take the short ride from <laughs> Buffy's house to the dance. They're thinking yeah. Buffy and Cordy are working out their issues. If it really had taken this long, they should be extra worried that the delay involves the emergency room and Buffy, try- and Buffy trying to explain how Cordy got mangled. Yeah, or, or like emergency grave digging. Seriously. Like, yeah. Well, Buffy would come to her senses and be like, oh, fuck, sorry, and, you know, drive Cordy to the ER. But there would be, you know, yeah. hi. Yeah. Um, and okay, here we go. We're going we're gonna to take a, a, a second and do a snapshot of Bunny, Buffy's uh, inner workings because we've got all her parts in one place here. Mm-hmm. So... Her heart and spirit are having trouble resisting their impulses as related to old feelings that shouldn't be revisited. That would certainly be for Angel. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, her mind is sort of giddy. We've seen that Angel doesn't really inspire giddiness, um, even when they were originally dating and hot and heavy, because uh, he has the added baggage of being a vampire, and she wasn't giddy about breaking up with Scott. We saw that. Mm-hmm. So we're left with Faith as the love interest who could be making her giddy. Everything else pisses her off, and uh, she certainly seemed excited about getting in that limo. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Anywho, <laughs> uh, Buffy and Cordy barricade themselves into an abandoned house, and Buffy hopes they'll be safe there. She tells Cordelia to find a weapon, and uh, Cordy starts to freak out because she's pretty sure she's going to die. 
Buffy is all slayer business and eye rolls, though, and tells Cordy <laughs> that death is much more likely if she stands in the middle of the room and freaks out. Cordy says she'll never be homecoming queen or graduate from high school or know if her relationship with Xander is the real thing or if she just thinks she loves him. Oh, I still want to punch Willow and or Xander, depending on who what the reason is for their cheating. I know. For me, it's Willow. Yeah. Even without the love spell, Willow... Well, the Zeppo hasn't happened yet, so Xander's stupid because the Zeppo hasn't happened yet. Yes, and, and any... Even as an adult 30s-plus female... Mm -hmm. I know if a friend of mine is in a relationship or wants to be in a relationship mm -hmm. or is working on being in a committed relationship mm -hmm. and they happen to have a penis mm -hmm. or the metaphorical penis, I guess, depending, uh, that I don't go, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to be all non-inclusive. Um, <laughs> if, if you happen to identify as male, I guess you could say. You don't go, like, shoving your tits in their face and trying to kiss them when they're kind of at a disadvantage. Let's, let's say this. If the person that you're dealing with has had access to testosterone... There you go. They have uh, impulse issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying the rapist. I'm saying that yeah. if somebody is consensually shoving their tits in their face, they're going to be like, ooh, tits. Yeah. I mean, I, I have no... And testosterone is a thing. Think of it. <laughs> kind of like i mean and and maybe i'm overreaching because we are two women um but i mean i kind i almost think of it like under the influence of heavy testosterone it's almost like they're drunk well like, um if you're if you're really shoving like especially this situation where he's watching you undress behind a backlit sure. screen well actually i i mean i i guess we should do a call out now to our gentle listeners uh if um <laughs> If you're doing any kind of uh, transitioning from gender to gender, mm -hmm. uh, um, gentle listeners, please let us know. We would love to know what it feels like to go from being a chick to taking testosterone. What is it like to be a dude? Yes, we would love to know your experience. We, we want to know the contrast yes, because we only be know what it's like to, to be chicks. Yeah, we'd happy, be happy to get an audio file, something we can read online, or if you feel like if you, you just want to record it and send it to us, absolutely. Yeah. If you if you if you would like, type out an email. Um, if you want us to, if we have a bunch of questions, if you feel comfortable. Uh, send us an, a, a phone number and we'll call you up and ask you yeah, questions. Yeah, we can do a Skype session on, I would, on, on I would, podcast, whatever. Like, Zoom, whatever. Yeah. Uh, something nice and easy. Um, we would love to know what it feels like because we've heard some stuff about what it's like to take testosterone mm -hmm. and feel the difference. I've also read a couple of things on what it's like to be a dude and take estrogen for a health issue and start crying at coffee commercials. So <laughs> the hormones I am, are... I am premenstrual right now. I am right there. Hormones are an extremely powerful thing, and we would love mm -hmm. to hear the contrast between the two. Yeah. Uh, so if you, if you feel comfortable, please, I mean, do you it anonymously. You don't have to use your real name. No, you, anonymously or just say, I want to be anonymous. Mm -hmm. We're not going to look you up. We're not going to dox you. We're not assholes. Yeah, you know that no. by now. Yeah. So we would, But we would love to know because... Especially yeah. if you're a teenage dude mm -hmm. and you've got all that testosterone just going crazy. It was hard enough to having all that estrogen going crazy as a teenager. Yeah. I can't imagine what it's like to have that testosterone. If somebody's shoving their boobs in your face, you're going to go with the boobs. Mm -hmm. You just are. Well, and there there are even times, particularly, I mean, and going back to kind of the conversations happening globally right now, where if you feel like someone has more power than you in the situation, mm -hmm. you're more likely to give in sexually. Right. Even so, it's it's kind of a complicit consent. It's not quite consent. You don't know if you'd actually have done that without the situation involved, you know. So, like, would the kiss have gone over in Xander's room? Right, kind of thing. Would would if if Willow had gone to Xander's house, 
without the setup of the music and everything, would it have been the same situation as if they'd been in his room? Right. Would it have been the same if they'd been in a locker room at school? Like there's, there's a lot of power plays that happen. Right. And, and I do think hormones really play into that. I mean, the, the most powerful people on this show are Buffy and Faith. I think in general... And then coming in third is Willow. Yeah, and, and I think in general... I think women have a lot more power, and that's why it's always being taken away from us. We just don't know as that we far do. as as far as sexuality goes, because we have a finite resource. Well, I mean, if and if you I, I think if that's you ever... part of why it's so hard to control <laughs> us, or that people try to control if us. If you've ever met a gal who's the uh, master of the tease, mm-hmm. master of the the, the you had a friend like that in high school. Of course, I remember. Yes, she was fabulous. The, the flute player one. Yeah. Yeah, she was... Well, whose like, name I'm not going to say. No, but she, she had a trail of men. Yes. Just trotting along after and her. And she, she wasn't like a 10 either. She was, you know, she was an average looking gal. Yeah, she, well, she was, she was um, totally uh, Nora from Doll's House, right? She was not good yes. looking, but everyone thought she was. Yes. And it was... She had mastered that the art of the Narn. Mm-hmm. Uh, the art of the tease of the Narn. Yes. And, I mean, and they're Mormon people. They're, they're, they're what, the Narn wasn't even on the table. Yeah, the Narn wasn't even you up had to for put offer. a ring on it and then wait to get married to it before you even got to think right. about the Narn. Nobody was pursuing the puss. Like yeah. nobody was pursuing sex. Nobody expected sex in this in any way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she was like she was like the fan dancer or some fucking thing. Yeah, where, seriously, like it's she true. showed I was, she showed I no, this. Yeah, she yeah. showed nothing. She I mean there was no. She, but she was a she was a master of the tease mm-hmm. and not the sexual tease, just the, the tease of some kind. And I oh could, yeah yeah and. She was directing it at dudes, so I was impervious to it. But it was fascinating to watch. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I remember. There's one dude he that she brought over that had like fallen in love with her during a recital because she was wearing a green dress or something like this. Was that I or W? I or D? Don't remember. I just remember that it was because of a recital. Tall blonde guy. No, he's swarthy. He was like Latin or something. Right. D's friend. Okay. <laughs> Which is even more awkward. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, was like all all he had to do and was see her play the flute. Which is not flute playing is not a sexy instrument. No. It's we not have the, to it's this, not the guitar. You have to induce a double chin. It's not the guitar or the drums. No. I mean you yeah. have to do things with your face that no one wants to do. There's no right, and there's and nothing the, sexy. And she could, <laughs> she could with a look have these guys turn at each other like dogs, like yeah. like a pack of angry dogs. They would turn at each other over like, over you know food or something. Yeah, like it was yes. And so the Narn itself it has so much power that is untapped, mm-hmm. and it's unfair to, to to use that Narn that way. But but it works really well. Um, yeah. But that's so, also but the fact that, that that some narns can have that power drives a lot of of non narns yes to try and control them dingles let's call yes. them narns and dingles well, yeah, narns, and, narns dingles. and dingles we will get into this more when we get into uh, she oh in yes Angel. we yes. will discuss the narn power so much in she, she you she will not a... want to hear the word narn ever again she it, she is so deep that I actually have fallen asleep a couple of times because it gets so deep into the whole gender dynamics thing yeah. <laughs> Like, I like it, but it's really deep. It is really deep. And, and, and I, I think that's why I a do, lot of I mean, people don't like the episode, because either you watch it on the surface and you're bored, or you watch it deeply and you're disturbed it took and you me, have to back away. It took me five tries, actually. I oh, fell wow. asleep the force four times, and then I 
because I, I mean, I watch these shows while I sleep because blah 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 blah. But it was, and it happened to, to come in when I was kind of mm-hmm. drifting well, what off. Better and thing to put into your subconscious than Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, Angel, but yeah, um, well, Angel, whichever. It's the same. yeah, I know, yeah. I know. But um, but uh, when I finally, finally, I finally was able to kind of click into it, and it was really fascinating. But the first mm-hmm. four times, like it was so deep, I couldn't stay awake for it. They actually take away. Not it's not even like a a, a clitorectomy. They take away their desire. Right. All desire. Which means they have complete power. Yeah. Complete power. And they power. say, you'll feel so much better when we take this away from you. Yeah. It's for you. You'll feel so much better. Right. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that episode. It should be pretty good to dig into. I will be reading my book, Cunt, beforehand. The Declaration of Independence. Yes. Yeah. But um, but no, the, 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 the gals who have been able to, to harness the power of the Narn have all the power. Mm-hmm. And the poor dudes have no power. Yeah. So they decide that's never going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. And they really work to squish that and take care of it and get rid of it and control but they, it. But that goes back to our original thing where the mm-hmm. thing that is important is not the gender, but the power. Exactly. It's the power. It is. It is the power. And if you have a certain amount of power, you need to be careful with that power. Right. And so, you know, if I if I know a male friend of mine even knows that I'm attracted to them because just knowing someone's attracted to you makes you kind of attracted to them anyway. Sure. It's, it's a scarcity resource reaction. Um, Oh, it's better than being attracted to somebody who doesn't want your fucking ass. Well, yeah. And, and so it's, it's automatically, if you know, somebody's like all about you, like Willow is automatically plan B for Xander, even though he doesn't think about her that Mm -hmm. way. She is automatically plan B. Mm -hmm. Um, just by the fact that he knows that she has those feelings for him. Right. So, when she starts to show those feelings a lot more explicitly after he's shown even a little bit of interest, mm-hmm. he will automatically respond. Yes. Yeah. I mean, especially where it's, we're at a point where Cordy is extending herself out and showing how mm-hmm. popular she really is and Xander's mm-hmm. feeling insecure. This yeah. is the perfect time for either a spell or Willow or Willow doing a spell or whatever the combination is mm-hmm. for her to take advantage of him, which she does. She's the yes. one who's the aggressor because yes. he is feeling a little insecure. I mean, he's on Cordy's list of weaknesses that Buffy sees. Yeah. He's a weakness. Yeah. And Cordy doesn't see him that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but he sees himself as that way and everybody else sees him as that way. So he's feeling insecure. And so Willow swoops in and is like, no, I've always been there for you. Blah, 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 blah. blah. Don't listen to that Cordy chick. Mm-hmm. And takes him away from her. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's all about who has the power. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, so it doesn't really matter if there's a spell involved or not. The power is the spell. Mm-hmm. She is the babe with the power. <laughs> what power? Yeah. <laughs> well, and um, I mean, and we see that here where where Cordy is sad uh, that she'll never have the chance to tell Xander that she loves him. And Buffy is, you know, false slayer, so she does the sighing eye roll that is a specialty. <laughs> she does the, the uh, I, I call it the Anne eye roll. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> it's so great. Like, <sighs> she tells Cordy that she will indeed get the chance to tell Xander that she loves him. She gives a pep talk about how they're going to be fine, and they're going to get out of there and go to the library where Giles and the rest of the weapons live. <laughs> I love that Giles is a weapon. Of course he is. He's Ripper, for God's sake. He kicks <laughs> you in right? the kidney and you die. Yes. Giles and the rest of the weapons. I just, that's one of my favorite lines. She's seen Giles throw a punch. She, oh, you know, yeah. she knows. Well, and the mind is the greatest weapon. Yes. And then yes. Buffy is going to kill the bad guys and win <laughs> Homecoming Queen. 
Cordy says she knows the game Buffy is playing and that Buffy is trying to piss her off so much <laughs> she forgets to be afraid. This does have a tendency to work with Cordy as, as <laughs> just remembering that she's proud of being a bitch. Yes. <laughs> we love that. Uh, Buffy's strategy is working quite well and Cordy wants to know where a, a damn weapon is. <laughs> I love how Buffy is all, okay, good, and turns back to the window. <laughs> as Cordy rummages under a chicken lamp, Buffy asks if she really loves Xander because <laughs> the non-slayer has kicked in all of a sudden. Uh, Cordy confirms that he has indeed grown on her like a chia pet. She probably shows off the weapon she's found. A spatula. <laughs> Buffy isn't impressed. Cordy says it was a, the spatula or the telephone, and Buffy's all a phone. Really? <laughs> Cordy gestures with the spatula and then realizes the phones don't have to be weapons and can be used for calling for help. The Grunstaller's handler is narrating to Mr. Trick about his technological superiority as he uses his computer to hone in on Buffy's phone call. Buffy's leaving a message for Giles, but is cut off in the middle uh, by Mr. Technological Superiority. <laughs> the hunter dude is still trying to pull his leg out of the bear trap when Kulak of the Mequot clan and his spiky head offer to lop, lop it off for him. He, he declines, politely. The Grinchstallers are receiving Buffy's position from their handler and are closing in. In the library, Giles listens to Buffy's message and realizes he shouldn't have tempted fate by joking about this kind of thing earlier. <laughs> Cordy has realized that her dates with Buffy have a tendency to end in violence and terror. <laughs> See, it's too bad Faith wasn't there. She would have loved it, and uh, she and Buffy would have cut through these nimrods like knives through butter. <laughs> like nice, hot, piping knives right through butter <laughs> with this whole Slayer Fest yes. exercise. Yeah, that would have lasted two seconds. Seriously. Not even a little. Seriously. Yeah. Not no. a, even a thing. No. Uh, Buffy bids Cordy welcome to every single day of her life. <laughs> Cordy says that she has no desire to have Buffy's life well, um, yet. <clears throat> she wants her own life. Buffy offers the door. Cordy says she just wanted to be homecoming queen for hell's sake. And Buffy says that's all she wanted too. And grumbles about spending a year's worth of allowance on her dress that she bought for Faith. Hmm. Cordy, though, says she doesn't know why Buffy would give a fuck about being homecoming queen when she's a badass superhero. <laughs> Buffy replies that that uh, what they're doing now is all her life is, and she never gets a break. She doesn't think that Cordy can understand, and she can't really yet. <laughs> Buffy, oh, she will. <laughs> yeah, she can be a big, uh, fucking badass hero. <laughs> Buffy says uh, she thought being homecoming queen would give her something in her human life to be proud of. Proof in the yearbook that she was once a regular person. That for one moment she got to live in the world. Since we're all about queer stuff, it's important that this one moment she wanted so she could live in the world is also the one moment when she got to go to the dance with a pretty girl. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Buffy confesses that she was hoping that, that this would be proof that she was chosen for something other than this. In Lie to Me, we talked about how we would always know that Buffy is still herself if she's making choices, and she still is. She chose to go for Homecoming Queen, and she chose to try to recapture uh, some of her human life, and of course she chose to go with Faith. Buffy pumps the rifle and says she also looks good at Tiara. <laughs> <laughs> Cordy was really listening during this conversation, too, and this is the beginning of Cordy's own jury journey to become a hero. It's a really important moment for her, and this is Cordy's episode from now on. This is, this is Sid's message to Buffy, only for Cordy. Buffy to Cordy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They hear some growly sorts of noises outside, and Kulak jumps through the window and goes after Buffy with his, with his knives. She fends him off. Uh, with some antlers. Well, 20 pizza on him with the spatula. <laughs> Buffy says, core the gun. 
I think this might be the first time Buffy has used a nickname for Cordy when she wasn't under the influence of a love spell, so that's pretty adorable. Mm-hmm. Cordy gets the gun and, and shoots a bottle off the wall, even though Kulak was about two feet in front of her. Bonding is over, and Cordy sa- uh, Buffy says, Cordelia, the spatula. <laughs> so I might add, I was just double checking on this. I wondered what you were doing over there. Uh, yes, I, I am. Because um, you're not paying just, any attention to the no, joke. I, I, am, I am totally paying attention, <laughs> but I'm totally paying attention. I'm uh-huh. listening. Orchids. We had a big thing about the orchid. Cordy. Orchid, the orchid. Cordy took the orchid, yes. Yes. Sallow complexion. Uh, so, there's a Greek legend about how the name orchid came about. It said that there was a young man, young youth named Orchis, who was the son of a nymph and a satyr, and he was attending a festival of Bacchus. Oh, the god of wine and parties. Yeah, who might come up next episode. Just a, um, bit. Just a little mm-hmm. bit. And the god of wine, yeah, one evening he indulged too much in the plentiful beverage. And he let his passions get the better of him and accosted uh, one of the worshippers of Bacchus, a high priestess. The satyrs are wont to do. See, if I remember correctly from my readings in, you know, all of it is metamorphoses, Bacchus doesn't take kindly to people overstepping their bounds because Mm. he gives them room for wine and parties, but everything is supposed to be consensual. And when Bacchus is in charge, the women are in charge. That's the thing about Mm -hmm. about the uh, Because consent is in charge. Yes. Consent is... Women Oddly were, enough, consent was pretty important in Roman culture. Yes, and, and women were very oppressed in Roman culture, or in, in Greek culture, I should say. Women were really oppressed. And so when they worshipped Bacchus, they actually got one or two days where they mm-hmm. got to take control of their lives and go out and do things. And, and the maenads, that's what they were called. Mm-hmm. They, they were able to tear men limb from limb at the will of Bacchus. Right. Um, so, yeah, so the satyr raped this woman, and Bacchus turned him into a flower. And a pretty, pretty flower. Yes, and if you pull it up by the roots, it looks like testicles. And the, the top of it looks like a narn. Yes. So. I mean, doesn't look like a narn, Georgia <laughs> O'Keefe. <laughs> and it was, I, I think, I believe it was, um, yeah, they, they tore him apart because it was disrespectful. I want to say that they, they tore him apart. And then the, the dude's father prayed to the gods to make him whole again. And that's when Bacchus was like, fine, he's a flower. So, right. yeah, so that's, I mean, that's kind of a fun little mm-hmm. foreshadowing. It has nothing to do with the current story at hand, but the shooting the bottle off the wall and the orchid mm-hmm. just is kind of like a nod to what's about to come well, and it's, I mean, with it's, band candy. Yeah, band candy, absolutely. And and also, I mean, Cordy's hero journey. She, mm-hmm. she goes through a lot of situations over at Angel of the Series that are out of her control, but at the very la- her very last episode, she takes complete control. Mm-hmm. And she rocks it out, and yep. she changes the world. And yep. I, mean, I, I think is her whole character arc is right here mm-hmm. in the orchid yeah, thing and taking totally. making her choice. Um, and uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> choosing her own destiny despite her, you know, multiple pregnancies. Honestly, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. And she's definitely a nymph in this situation. Oh, for sure, as, as well as know. Cordelia May Queen. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. So yeah, I mean, it's just kind of a fun that she chose yeah. the orchid. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's and by choosing the orchid, she's choosing her destiny. She is yeah. on her hero's path now, from yeah. now on. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. So yeah, sorry, I was I was reading, but no, I, very it nice. was, yeah. I, was, I just kept thinking orchid, orchid. There's something There's about orchids something that I read. Yeah, so that's uh, that's what the yes, very nice, about. good yes. find. Because we uh, never know what Buffy's wearing. Right. Yeah, she doesn't. I mean, Buffy's it looks like, like a carnation. Yeah, it does. We but we never. Yeah, it. it's not important. They don't talk yeah, about what. Yeah, they just talk about how it matches her skin with the sallow tint and like. Yeah, it's the just, orchid it's, does. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean, in, in, in a weird kind of passive aggressive 
you know, mirror kind of shadow self argument, Cordy is saying, I've chosen my path. Uh huh. And Buffy is saying it suits you. Yep. And. Fine, copy me, bitch. Yeah, I mean, it, but it's in a weird way. If, I mean, if you grade them yeah. both on a curve, because they should both be graded on a curve in this episode because mm-hmm. they're in full bitch mode. Yes. It's really kind of a sweet conversation. It is. I've chosen my path. Congratulations, mm-hmm. Cordy. Yeah, well, being a bitch at each other is how they show respect for they each other. They love each other. Yeah. Those, these two love each other, yeah. and that's how this they show it. It's a lovely date. Yeah, it's, it's I mean... Well, and, and Cordelia, you know, in, the, in the conversation that just happened, you know, we get to express that she always wished she could be like Buffy. Oh, yeah. And, and well, because we Cordy's like, why the fuck do you give a shit about Homecoming Queen when you're the fucking yeah. superhero? Well, and, and then Buffy's little rant sets into motion. I mean, I'm convinced that Cordelia is the one that gives her the class protection award. That's that set up. Absolutely. Well, and, I mean, <laughs> we just barely recorded the Zeppo, so we're right. But <laughs> yeah. um, Cordy does other stuff. I'm just going to say Cordy does other stuff. Yes. That's important. Yes. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Yes. Let's keep going. Yeah. Stay tuned. For like for a while. episodes yeah, from for now. like ten episodes from now, we're talking about the Zeppo. It'd be really cool. <laughs> uh, the Grinch dollars are, are approaching Buffy and Cordy's hiding hiding place, and their handler tells them to prepare to launch. Buffy continues fighting with Kulak as the uh, Grinch dollars load their grenade launcher. Cordy tosses the rifle to Buffy, who discovers the click that Cordy has shot the last round, and now the the rifle is empty. <laughs> the grenade pops into the room, and Buffy and Kulak share a look. And then Buffy grabs Cordy and jumps through some of the boards blocking the window. Gorlock isn't quite as strong as a vampire slayer, so he lands up against the boards of his window with a thud and then falls back into the room and is thoroughly blown up by the grenade. Buffy and Cordelia take off for the library, with the Grinch dollars falling behind. In the library, the new Mrs. Gorch is enjoying the weapon supply. She says she wants to kill Buffy with, as a wedding gift because it's somehow Buffy's fault that Lyle's brother, Tector, got himself eaten by the bazaar. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> he was just too trusting is all. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they're impatient, but Lyle says they're in a good spot because Buffy will be meeting Giles there. Giles, who is now unconscious on the floor <laughs> because gingerbread has not happened yet. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the Grinch Dollars uh, handler informs Mr. Trick that he's tracking Buffy and Cordy back into town. Mr. Trick is entertained that the Slayers are doing so well in Slayer Fest and, and yeah. This, <laughs> we're just going to say again that this would have been really quick if there had actually been two slayers. Oh my god! If one slayer plus Cordelia chasing the spatula have given them this much trouble, <laughs> seriously, well, like Buffy would have been the bait and Faith would have circled back around and she killed everything. Just, like, chasing killed, her. They would have killed fucking everybody. Like, yeah. like, two seconds, <laughs> and they wouldn't even have been must. Yeah, <laughs> they would have just had to like redo their hair. They may have had to eat. <laughs> We stopped for donuts, what? <laughs> That's why our hair isn't messed up. <laughs> you hungry? Starved. Starved. <laughs> heave, heave, heaving breath. Heaving. <laughs> heaving breath. <laughs> There's a knock at the door, and Mr. Trick answers it continually, and, and, and he's grabbed by the SDPD LOL. <laughs> he protests that they don't have a warrant, but this is the SDPD LOL, Mr. Trick. They shoot at unarmed teenagers. Yes. And, and lots of this in the next little bit of dialogue, lots of hand waving to the fact that he knows he's a black man. And and, and Mr. Trick, since his, since his yes. arrival in Sunnydale, has talked about the Caucasian persuasion. Yes. It's, we love Mr. Trick. Yeah, it's great. Because <laughs> we live in the land of the Caucasian persuasion. Yes, we do. Our local liquor store actually has Mr. Trick working there. <gasps> oh, it does? Because he's fully aware of the Caucasian persuasion. Yes. He's awesome. <laughs> 
Yes. Hi, liquor store guy. You're <laughs> fucking stud. We love you. <laughs> yeah, poor guy. He's like, it's like, oh my god, all these white people. I Jesus know, Christ. He's from Chicago. I think he's from Chicago. Detroit. Detroit. Oh, that's right. He's from Detroit. Right. Mercy. Yeah. No, it's a tough town, man. Yeah. <laughs> he's very much enjoying being surrounded by white people. So I've been fucking good for him. Uh, it's if that makes you sound too racist, please edit it out. But I, I mean, no, I don't think so. I, I hope mean... not, because fuck. We have to acknowledge the fact that people are other things than white. Sometimes. Yeah, in case you've heard otherwise, we actually do Especially have black people because here. because Mr. Trick, you know, he says you don't have a warrant, which means he's been arrested before. And then later he says mm-hmm. that, you know, people have been telling me to get out of town since before I became a vampire. And he's getting old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's almost like he became a vampire to not be a victim of his circumstances, very much like well, we're in our, somebody was, else we know. I think our theory was that he became a vampire in the jazz age or so. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Because uh, summertime and the living is easy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at school, Buffy is giving Cordy a rundown of the current situation and how they can still get to homecoming in, in time to win. <laughs> <laughs> As they get into the library. Target uh, fixation. <laughs> I know. I love that so much. As they get into the library, uh, Candy Gort grabs Buffy and starts to beat on her as Lyle watches. Cordy tosses Buffy the spatula, and Buffy goes to use it, taking a coat rack to the face, but also managing to stake Candy. Lyle is horrified, and he goes at Buffy, who is still on the floor. But Cordy is on her hero's journey now, and is not to be messed with. She steps calmly into his way, and informs him of a, 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 snart, a two-part dramatic reading, perhaps. Yes. I'ma kill both of you slayers this time, you hear me? I hear you, you redneck moron. You got a dress that goes with that hat? I'm gonna rip out my innards, play with my eyeballs, boil my brain, and eat it for brunch. Listen up, needle brain. Buffy and I have taken out four of your cronies, not to mention your girlfriend. Wife! Whatever. The point is, I haven't even broken a sweat. See, in the end, Buffy's just the runner-up. I'm the queen. You get me mad, what do you think I'm gonna do to you? Very nice, Snard. Yeah, very, very thank nice. You, thank you, thank you. She is the May Queen. She is the May Queen. And future badass hero. Yes, and you do not fuck with that May Queen in Ireland. It's a thing, yes. Well, and, and really, I mean, Cordy's journey, she is absolutely in the upper echelon of heroes with Buffy. Yes. She sacrifices herself just like Buffy does, just like Faith does. Yes. Just like Xander wants to, tries to, just like Willow tries to. All these people... Try to die for the good cause. Angel mm-hmm. does it. Every I mean, every hero in the show, and and then uh, Cordy's up in the upper pantheon of these heroes. Yeah, and this is the beginning. Yeah, and it's amazing. Yeah, and this is where she realizes that she can do this, mm-hmm. and she can be like Buffy without being a vampire slayer. Yeah, and it's pretty cool. It is. I mean, she's just it's a normal really cool. person this whole time. Uh-huh. Everything she does on Angel of the Series, she's just a normal person. Yeah. Well, and and she's in the room with both. Buffy and Giles knocked out. Yeah. It's no just help. her. There's no help. Yeah. She could have easily just run. Which we could even go back and reinvestigate this as a Cordy POV episode if we really wanted Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Well, yeah. and from the middle on, it is. Yes. From the middle on, it is Cordy's episode. Yeah. And yeah. If, if we're looking at it retrospectively, which based on some later things we could do, mm-hmm. the uh, the obvious love spell dialogue that happens could be seen from her point of view as well. And just like the the tragedy that happens to the Faith and Buffy relationship that is absolutely necessary for for Buffy to save the world, Mm -hmm. the tragedy that happens with Xander and Cordy Mm -hmm. 
is absolutely necessary to save the world. Yep. Definitely is. This is the powers that be at work. Mm -hmm. This, whatever Willow did with the spell or seduction or whatever the fuck she did, it was under the endorsement and encouragement of the powers that be because Cordy had to go to L.A. Mm -hmm. because Angel would be dead otherwise. We could even argue that the very first love spell that happens with Xander was under the behest of the powers that be. Oh, sure. Because it set us up to know that love spells can happen and work and that Amy is a source of them. Mm Mm-hmm. And then move from there into this and a few other things that happened with Willow. Yes. In the upcoming episodes. And so, yeah. I mean, and things had to happen with Willow so she could help Buffy and Faith save mm-hmm. the world at the end. Yes. Um, and Spike. I can't forget Spike. Yes. Help yes. Buffy, Spike, Spike. Faith. <laughs> and Faith help, help save the world again with Willow. And, um, um, no, this is, I mean, this, this is how it had to happen. Oh, yeah. Cordy had to end up in L.A. with Angel, or Angel would be dead and there'd be no champion. Mm-hmm. Yep. Totally. And so, I mean, it is, it is all done with the endorsement of the powers that be. It doesn't change the fact that the characters chose to do these, these things. Right. There were other ways this could have shaken out. Yes. And this hurts, and it sucks. Mm-hmm. But Cordy's going to go on and be a hero. Well, it's just like the powers that be say to Angel. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, that's not how I meant. But and it'll do. And Cordy is going to choose this path over and over and over again. She's mm-hmm. going to, I mean, <laughs> uh, Lyle, always good at knowing when he's upmatched, bids Cordy a later and backs out of the library as Giles regains consciousness. <laughs> a bit later, Giles is busy straightening up and blaming himself for the Slayer Fest fiasco because he signed off on the limo plan. Buffy says it's fine because she and Cor, because they're back to bonding, got some <laughs> quality death time. Cordy nods. <laughs> Cordy mentions the corsages, and Giles is all, uh, wait, what corsages? Buffy spots the tracker in the in her corsage and fills Giles in on the Grunstallers and their technology, and then a door slams. Well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Cordy hands over her corsage, the orchid, telling Buffy they should ditch them, but Buffy tells Giles she needs some wet toilet paper. Cordy's all, what the fucking fuck? <laughs> or, yeah, that'll help. <laughs> <laughs> right. But no. This is a great plan, yeah. Buffy. Well, I love that this is this is solving a very adult problem with a very childlike solution. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and but the Buffy can make that connection that fast is oh, great. Yeah. I love it. The Grunstallers pull down their night vision goggles as their handler sends them <laughs> tracker coordinates. Buffy pops out and runs across the hall, baiting one of them into following her into a classroom. With the reported coordinates locked in, the Grunstallers prepare to fire through the wall at where their handler tells them the slayers are. Buffy pops up and throws the trackers and wet toilet paper ball at her guy's back, and the Grunstallers shoot the crap out of each other. <laughs> nice. Yes. And behind Buffy's head, where she's standing, it says, problem solving. <laughs> As she does. That yes. is fabulous. That was some good fucking problem solving. Yes. Would have taken me about five years to come up with that shit, and know, I'm not right? stupid, yeah. you know. <laughs> Definitely not stupid. Yes, the tracker sig- signals disappear from the handler's computer, and he concludes triumphantly that he won Slayer Fest. Again, I have so many questions. How did they know that the hearts were beating? How did they did they get shot right away? Is that what happened? Do you have to shoot them for them to go off? What happened? <laughs> right. I'm sorry. I'm I'm just full of questions. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the SDPD LOL shoves Mr. Trick into the mayor's office, and of course, Richard Wilkins the third greets him cheerfully. Mr. Trick is less than cheerful, but he takes the seat he's offered. The mayor compliments Mr. Trick's exciting suit. <laughs> and Mr. Trick goes for clothes make the man. Well, and, and now all of a sudden we're wondering if that was supposed to be danger red or in danger red. 
Or just Mr. Trick. Yes. Mm. Sort of thumb-like. But, I mean, it's, as it turns out, it's both danger and in danger, Red. Yes. Because he's forgotten to look for Faith. Yeah. Yeah. The mayor points out that Mr. Trick isn't a man as much as a big, scary vampire. Uh, he says he's been the mayor for a while, and he's totally not kidding. <laughs> and that he likes it uh, when the town runs smoothly. It's an important year for the mayor, you see. Mr. Trick guesses that it must be an election year and, uh, and uh, something well, like something, that. Something I mean, like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mr. Trick doesn't want to hear anything about how he isn't welcome in the neighborhood because he had plenty of that back when he was discriminated against for his skin color. The mayor asks if Mr. Trick has kids, and Mr. Trick really isn't sure what to make of this dude at all. <laughs> <laughs> the mayor explains how kids are the heart of a community, and he needs them. But there are occasionally exactly because <laughs> they're tasty. But there are occasionally some rebellious elements that need to be dealt with that will keep you from eating the children, <laughs> or you know whatever. I, I just hear this whole conversation like uh, like in Avenue Q. The internet is great. Yes, for porn. For porn. <laughs> for porn. <laughs> I love Avenue Q. <laughs> so great. Uh, Mr. Trick says that he may have already taken care of the rebellious elements during Slayerfest. The mayor digs that it was called Slayerfest and admired Mr. Trick's initiative. Mr. Trick isn't sure he won. Hmm? Hmm. His what? Yes, his initiative. Huh. In the same ep- episode with Teutonic guys in Riley's outfit. Huh. It's almost like Mayor Wilkins got inspired for something. Yes. Huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Because something is being built right now. Yeah, the timeline. Under Sunnydale, uh, UC Sunnydale campus. It's it's sort of like the mayor put up multiple contingencies in case he doesn't transform. Because something is being built right now on UC Sunnydale campus. Yeah, something really big. I mean, if really not big. right now, it's already built. There is yeah. something in, in during the mayor's tenure uh-huh. has been built or yeah. is being built underneath... You see Sunnydale's campus. Mm-hmm. Just in case his transformation doesn't take place. Exactly. Just like the tape he records for Faith. Yes. Just like a lot of things that come to come to pass after. Because he knows this is not a sure thing. Dude's been around for a long time. Yeah. He He's knows been around since before the hell may or may not happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, you know, he's scared of germs and stuff. Like, he's mm-hmm. he's really, you know, finicky because he knows anything could go wrong at this yes. point. And so, of it course, makes his hubris sense. is going to prevent him from seeing what's really going to go wrong. It's true, because human weakness never goes away. Even his exactly true, but <laughs> but, but no, I mean, th- there is there is already a plan. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. called out faith, and, and now he's called yeah. out the initiative. It's, it's either either his plan is to make sure that vampires and and uh, ESTs are controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, after he's gone, because he's obviously been monitoring if his plan the situation. Doesn't work. If his plan works, those things will all be his slaves mm-hmm. and his followers. If his plan fails, those things are going to run amok. Right. And he, and so he he's values, taking care of his town. He values cleanliness and law mm-hmm. and order. Yep. Yes. And uh, and they are both of those. It's very sterile. Absolutely. And very large. Very sterile, yes, yes. yes. Like, a, like a cell. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Like a government contract. With I money. bet. I bet he and uh... Doctor Walsh. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Doctor Wash, maybe like washy washy. Wash your hands with an L. Yes. Wash with an L. Wash your hands. Did you wash your hands today? Yeah, I, I bet they got along great. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, <laughs> the grass isn't disturbed. Those those initiative cells were built with enough time for the grass to grow in. Yep. They're being built now or they were built before, all yeah. under Mayor Wilkins' tenure. And there's not a lot of... Buffy doesn't have to go patrol at UC Sunnydale until she's there. So Right. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Mr. Trick isn't sure he wants to team up, but the mayor insists that 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 won't be a problem. He insists with just enough menace that even Mr. Trick gets nervous. And then he offers a moist towelette. (laughs) And Mr. Trick is really just like, like, the the fuck fuck is is wrong with you? a weird fucking dude. <laughs> At the dance, Buffy and Cordy arrive, all dirty and must. Xander wonders if they beat each other up, and Buffy tries for a long story, but Cordy sums it up as gut hunted. <laughs> I love this running gag with Buffy so much. <laughs> she really wants a long story, and she never gets it. And poor, I mean, because seriously, poor Buffy, always trying for the long story. It's just like, like with oh, it's, you know, it's a long story. I got bit. Yeah. Apparently not that long. Every time. <laughs> uh, Faith looks Buffy up and down, concerned. Mm-hmm. Buffy says it's a bad idea to mess with Cordelia, and Xander laughs until he gets a glare that reminds him that he <laughs> has very recently sinned against Cordy. <laughs> Devin holds up the, re- the results of the homecoming queen election, and Cordy and Buffy agree that after all they've been together through together, it's still really fucking important to win. <laughs> Even Faith looks mildly interested. <laughs> but what's this? It's a tie. On any other show, it would be a tie between our two gals, <laughs> but no. Even anticipates that. <laughs> it's a tie between Holly Charleston and Michelle Blank. <laughs> they push Buffy and Cordelia out of the way, and our gals sigh disgustedly and walk out with matching eye rolls. <laughs> and, and Faith is stood up officially. Poor Faith. Point. And yeah. I mean, that's why she's gone for the next episode. It is. She gets her feelings yeah, hurt. She she's embarrassed. She really with all those babies. I mean, the... The most awesome thing about this whole face situation, nobody will ever know mm-hmm. what she did for yeah. Buffy. Oh, she, yeah. Nobody will ever know she humiliated Scott Scott Hope that way. Nobody mm-hmm. will ever know that. And you know that girl's gonna go tell everybody. Well, that's well, not what happened with Faith, but like that Scott Hope has the herps. Well, oh, this this whole <laughs> this whole thing is gonna be so awesome during during Bad Girls because oh, yeah. When Faith draws the heart on that window, people are going to make all kinds of assumptions because mm-hmm. everybody knows. Yep. Everybody knows. Yeah. What's going on. Yeah. Because Scott Hope is going to be a little yenta and tell everybody like, <laughs> that Buffy has a girlfriend. Uh-huh. He told, I mean, Buffy confirms that later on in conversation with dead people that Scott Hope told everybody she was gay mm-hmm. because he saw her girlfriend yep. and their girlfriend tried to beat him up or threatened to beat him up. Yeah. And did the little jostle grab. Is there anything else we want to cover in this? uh, No, I think we covered quite a bit. I I think, I mean, no, I think we we hit it all. I think so too. Did we? Everything I had. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. So uh, this is after all the Dodgers Club podcast where all members are exceptional. Spatula bitches (laughs) of empowerment. Yeah. (laughs) Meow. <laughs> <laughs>